Hey, yo, what's good, everybody? It's Jeff Black History, and we are back at it again with another episode of The Zone Podcast. Remember when we were doing the Sonic the Hedgehog Extreme review a while back? Well, we decided to do part four, and it will include Sonic the Hedgehog to the film, Sonic Frontiers, Sonic Prime, and we might pepper in Sonic Origins and Sonic the Hedgehog a comic book, maybe maybe uh but that really but for now part one of part four of the sonic the hedgehog extreme review <laughs> we were going to talk about sonic the hedgehog is uh the film and joining me today is kigasu president of the fancy club zone how you doing today man i'm doing okay <clears throat> i'm doing okay i do want to apologize to everyone i'm sorry that i have fallen off a little bit i have definitely had quite a bit of struggles right now but we're working past it. Things are starting to look up. Things are starting to get better. So you got me back. You got me back. We're doing good. Good. Good shit. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and zone in on this film. So with this film, I'm going to be honest with you. It took me a while to watch it because things were happening a lot of things were happening with us behind the scenes so that's why we're kind of late on a lot of these reviews but hey we're back at it now we're uploading more episodes we got a lot more episodes coming up we're going to do the nerdy news in the second sunday of january i would have said the first january but that's new year's uh, day and i'm like eh, eh, <laughs> nah Nah. Ooh, boy, it's, not we, it's not that we don't love y'all, but we have family. We love our family too. So, you know, just like y'all do. Just yeah, saying. so it's like we're not trying to uh, tie up business with family too much. So it's like, and that's why mainly with the holidays now, I'm like, even if we could have pushed out more episodes in the past two months, I'm just like, you know what, y'all, like, Go chill with your family. Like we can commence after New Year's, honestly. Like after New Year's, then we can ramp it all back up. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but back to this topic. So, <clears throat> excuse, it's getting cold, ladies and gentlemen. So I have to turn on my heater. So if you hear humming, I apologize about that. But also. <laughs> Ugh, I can't even go outside without getting the sniffles or something like that. But Sonic the Hedgehog to the movie. Roughly after eight months since the previous movie when Dr. Robotnik was trying to you know, do what he did. Sonic is out in the public in Green Hills trying to be this vigilante hero. Uh, it's funny because Tom was like saying, oh, you're trying to be Batman. It's like, no, nah, I prefer the name Blue Justice, but... <laughs> that was funny. No. Yeah. But anyways, Tom was trying to tell Sonic that uh, you need to chill out and there's going to come to a point to where uh, your powers will be needed and you just got to wait for that moment. And this was all happening in that um, boat uh, before he, Maddie, and Sonic go to Rachel's wedding in Hawaii. Now, no, no, my bad. 
Sonic actually plan on staying home and try to uh, make the best of it while he's at home. But he was mm-hmm. attacked by Robotnik, who escaped the Mushroom Planet thanks to uh, Knuckles with the rings, you know, making portals. Like, that's, like, such a new thing, by the way. It's like, apparently the rings that you collect can make portals. <laughs> so, crazily enough, that's actually not that new. <clears throat> I know you said we will probably tie in a little bit more into the comics. Into comics, that actually has happened before where literally they are able to tap into using portals to transfer to different worlds or different parts of the world and stuff. So the concept of the rings becoming portals isn't actually new. Um, Now, the rings, even in the comics, have always been rings of power. Granted, like holding in so many rings, holding in a couple rings will give you like a power boost. Uh, Yeah, it would give you a power (laughs) boost, but it wouldn't necessarily like, you know, do a portal. The ring was in the portal but the use of portals is 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 not new that actually has happened before okay. it just kind of mixed it together okay well you know i guess you can say you don't really see that in most sonic installments so i guess that's one way of saying uh okay let's throw in some of the uh old school you know like um more references and fan service for the og fans okay true uh funny enough when you do watch sonic prime tokugatsu there's a bunch mm-hmm. of old school references in sonic prime too oh i, I but, hear i hear <laughs> yeah yeah so that's interesting uh, right. here. well for the first time yeah but like i was saying essentially Knuckles and Robotnik team up to try to locate the Master Emerald, this ancient relic that grants the user immense power and the ability to change reality to their will. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, wow, the Master Emerald sound a lot like the Reality Stone in the <laughs> It definitely does, doesn't it? But continue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I like the part with Sonic and Knuckles. They meet for the first time. They fight, and then Sonic goes like, "You'll never get my power." And Knuckles like, "Do I look like I need your power?" <laughs> that was the number one selling point of that whole movie. Like I remember seeing that in trailers. Like people was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! This is gonna be legit!" Yo, and then you know. <laughs> I'm happy to say that wasn't the only hype moment of the show of the whole movie. I'm happy to say that much, uh-huh. but it, it even to me it prim- it primarily was the biggest hype moment of the show of the whole movie. I keep saying the show, but yeah. you know what I meant, the movie. <laughs> nah, yeah, you good, you good. But yeah, other than that moment and maybe the final fight uh, leading up to you know things happening. Um. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, uh, let me just go ahead and uh, put this out on the table. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie, it was decent, but I felt like I kept getting this feeling that some people were kind of overhyping it. It was like, for me, and I'm sure a couple guys you could agree, I feel like 
it was the first movie but with new characters i can see that i'm not going to say i fully agree because i am one of those people that was that you would probably say was a little overhyped with it while watching <laughs> and, and look, I, i'll go into my own explanation into it, it momentarily we're, we're going to discuss into it about what it is that i was so hyped about with it um i will say at least starting from the very beginning from what we've discussed so far like where we're at right now what we just discussed before we go further into the story um it was already understood that the movie was kind of retconning uh sonic the hedgehog 2 and sonic and knuckles so it wound up wound up mixing them together and we did get i will say you did get a decent mix for those two games on an eight on a movie screen let's be realistic okay uh-huh. like when we're thinking about movies dc and marvel's the biggest hypes right now still you know superheroes hype hype this thing at the moment and so when you think about that keep it in mind the fact that all of these stories are changing like literally all of these stories are changing the dc the dceu does not follow the comics whatsoever it does not follow the animated series whatsoever none of that same thing for marvel the marvel movies marvel cinematic um, universe does not follow any comics whatsoever they do not follow any of the um like uh, animated series whatsoever however you know of course with the loki series and uh with, with uh dr strange multiverse of madness we got a chance to get homage to those comics you know we got a chance to get some of those homages and in little bits like that but they don't follow it so the stories have to be completely different sonic it does change up a few things but it sticks to the storyline of the games for the most part it it still does stick to the storyline when you're playing the whole game aside from the fact of human characters in there literally the story of sonic tails knuckles robotnik that entire storyline just them specifically does follow the video games It's, it's pretty much still the same and you get all of those references from the games. One of the things I like is that the writers did play the games. That's <laughs> one of the things that you will say yeah. that there's a big thing into that. The writers did play the games. When you play the games, like let's be realistic. What storyline do you remember from Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and Sonic 3? What's the storyline that you remember? Uh, keep in mind don't, i'm not talking about sonic adventure i'm not talking about sonic adventure 2 i'm not talking about none of those because no, those no, no, are I also know. adventures too okay no yeah, no no i know the, you meant I, you meant the originals yeah what do you remember for those storylines uh that's just a thing but like, it's been such a long time since i uh that's played those games in particular but I definitely remember how with Sonic and Tails and Knuckles, like, you know, Sonic is running around in Green Hill collecting the rings and you bite Robotnik or whatever machine that he made. And then by the time you meet Tails, you like, I don't know, like, I want to say is they try to change up Tails' um, storyline a little bit sometimes but for the most part it was that he was picked on and he 
was picked on for being like slow and having tails and he didn't even like his name that much but then sonic came along uh encouraged him that he's definitely um more uh resourceful then he lets himself on and decided okay well if you don't like the name miles let's call you tails and then with knuckles we know that knuckles was tricked by robotnik to help robotnik to secure the master emerald but eventually uh, knuckles kept on that uh, robotnik was up to no good and he teamed up with sonic uh, and tails in order to take down uh, Eggman and when they do get the Master Emerald or the Seven Chaos Emerald then Sonic becomes Supersonic, beats the Robotnik and the Chaos Emerald are scattered off into the wind so it'll be like Dragon Ball go yeah gotta collect all the Chaos Emeralds and it's just been history ever since great so the original the original two first two had no storyline at all whatsoever the storyline of tales yeah, and all that did not come until later <laughs> no that's just the thing it was like that's what <laughs> stumped me because the first one i know there was like no storyline behind that it was just pretty much you just go through the um stages and yep. be robot and that's about it but yep. it wasn't until later that Tails and Knuckles and all that. That's all I remember. But that's just the thing. It was <laughs> like, bro, if that was a you, trick you, question, then that was a good one. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I know. That's what I was saying. That, that's the reason why I was mentioning into that. So when looking into the movie, I can't look into it from the comic standpoint. I can't look into it from games after Sonic 1, 2, and 3. I can't look into it after that. Sonic 4 is where we really actually got a storyline per se based on just the games itself. Sonic 3, right. we got a little bit of a story. Sonic 3 starts off you playing with, with um, Sonic and Tails, just like left and leaving off from Sonic 2. You're running, you're running, and then you stop. And then all of a sudden, you run into, you run into Knuckles. He's an echidna. And you're like, hmm. And you just literally look at Sonic and Tails just have a confused look on their face like, what? Who is this? And the robotic shows up. <laughs> the robotic shows up, and they're like, "Yo!" And then, like, all he he doesn't even say anything. He just laughs, and Knuckles immediately starts fight. You immediately start um, brawling with Knuckles for just a little bit, and then Knuckles leaves. But then Knuckles like knocks Sonic off the stage. Then he leaves, <laughs> and then Robotnik leaves, and that's the game. The game itself is that you just pick up from there. There was no real storyline. It would just became understood about what was happening um but sonic 1 sonic 2 had no storyline at all whatsoever that's one of the biggest things of why it is when tails shows up when tails originally shows up in sonic 2 there is no storyline tails was introduced in sonic 2 because they wanted to introduce a chance to have a second player that was his only reason that he even existed they needed a second player there was no background story there was nothing for him from the first two games or even the third game. It wasn't until four that we really got an actual storyline for him. Even if you read the game books, like you remember, you remember getting those game manuals when you open the game to get the yeah. game name and how to play and, and reading the storyline and stuff into it. There still was no yeah. real story for, for Tails. Tails didn't get his story until later on. There was just introducing Tails, um, partnering with Sonic. He said, You can run around. He has the ability to use his two tails to glide through the stage and da 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 da. That was it. You got nothing from him whatsoever. He had no story. 
So that's when you really think about it. It's like, oh, you know, if you're thinking too, oh, man, it could have been written a little bit better, written into it. Okay, but if you're adapting just the first two original games by this point, before it's like Knuckles is introduced, there is no storyline at all. <laughs> so you have to come up with something. No, no, no. No, no, no. See, here's my thing. My whole mm-hmm. thing is, you're not wrong. But when I say that it felt like the first movie, but with new characters, I meant yeah. dialogue-wise. Like, Almost definitely. Well, hold definitely on. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, let me expand on that a little bit further. Okay. At least with the first one, it wasn't as hammy. But in the second one, it's almost like, bro, the cheesiness and all the jokes. Like, no, I, even then, I can't nitpick too much because that's just normal in the universe. There's just going to be cheesy lines everywhere. I kind of get that, but it's almost like, bro, can we get through one scene without somebody saying some cheesy one-liner or some shit like that? Like, we get I mean, through one scene, please. Look, it's think about when Sonic came out. It's the 80s, man. Just be realistic. There was no show that had that did not have cheesy lines. We talked about this from the from the from the, from the very first from the very first Sonic C um show. We were talking about this from the very beginning of the Sonic Extreme Review. Every episode had cheesy line about, you know, what you should learn from this adventure and stuff that we just went on and stuff like that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had it. Um fucking uh like every fucking eighties show had it. Gargoyles. Um <laughs> I can you can name that a whole list of shit. All of them, all of them had a cheesy story, had a cheesy thing into it and had cheesy one liners that was supposed to be funny because that's just what it was in the 80s. Like if you would go through a couple lines, you would give a cheesy one liner and kids would be like, ha ha ha, that was funny. And adults be like, I guess (laughs) if you look at it from the adult vision, if you look at this movie from your adult vision, yes, straight up. I might be a little loud. No, that's and that's the whole point I'm trying to make to where it's like, gotcha. I'm going to put it to you right now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as a Sonic fan, I'll give Sonic the Hedgehog um, the movie to uh, 4.5 out of 5 stars. Okay, um, that's, that's good. Now, as a Sonic fan, gotcha. 4.5. As a film critic i don't like to call myself a critic but it is what it is as a critic though i would probably say mm, knock off a star give it 3.5 it was still good just uh, here and there i was like okay this kind of feels like the same movie as the last movie but they added more <laughs> jokes they added new characters it was still good just there is just my nitpicks here and there, but other than that, if I think of it as a Sonic fan, it's actually fairly accurate to the mythos anyway, so I can't say too much on it. I just kind of wish it kind of either like uh, spread the cheesiness a little bit thinner, or at the very least, like. Mm, actually, no, that was about it. Spread the cheesiness a little thinner, though. Then it would be. Oh. I got you. Gloss over the whole thing. Yeah. I got you. So okay, so that, that's it. Definitely into that aspect. It's going to be thinking about it right now as we are, God, in our thirties, um, <laughs> looking at this. Yeah, it's like, that's, 
Exactly. If we were younger, I would I probably would have not cared that hard, but now that I've seen so much shit, it's just like uh, I got snapped up the Matrix and now I'm starting to see things my words for what it is and it's like yeah, it's like I became more cynical but not trying to be cynical but at the same time you know you gotta like you can't be yeah. too altruistic about it either because like okay now you're just shilling for the sake of shilling but no, yes. I'm being fairly analytical about my review on this show. It's like I have my nitpicks, but overall, I'm not saying I hate the film. It's just that's just how I feel about the film. But I never said I hated it. Oh, no, no, no. No one ever said that. But um, that, that's just yeah. the biggest thing into it is just the fact that, like you said, when you think about it as a Sonic fan, when I watched the movie, I knew for a fact it was going to be cheesy as hell. I knew that if I looked at it in the lens of an adult, I would not enjoy it. So it's one of those things that this is one of those movies that this is where you could feel the writers, the animators, all of them. What they wanted to do was, I hate being an adult right now. I want to go back yeah. to when it felt like a simpler time to when I was a kid again. And that's what this whole movie is. This whole movie is homage to nothing but 80s kids. Literally, you, think about this. Remember, in the first one, the first one had, um, it was homage to the 80s kids all the way through, all the way past the end credits. Literally, the end credits was paying homage to the um, to 80s kids as well, too. And Sonic the Hedgehog 2 did the exact same thing. Even the end credits, when you get to the very end of the movie, it literally pays homage from beginning to all the way to the credits through the credits until you get to the very last name so you get to the very last company and then you get to that special thanks from the sonic team well not from sonic team but from sony and stuff like that and saying special thanks to all of you guys who supported this and, and things like that and move forward remember we appreciated this because when the first Sonic movie was being made in the first trailer, Sonic fans hit hard. <laughs> we was like, yeah. no, you will not destroy our Sonic. You will not destroy our Sonic. You will not do this. And you know what these creators did? They said, we're not only are we going to make sure that we give you the Sonic that you like, it's going to be cheesy as hell, just like back in the 80s, and you better accept it. And you know what? I loved it. <laughs> I love that shit. I'm not even I'm a 90s kid, but I love and appreciate 80s stuff because my both my brothers are 80s babies. So for them specifically growing up 80s stuff, I love that shit. I lo I've grown up with it with them. I wasn't always up to date on new stuff. I watched the older shit <laughs> because that's what we had on VHS. <laughs> In Laserdisc, <laughs> I had to watch the older shit, and I loved it. <laughs> so I can appreciate stuff from all the way back to the 80s. <laughs> but yes, no, no, I mean, that's just, I sorry, that's my little, that's my little hype into that. Again, no one ever said you said it bad. No, no, we, we know you didn't think it was bad. You gave it, as a Sonic fan, 4.5 out of 5. And then a 3.5 out of 5 is just as a crit, as your critical review. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. That's, that's fine. And now, honestly, I agree with you. I'm in the exact same boat. 4.5 as a Sonic fan and a 3.5 as a critic. I agree with you. You and I have the exact same ratings. Probably for slightly different reasons, but we have the same ratings. I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> okay? And even yeah, as a Sonic fan... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you guys. Go 
I was saying, even as a Sonic fan, the only reason I give it a 4.5 and not even a 4.8, I have my little nitpicks. I do, as a Sonic fan, I have my nitpicks. It's okay, but I'm there. Just understanding that. Um, <laughs> so, I have my nitpicks, and we're going to go into that. But really quick, before we go into those nitpicks, it's just, as far as from the beginning story, going back to what I was saying before, it's just, it's creating a storyline and of course every movie has to have an a plot and a b plot so the b plot does not have to be interesting it just has to exist otherwise the movie would be short and would be boring (laughs) or even immensely boring let me not say that it was the b storyline was boring anyway we to be honest with you the whole sonic 2 movie me and my wife fully agreed this whole movie could have been a whole lot better without the humans whatsoever take all of them out <laughs> the movie would have been a whole lot better there was only one scene that we appreciated and that was the wedding scene so when we get to that point we're gonna get to that point but when we get there you'll understand why this my wife appreciated the wedding scene but that was it other than that it, throughout the rest of the movie all human beings could have just been gone except robotnik of course you know we need robotnik there but other than that all of them could be gone who cares bye just y- y'all can just not exist anymore <laughs> And we will enjoy this movie as it is. <laughs> but right. So that's that's part of my critical review onto that one. Now the B storyline, just one quick mention. Sonic had to stay behind because um old girl's sister did not want him there because she's like, no, he brings trouble. If he shows up, he's going to bring trouble. Keep in mind, she already didn't like the main the main male character. She already didn't like him anyway but she's slowly growing to him she's like okay i'm willing to accept him because you love him whatever we're going to continue like this but that creature right there gets nowhere near (laughs) anywhere near me and my family he stays as far away that is why sonic couldn't be there that that was the reason why she she kicked him out now to be fair I'm going to be talking mm-hmm. a little bit about my expectations and uh, speculations on the third movie. But gotcha. uh, here's one of them. Okay. No At that wedding scene. <laughs> Continue. Now, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? Now that you mentioned that, you really appreciate Sonic Prime now. I Let's probably will. I definitely will. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now with the wedding scene uh as soon as sonic and tails and robotnik and knuckles were in the mountains and they were at the wedding and tom had to get the wedding ring by the way uh the ring that sonic gave him and the wedding ring apparently got mixed up so essentially he had to like convince the um bride and groom that hey yo can i borrow that ring real quick like you could have just <laughs> at least said that yeah yo i gave y'all the wrong ring here you go give me that one back Definitely. but no he didn't he didn't make it sound like that it's like bro like just give me the ring and i was like no, bro no why it was like if you just explained it more properly it would have gone way differently other than knock him out just to get the ring back it was almost like this you just did before dramatic effects but it was unnecessary exactly. that was I the, say, that was... as a critical 
cheesy 80s continue, continue no no i'm saying cheesy yeah. 80s continue <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying like bro like it's not the at some point you gotta think okay uh that might have worked in the 80s but no for like uh you could have just explained it in a more rational way that you got the rings mixed up can i get that one back in the it it could have gone off a little differently but i understand that you wanted to add some comedic um uh some dramatic effect to the fact that uh sonic tails were being pursued by robotnik the robots and knuckles so i kind of get that just to add stakes but one again once again I just like, eh, unnecessary but what else I agree. about that so, uh oh yeah oh yeah hold, okay. on, hold on i was getting i was trying to say Essentially, mm-hmm. Sonic and Tails comes out of the portal, and then that's when uh, Rachel was like, "Oh my God, there's two of them." <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Rachel's the only Rachel's the only character you like throughout the whole movie. I promise, she's the only human character you like. Like, yeah, of course, Cypher Robotnik. Really. Again, Cypher Robotnik. Okay, like yes, Robotnik is a human in this. Technically, he's a human in the comics oh, too. I like different. Robotnik in the. I'm better to be perfectly honest with you he got even more hammy in the second one i was like bro like uh you had charm in the first one and i kind of get it because character development and it's one of those negative change arts that was necessary for his character but at least in the first one he had more charm to it and he was getting a little thickish but it was still charming but then in this one i was like he became straight up cartoonish now I think that might have been because like particularly with Jim Carrey himself like remember even after this he says that continuing on even with a third movie he doesn't want to reprise the role anymore like he, he doesn't want to continue it on and so you know yeah yeah b- believe me extremely sad <laughs> that's where a lot of people's like please don't end your acting career on this movie like don't let this be your final movie you you can do one better again it's not like we don't well, hold it's on. not like we hate the movie but just come on <laughs> but then again mm-hmm. there's the curse of the um, trilogy curse to where you know it's how true. well a lot of films yeah like the third one tends to always be the worst one in comparison and what pissed me off about this one okay another gripe about one of my speculations about Sonic the Hedgehog 3. The fact that you introduced Shadow in this one, and I was kind of expecting uh, Amy to be introduced and then Metal Sonic to be the antagonist. Well, hell, think about it like this. If you're going to take Jim Carrey as Eggman, okay, this is going to be the one movie where Eggman's not going to be in it, but Metal Sonic is going to take his place, and that could be the main antagonist. And we can have that and then Sonic the Hedgehog 4 okay now you can bring in Shadow but no nah, it's almost like they kind of skipped a step and I was like I was kind of <laughs> expecting ink but they mixed it like how you said with how they kind of mashed two storylines together in this film mm-hmm. they take Sonic the Hedgehog 3 film and mash two storylines together again oh, that, I can only imagine that okay Oh, probably gonna be more than two, but that's what the trilogy curse. Like it's Spider-Man <laughs> three all over again. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I can definitely feel that. I can definitely feel that. I mean, because when we had this whole introduction with Venom, I guess it's one of those things that, like, I mean, I guess in my own appreciation. And so I don't think we've actually had a chance to talk. We might have talked about. It. I don't remember if we have yet or not. We've had so many episodes. Gosh, um, Venom two, like. 
Uh, we did have a review, but you can talk about it if you want to. Okay. Um, with the introduction of Carnage into that, um, like with how Venom was introduced into Spider-Man Three into Sam Raimi, um, Spider-Man Three, it would have been great to really have a lot more emphasis on having a Carnage there too, or even if one one of other Venom's children, like just having something like that like you know oh venom winds up being the big bad guy but then it wasn't really venom that was the bad guy it was just eddie brock going crazy like you it's like they mixed carnage and venom still together in a sense but that's not how venom was and so it was like uh slightly off i don't know and it just it made the movie very different and didn't really follow as much as you want so yeah i get what you mean as far as like in the trilogy curse like superman for example Unfortunately, you know, sucks. Henry Cavill will not be reprising his role. <laughs> but let's be honest. Wasn't this now? Wasn't uh, Justice League technically been his third Superman? Um, his his re- third reprisal of Superman, wouldn't it be? Yep. Oh gosh. Because Man of Steel, <laughs> Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Justice League. Yeah, in Justice League, that's right. It was his third, third time reprising that role, so he, he was gone. Now he's gone on that. So yeah, it's like. Damn, you know, <laughs> the trilogy is, is kind of a big cursing, so you always got to be mindful of having trilogies. But then, honestly, I will say some movies that got past that would be, shit, I'm trying to think of any other movie besides Harry Potter that got past the tri- trilogy and still did well. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. I want to say Shrek, but Shrek yeah, 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 the sure. third was a... No, 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 hold on. They said that the third was the weakest installment, but the fourth brought it back. The fourth did bring it back. So, yeah, the fourth chapter, the final chapter was really good. And now they apparently are working on a fifth one, even though the fourth is called the final chapter. What? I'm still confused about that. Yeah, no, I don't I, know. It might be, uh, might be just rumors. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, bro. Uh, <laughs> We're going to hope it's just rumors, bro, but we'll see. But... but <laughs> I want to say the MCU um, to some degree, like some installments in the MCU, but then again, like we really gotta see how like uh, if you, Kane Dynasty again. This is true. I mean, I guess you kind of have to like separate Iron Man three in a sense, but Iron Man three, I don't know. So I have a whole new appreciation for Iron Man three. If we ever talk about it, if if we ever kind of get back into when we get back into MCU. I might bring it up again because I want to do. I watched a cinema therapy where it's a, a person who's a movie producer and is a person who is a family therapist, where both of them come together and they talk about movies and stuff like that and the impacts that they have. And there is is one of those things that is crazy that you would want to have a therapist explain to you why Iron Man three is so good. <laughs> because just watching it, you're just like, bro, what the hell? But then the therapist explains and he's like, no understanding the different forms of ptsd it made it easier so i was like okay i have a new love for this movie because now i'm seeing it in a different light and i need a therapist to explain that it was weird so kind of for a trilogy in that aspect um shit i guess when you think about captain america i mean avengers technically yes i guess mcu but i mean those characters now all almost all of them starting to get replaced little by little now so yeah Gosh, I don't so it's know. like <laughs> with MCU is more like a technicality. It's like it's still True. going, but it's like they're uh, they're 
it's like the last movies are always hit and miss like hell even with guardians 3 it's like they're making it look like it's gonna be really good but then again i'm gonna be like ooh, uh i we, we we're gonna see but another yeah. good example i would say thor ragnarok even though it was more comedic than the last two at least it was somewhat good to where a point where people actually liked it so it was like okay sure. well it kind of technically passed the trilogy uh, well, well, like wolverine wolverine for example you know um getting okay yeah, hold on to be, movies, fair, the X-Men, X-Men movies. to be fair though the wolverine uh, trilogy and when i say the wolverine trilogy i would say x-men origins wolverine the wolverine then logan technically yeah. it was more like the opposite direction to where first one was garbage second one was decent halfway and then the ending kind of lost me and then logan was straight up gas yeah it was logan almost like, was like okay y'all got it y'all, y'all got this now okay y'all got it right here right here yeah so okay so, so yeah I, I get so that was slightly different into that um i can't i can't sort of say x-man x3 was like x2 was great to me x Men the first one yeah. i liked it x2 great x3 ah slightly like it was about to hit for me and i'm like okay <laughs> didn't quite hit almost didn't quite hit and so i was like eh, i can see a little bit on that Honestly, okay so yeah bro like going back to x3 it's like it was kind of okay when I was a kid, but revisiting it, it was way worse than I thought. Like on a critical scale, it's like, ooh, this movie is messy as fuck. Very like much. so many plot lines, yeah. I mean plot plot holes, holes. and inconsistencies, and I was like, oh. In his own writing, yeah, yeah. That, that's why I was like, that's why I said almost would have been a hit for me because it almost got me as a kid. I don't know. Um, okay, so yeah, going back to possibilities for Sonic Three into that. Um, no, we're gonna go ahead and like, Technically. yeah. Technically. So, all right, so we're gonna run through this one a little bit. Uh, but it, hold on, really quick. My thing about the wedding scene. Um, okay. Let's be honest. Well, it's more of a dramatic effect about the fact that he's like, I need this ring. I need this ring instead of saying something. But let's be realistic. That's why I say there's more 80s. If it went to more modern, more modern movie tropes, he would have said, hey, I gave you the wrong ring. And then it still would have been a problem that would have led to him having to punch him out. That still would have happened, but we'd have gotten to, I tried to explain it, but dude didn't listen type of thing. And that's a whole different thing in that. Okay, and that, that will take, that would feel a whole different way. That would feel better. It wouldn't feel like, oh, we hate this character because he's just doing stupid shit to, no, we definitely don't like this guy that she's about to marry because he's doing stupid shit. And then come to find out that, oh, you're not even a real, you're not even really going to get married to her. You were just a a spy so you could try to spy on Sonic. That would have solidified that. (laughs) That would have solidified that. But then at the same time, how many people hate Shamar more? Honestly, no. I can't even imagine. Like, I'm, exactly. like he's pretty good, so I'm like, I can't hear you. So you can't make them. You can't make him hateable. So that's the reason why he gets his whole little quick redemption in the end. He's like, you know what? I did. I started off. I didn't want to do this at the beginning, but I really fell in love with you, and I really do want to marry you. And then you know, a lot of makeup and shit like that. Yeah, you made Shamar more character good again. Anyway, um, <laughs> again. It was like, ah, whatever type of thing. 
But again, Rachel was my Rachel was the only person. That wedding scene was the only good scene into that. When she got mad when they tried to imprison her, and then she wound up getting the gun and she was like, I'm about to fuck everything up. <laughs> I'm a woman. And then she shot that cake with that gun killed that. I was like, hey yo. <laughs> exactly. So that was the only like good that was the only good human scene throughout the whole movie. Just realistically, it was not it. Like uh, honestly, my least favorite character. He, this is a crazy thing to say. My least favorite human character in the whole show, the whole movie. Honestly, from the first and the second one, is Robotnik's assistant. Oh, Absolutely, yeah, like hate that character. The actor oh, see, is good. Right. Yeah. See, my thing is with Stone, it kind of felt like okay, he was a little quieter, but he was still like loyal but he was quieter in the first you know, he reminds me second of? one it's almost like what's up dick rod he's a dick rod um the, literally oh. uh what's the character what's the character's name the simpsons movie uh, not simpsons movie but the simpsons franchise you have mr burns and who's the guy that's his assistant uh, that's always bitter. trying to get with him <laughs> yes that's what he reminds me of <laughs> <laughs> but not even but not even in a good way at least you like smitters at least you kind of like you kind of like him you know you, you get an understanding of him and shit but no stone no you just i just hate that character it was like why why would you do this make him metal sonic it would have been better if his assistant was a metal ver- if he like had a new assistant that was a metal version of sonic that would have been a great introduction of metal sonic i would have liked that I hate Stone, especially in the second movie. He's worse in the second movie than he was in the first. It's like you're only there to suck dick. That's all you do. And I'm like, no, why? like, <laughs> see, the weirdest part is, bro. Why, like, see, your boss is like halfway across the world, and you're spending your time at that bar looking at, oh, I wonder what my boss would look like in this outfit and in this outfit. I was like, what? hey, man, this is what right. is this? Right, that's what I'm like. What, what are y'all doing? Like, it's one of those ones. I'm like, what are you doing with this? Like, what, what's, who is, what, who is this guy? It's one of those ones. Like, if you no, see, here's up, my, here's another one uh, of my nitpicks. Why is it that in the first movie, okay, he kind of, uh, with Robotnik, he kind of sort of was a dick to everyone, even to Stone, but in the second movie. Stone acts so enthusiastic to work with Robotnik as if the first movie never happened. I don't get exactly, exactly. That's one like it's. it's, We already mentioned that every movie has its inconsistencies, and this one definitely does have that for for that character. Also, it's several inconsistencies. Let's just be honest. But it's just why? Like I don't. It's always just one of those why. Like I don't understand it. I don't understand why this character has to be there. there. There was no real reason. For him to have to be there, it was just like he was put there for some. I don't know the purpose. <laughs> that's my. That's part of my three point five critic. I don't know the purpose of him. I don't get why he has to be there. You could have made that character an AI. You still could have kept the same actor. You still could have kept the same actor if you decided to do like you know hologram, hologram or something like that. But realistically, there was no point. Actually, for the character. You know what? You know what I really think. Like, just to make it even simpler, remove Stone from the movie and add more agency to Knuckles as um, Robotnik's new assistant. 
Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, because that's what because you got this whole jealousy rival thing where Stone is upset because he feels like he's being replaced by Knuckles, and it's like you, okay, but it didn't go nowhere. Like I would have, I would have appreciated one of those moments. Stone shot him in the back. Stone tried to like do something because he's like, you know, I'm against you and stuff like that. Add a scene plot to the movie where you, oh, this was introduced and you're like, hmm, oh, that's gonna become a problem, and then it actually becomes a problem later on. Like it actually does some shit later on. And it went nowhere. And it was like, again, why do you have this character? Like, there's there's no point to this character to me at all. He doesn't need to be exist anymore. It's like remind me of um of the Sonic X. <laughs> you remember Robot and his henchmen, the two little robots that will always goof up everything oh, and stuff. Dude, bro. <laughs> okay, hold on. Pause. 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 Okay. Yeah. You remember the two robots from Sonic Boom? Bruh, I didn't even watch Sonic Boom, but I do know of those two aggravating ass robots, yes. <laughs> okay. That's gonna be the one thing you're not gonna like about uh Sonic Prime. <clears throat> That's okay. In our honesty, even in the comics, Sonic like um even in the comics, like Eggman has several different partners as well. In fact, I have one comic I forgot, I gotta remember what it's called. It's on my history, I can look at it again. But it's a um literally what happened is is that <laughs> Sonic had found another animal character that actually an anamorphic character that he actually made a partner who's like extremely smart, he's an extreme genius and stuff. And he looked up Robotnik and Robotnik just kind of tossed him to the side. So this guy not only wants to get revenge against Robotnik, but he also is still app gunning after Sonic because he thinks he can do better. Um, what he did was he managed to get a hold of some of Sonic's DNA so he was able to tap into the same power, the same speed force power that Sonic has. And he wound up creating not quite a clone, but he recreated something kind of different. He took an orphan, he took orphans and he wound up like changing them, like changing their their whole their whole genetics and stuff. That's what I'm thinking about. That he wound up changing their genetics and he gave this girl super speed powers, but she's also extremely violent. It was like he tried to create a scourge, but not quite. Um and so it was slightly different into that. So it Eggman has a whole bunch of different like partners that he's had and the only ones he keeps consistent is robots because he makes them and he can make them they, they always will do what he says no matter what they don't have another mindset because he doesn't make them to have you know that what? mindset <laughs> now that you brought up um, Scourge the Hedgehog and <laughs> other um, characters mm-hmm. you know what I really hope that somewhere in the future they bring back uh, Sonya and Manic. Honestly, we all really hoping for it, but let's be to be honest with you, I don't think they will. Because if they do, it will have to be something very different. Like, I mean, hold co- on. Like, consider um, Sonic Prime. It's about the Shatterverse, where essentially Sonic Prime is Sonic Multiverse. So I want to say since the season, the first season concluded and it looks like they're not getting that far into what story they're trying to tell. So as far as we know, it's like they're basically waiting for people to really like Sonic Prime. And if it does really well, it'll probably do what the MCU did where, OK, phase one, we got to be a little experimental, got to be a little careful, but okay people like uh what we're doing so okay we can be a little bit more experimental we can add new characters and let's make it work so i'm imagining that depending on the success of sonic prime and the direction that it goes 
maybe in a universe where Sonya and Manic does exist, we might see a like cameo or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little yeah. too optimistical on that, but I mean, they, had, they had a reference in one of the Sonic um <clears throat> in one of the Sonic uh, comic books where it was pretty mm-hmm. much like Sonic Prime, from my understanding, even not from what previews I seen. Again, I haven't seen it yet. You know that. Um, there is a, a storyline comics of Sonic where the multi, where in a sense his multiverse winds up getting fucked up, and the reason, and one of the reasons for it is that's where we get introduced to Scourge, because Scourge is Sonic, but from a completely different timeline, in a sense. So this is a Sonic uh-huh. that is has been raised very differently, and he uses his super speed powers to get whatever he wants. He has Sonic's attitude, but you know where Sonic becomes humble. Scourge does not like whatsoever. He has no reason to become humble. He's just who he is, type of thing. So that that's what we got introduced to these other timelines. And then also that we're introduced to around the same in the same comic series, we're introduced to where there is a timeline where Sonic does not end up with Amy. He actually marries someone completely different. <laughs> but this is the closest reference that we get and i mentioned this already i actually have mentioned this in our previous um one of our previous things so you know just a quick homage to our previous extreme review of this as well um, is that in the comics like there is one where um, sonic winds up marrying a different character she's well known in the comics i can't quite remember her name it's been a while since i read the comics i'm sorry um but he marries her they have children and his children's names are the same names as uh, Sonic's brother and sister from uh, Sonic Underground. And they carry, they had the same, hmm. both both of them have the same names as those two. So, but that's the closest that we've gotten to a reference for Sonic Underground, though. Unfortunately, this is the only reference we've gotten as far as in type of headcanon in a sense. So. I don't know. That's all we got. Maybe we might. I mean, there's a chance we might get those two older because they also look very similar as well. <laughs> Except, you know, there's more brown is <laughs> implanted there instead of like one's pink and one's green. So there, there is like a, vari- a different array of colors is there. But otherwise, they look very similar and they have the same names. So it's like maybe, maybe we might get there. We'll see what happens. But... <laughs> Who knows type of thing, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it's just so okay. So there's a lot into that, one. and definitely I will try my best to get Sonic Prime so we can try to get to that review next week if we can. So definitely looking forward to that, guys. You know, right after Christmas. Um, but I will say again, just going back, yeah, Stone was a character that I did not see a purpose. There was to me, there's no reason for him to even have to have been there. Um, and then. Okay, so we wound up the the bit the best scene in the movie. Still, what well second to me is the second best to me personally. Second best scene in the movie to me is Sonic's first fight against Knuckles. That one ends very horribly for Sonic. Sonic is completely out of his league because he has never fought anyone that has had powers before per se. Even when he fought against mm-hmm. Eggman in the first movie, Eggman stole his power, so he already knew about it. He's like, I already know what super speed is. I already know that shit. But he's never fought anyone else with powers before. <clears throat> Here's where, as a Sonic fan, I have a critique. Throughout the whole movie, not one time did you ever see Sonic, did you ever see Knuckles glide? Yeah. <laughs> 
that was something that's very it. specific for the echidnas. Something very specific for the echidnas. All echidnas in the in in the Sonic franchise, not in real life, of course. They're just rodents. But <laughs> all of the echidnas in the fucking Sonic franchise can glide. All of them can. It is something that's very particular to them. You even reference the fact that these motherfuckers live in trees, but they don't glide. What the fuck? No, is no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> maybe I'm tripping, but maybe you can uh, elucidate for me. But as far as tails and knuckles, like, mm-hmm. okay, you said that they didn't glide, and I noticed that too. But has there ever been any versions of tails and knuckles to where they can apparently move so fast and what i mean is with tails he can fly but knuckles he can just straight up run but they're both can run at the same speed as sonic himself so only one time specifically and this this is part of um the video games and the comics remember before i talked about the rings of power right uh so the rings of power give sonic extra abilities more than he already like sonic's main ability is that he just runs at super speed if he holds a ring of power in his hand, he's able to not only run and di- you know, be able to run even faster by holding a ring of power than he already runs, which is scary. Because remember, Sonic can break the sound barrier. So give him a ring of power, gets that, boost that even further. But both Tails and Knuckles, if they are holding a ring of power, can run almost as fast as Sonic. Not exactly as fast. Sonic does still have to slow down for them to catch up. But if they're holding a ring of power, they can move at super speed. <clears throat> and that will be my other little hit. That'd be my other little nitpick as well, too. Holding a ring of power is what all, like Knuckles is super strong. Yes, <laughs> but Knuckles cannot stop Sonic in his ball form while he's holding a ring of power. <laughs> if Sonic is coming at you in his ball form, speeding up at you, you cannot stop that. Knuckles cannot stop that with his own power. He has to have a ring of power or at least be in somewhat infused with some power from the Master Emerald to be able to stop Sonic. That is a cannon. <laughs> so in the movie, that would be a little bit of a nitpick. Again, it was amazing for movie effects. It was great for the trailer. But realistically, Sonic should have sped through his ass. <laughs> Just realistically, Sonic should have sped through his ass. <laughs> At least we kind of get somewhat of that during their second brawl. Their second brawl, you wind up getting Sonic like he wants to be like, ah, and then like, you know, Knuckles is like, you do this again? And Sonic's like, no, I got you. It said, ah, you thought so. And then he like speeds around and shit. <laughs> and then winds up getting to him. So I'm like, okay, you got a little bit into that. But yeah, no, like, he does. Knuckles has to hold a ring of power or at least be infused with the Master Emerald's power in order to be able to stop Sonic Spinball. That's about it. That, that was that's another little nitpick of mine. Knuckles did not glide and Knuckles was not holding any type of ring of power while stopping Sonic. But then they changed up the rings anyway. The rings don't give power now. So, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> But I will say something very interesting because they decided to keep Shadow's 
character at the very end, you know, the end credits and stuff, like introduce Shadow, you can see it that he does have, he does still have four rings of power on him. He does still have one on each wrist and one on each ankle. Mm. So, very interesting into that aspect, considering the fact that the rings that he has is the exact same rings that Sonic is supposed to be carrying, but apparently they're going to be different in Sonic 3, so we shall see. Maybe it's just going to be, what's up with that bracelet? I don't know. Just a cool bracelet. <laughs> and I'm like, no, motherfuckers, ring of power. They're literally attached to you. That's the reason why you're so fucking overpowered. <laughs> because you permanently refuse to feel horrible. <laughs> well, be even funnier if in Sonic 3, they do the same joke. Well, not really a joke, but the same uh, mistake that uh, Sonic Adventure 2 did to where and Sonic Adventure 2. You notice that with Shadow, even though he, he has air shoes, he kind of glides on the ground. But there was yes. this one scene to where he flies and you'll never see it again. And I was like, wait, so he could fly, but you, you don't really see that off anymore? And then I bet you, I bet you, if they, I swear to God, if they add a scene to where we see Shadow flying and then Outside of the we don't form. see that yeah outside the super form and then it's like hey didn't you fly outside your super form one time and i was like oh yeah that was the one time only thing like sorry like but you because it was supposed to be like he over boosted his air shoes and some shit like that no it's not even yeah it's not real that does not happen whatsoever his air shoes only just give him like just the ability to glide through i mean i don't know maybe but he never does it anything more like even in the comics he does not do anything more than just glide because <laughs> the thing about it is and i, I will this is one of the things that i absolutely appreciate of shadow as well again shadow i think i mentioned this before shadow is my favorite character from the sonic franchise straight up he is my favorite character period and to me he can topple everybody <laughs> if he really felt that if he really felt like he needed to he could topple everybody um <laughs> but even with his air shoes specifically without his air shoes he can run as fast as sonic can literally he can break the sound barrier as well but shadow doesn't do it like at all and it's one of those things that like i i guess as a person for me as a fan i would love to have a little expansion onto that <laughs> you can catch up with sonic at full speed but you just don't do so why is it something more of your chaos control? Is it something? Because it has been proven in hit, in hit Cannon 2 that the more upset he gets, the more he loses control of his own chaos control. He's literally Raven from fucking Teen Titans. Yeah. The more out of control you are, the more out, the more crazy your power becomes. And that's why he doesn't use chaos control so much. Because it's it'll get to a point that even he can't control that shit. And he's like, no. I don't like that. I need to have my own control. So, and I'm also curious too about Sonic 3 since, you know, we went ahead and introduced fucking Shadow already. I'm curious how that storyline is going to be, how that storyline is going to play off because remember in the headcanon, Shadow is way older than Sonic. He was created well before Sonic was even born. Nigga's like in his fucking 50s. <laughs> yeah. And so. And then also he's supposed to be he his loved one maria is 
was it Robotnik's grandma? I think it was either his mom. No, it was his mom. It's supposed to be Robotnik's mom. Curious how that would go. <laughs> the prop. This is an introduction. It's, it's a very interesting thing when they completely change the movie story, and you introduce a character who's supposed to be a prequel character. How are you going to destroy your own storyline with this shit? Please, I'm curious. That's what I'm most curious about for <laughs> Sonic Three for me. That's why I said that if you see, here's the thing. I like Shadow. Like, I'm also a Shadow fan. But this is my problem to where nowadays when it comes to the Sonic franchise, it feels like it's not a Sonic installment without Shadow. That's why I don't like honestly to where Shadow has become such a uh, staple character to where it feels like, oh, well, if Shadow's not in the show or in the movie, I don't feel like, or if he's not going to be in the trilogy, then I don't care. <laughs> Just like, okay, um, hold on. Um, think about Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball. Say, yeah, pretty much. And here's the thing. Tying into Sonic Prime and what you're just saying. Yeah. Imagine. Sonic does a tournament of power mistake you know what i mean where uh, oh, okay. uh goku wants to uh made a mistake and like okay he pretty much endangered everyone uh unwittingly <laughs> and essentially with sonic prime you could say that everything that happened in sonic prime sonic's fault and shadow it's actually the good guy in the situation to where he's the one uh, fighting Sonic because he's fucking up. <clears throat> okay, that would make I sense. I was like, Sonic, you're fucking up. But I will say, you know, remember, if we're going to talk about Goku's tournament of power mistake that way, it's allegedly, because remember, Goku technically, yes, he, okay, put it this way, you put all of our lives in danger. No, technically, I saved all of your lives and I was about to wipe out everybody anyway. And I gave him the idea that instead of just wiping us out just for the hell of it, get some entertainment out of it. <laughs> Give us a fighting chance, per se. So let's just say in that aspect, <laughs> he technically gave everyone a fighting chance. Technically. <laughs> it's arguable. It's arguable. But no, no, it's like the same thing even for, um, like I'll put it this way. I finally got a chance to watch Super Superhero. I finally seen it fucking love the fucking movie oh my god this fucking amazing anyway <laughs> and i appreciate that for the same reason i appreciate sonic 2 there's a lot a lot of references to old things throughout the whole movie they're constantly referring back to the dragon ball franchise like consistently calling back to the dragon ball franchise it's one of the things that you you know when we talked about extreme the dragon ball z extreme review before we had reached our stopping point because we're still you know waiting for super to continue on a little bit further now but when we was doing that extreme review i always kept talking about how it's like it completely deteared away from dragon ball and there was like no way possible that they'll be able to make those references and make it work well super fucking did that i love that shit um and it's one of those things is like, even in that movie, where the movie does not focus on Goku and Vegeta, you still had to have Goku and Vegeta there. <laughs> if you don't see Goku and Vegeta fighting something, 
whether it's each other or some other creature, some other being, whatever the case would be. If you don't see them fighting even a little bit, Dragon Ball fans are going to be up their ass. You know this. <laughs> it's the same thing that happened for, for like Sonic. Yeah, because think about it, when you introduce such an iconic character. Remember, Shadow is literally a lot of there's so many comparisons, fighting comparisons, all those type of shit. There's so many comparisons of Shadow and Vegeta. And one of the biggest comparisons that they both have is this. Both of those characters were not meant to be so reoccurring. Okay? Shadow was supposed to be a great introduction and maybe a character that would have come by like every now and again, but you're not supposed to really see him like that. You weren't supposed to. But fans fucking loved him, obviously. I mean, uh, <laughs> fucking loved him. Couldn't get enough of him. We had to see more Shadow. And then same thing for Vegeta fans fucking loved him we had to see more of him we, we had to see more of him. Uh, we had to bring him back you should check out your inbox real quick your messages real quick oh lord what has been said to me ah <laughs> uh, alright we're gonna move forward <laughs> I got your message we're gonna move forward on that <laughs> That's a discussion for another time, not for Sonic, but definitely going back to Dragon Ball for that one. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah, no, it's just like that. Like Shadow is a character. Yes, I, I like this. I like to have Shadow. I like to have more Shadow. That's just me personally. I would. I like the Shadow the Hedgehog game. Was it glitchy as hell? Motherfucking yes. <laughs> <laughs> Was it as bad as Sonic 06? Hell no. There's <laughs> a huge gap between that shit. Even in game glitches, there's still a huge gap between that shit. So Shadow the Hedgehog was still significantly better. But <laughs> just saying, it is one of those cases that, yeah, I get it. it. It would suck to be like, okay, they introduce this character who's not even really mainly in the franchise like that. And then now you have to get him a lot. Well, yeah, that's what happens when you create such a good character with a okay storyline. <laughs> His story arc to me, him and Maria, is, to me, even though it's not the exact same, my feels on it is about the same as the OG Broly in Kakarot. <laughs> you cried. I'm angry. <laughs> um, everything references back to Maria. Maria. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You Bad just reminded me that in Sonic Prime, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to spoil it for you, but for uh, most of what happened like i'm not gonna tell you but uh there's just gonna be a part where whenever um something happens that involves sonic shadow's gonna be in the distance being like sonic and i can't help but think that that's the same kind of energy that he would have if maria was still a thing where it's like uh every time uh Shadow said Sonic name like that. I can't help but um, think of how he would have had that same energy if he was still uh, thinking about Maria. <laughs> he was I, I, I haven't seen it, but from my understanding into it, I wouldn't even think about it more as in that aspect. I would think about it more into the aspect of every time some fuck shit happens, is this nigga here? <laughs> Just imagine that. Like imagine every single time you're like, you've seen this in movies all the time. I think actually not because I just recently went back and um, rewatched the Harry Potter franchise with my wife. So it's just like, and we're gonna talk about it. But you know that one scene where literally Harry, Hermione, and Ron show up, and they wind up getting one of the Horcruxes, one of the, ne- the necklace. And what winds up happening is literally the teacher's like, she literally says, "How come every single time 
something's fucked up in some form of fashion. You're obviously paraphrasing. I'm obviously paraphrasing. But how is it every single time something fucked up happens, it's always you three. <laughs> like, bruh. Why are y'all the center of every fucked up shit that happens? Just come on, man. And just saying is like that happens so many times in movies and, and anime, even in anime. It happens a lot in anime too. It's like every single time some shit happens, it's always your ass that's there. <laughs> just go. Yeah. Go do something. Else. Damn. <laughs> it's always you. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's where I would get the feel from, but I'll see. I'll see once when I once I watch it. <laughs> but um, okay, so we got to wrap this one up. But realistically, um, the the final end of the movie was pretty was pretty straight to me. Going getting up to the final battle. Let's see. We finally get to the point where they they find the map that's hidden, and you know that's the um that's hidden inside of Sonic's map from Sonic One where he finds the location of the actual Master Emerald. We find out that, you know, the owls and the echidnas have always had this rival, bitter rivalry between each other. And it was believed that the echidnas just wanted to use the Master Emerald to, to kind of take over the world. But then the echidnas thought that of the owls. They wanted, they thought the owls were using the Master Emerald to take over the world. And really, it was just some bitter Romeo Juliet type shit <laughs> that wound up happening. And eventually, it just wound up being that you know, I wound up being the last one, and then of course she dies right before in the first movie. So Sonic's left to carry over the story of that. But then you know, Knuckles is sitting here like, uh, my family has been trying to find this Master Emerald forever, and we will not rest until we find it to take it back, take it from evil hands. And then we finally understand, oh, there's a misunderstanding here. <laughs> it's a, uh See, I'm only out to try to find this Master Emerald right now because I keep hearing about it and I keep hearing Robotnik say that he's going to use it to take over the world. So we're trying to find it to stop him from doing it. And he's like, well, I'm trying to find it because I'm thinking that you're going to use it to take over the world. No, I think we have a miscommunication here. Robotnik finds it. Ha ha ha, I have the Master Emerald. <laughs> I'm now going to take over the world. I have immense superpowers. <laughs> that was the cheesiest... When, when Robotnik got superpowers and I think you might agree with me on this was the cheesiest shit <laughs> I had ever seen in my life in any type of movie I would literally say this from any movie I've ever seen I don't know why but this feels like the cheesiest shit to me whatsoever he gets superpowers and immediately starts flying through the air and he's like oh I'm so intelligent I talk little to everyone type shit walks out and just like oh i can reconstruct matter however i feel like realistically you have the master emerald you can reconstruct anything <laughs> the way you want it to be but like. no instead <laughs> here's what sounds even better let me make a giant robot in that part <laughs> <laughs> like it's like bro it's like this dude was flying around like he was fucking magneto and made a giant robot instead of using the master emerald like the reality stone and the mcu and like uh hell like at least with thanos he snapped half the universe out of existence like that was a uh... honestly no 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 in fact no no no. in fact 
he even said in the movie he was like i could take over the town i could take over the world even the universe who knows like maybe that's enough it's like it's almost like he literally admitted that he doesn't he doesn't aim that high that real that much it's like and you know well yeah like his aim was never high could have done so much more it's like it was one of those moments he's just like oh my god this nigga got superpowers what is he finna do is he finna like turn now obviously it's a kid's movie he's not gonna turn people's insides out but if this was a rated r movie <laughs> probably <But> anyway <laughs> skin motherfuckers alive well <laughs> oh, that was gross put your skin back i don't like that <laughs> i don't know that'd be funny but obviously this kid's movie's not gonna happen but i'm just saying like so much more you you have so much more power and your only mindset you know is what? i can control all metal you can do way more than that bro <laughs> yeah like you know what now that you mentioned that it's a kid's movie it's like you know what in that aspect i guess i can't forgive the cheesiness a little bit more but eh, i guess you can say that just goes to show that uh, we're getting old where uh we still love sonic but there's just some things that just doesn't fly anymore this is true this is true <laughs> this is 100 true so yeah it's just yeah. one of those things that, like uh, like that's why i say you know you think about it not just as a sonic fan but think about it as a kid's movie i, I watched this movie with my kids <laughs> so and the funniest thing about it i want you to i think i, I mentioned this to you before my kids are not i'm so sad to say this <laughs> my kids are not nerds <laughs> at all they're mine but they're not i don't know it's confusing they don't like sonic (laughs) and i was like what you don't like sonic (laughs) put it this way the only reason that two of my kids even like sonic is because their friend lives like next door to us he is a major fucking sonic fan he's such a big sonic fan that it's not not this year but last year for his birthday he had a whole sonic theme party his parents literally went and got like a whole sign that was like happy birthday with all, all the different letters and it had his name spelled out onto the front yard and it had Sonic the Hedgehog, it had tails, it had knuckles, it had all of it. He had a whole party that was Sonic themed for his birthday. He had a Sonic the Hedgehog t-shirt that he had got for his birthday and he was running around like I'm super fast. <laughs> huge ass. This kid is a huge ass Sonic fan. This is the only reason. <laughs> The only reason my kids actually sat down to watch the movie is because he is a fan of Sonic. <laughs> they don't care for Sonic. Bruh, <laughs> like, it's kind of so ironic funny. because it's ironic because while you're telling me that your kids um, not really, not really nerd, <laughs> but here's my thing. Um, me growing up, I thought you know I was like one of the only nerds in the whole family come to find out that i have cousins that not only like um video games and whatnot and that was cool too but then it got even funnier when uh i would have uh my brother and my uh older sister and some of my cousins having kids and they would say that oh their kids are getting into video games and uh anime and whatnot and then as soon as they find out their kids are into that shit they look at me like what did you do i was like i didn't do shit i like i didn't even know that they knew like i don't know what talk it was to them like that i don't talk to them. it's almost like oh they're nerds like we blame you for it. i was like for what like oh, Hold on a oh, Hold on a oh. 
introduced to something good and it's my fault sure i'll take i'll take credit for that no. i'll take credit for introducing no, it to good shit. <laughs> but here's here's the main thing it was like they keep pushing the idea of me like babysitting them and all that so hell like i'm gonna be watching anime i'm gonna be playing video games and y'all gonna keep pushing me to babysit them uh it's not gonna be my fault per se that some of my personality rub off on them you're the one that keep pushing me to um babysit them exactly <laughs> this is one well, of those cases wonder where they like... get it from uh maybe yeah. stop making you look like um go-to babysitter you know what i mean but it's all good like i'm kind of glad that they're into it but um only slightly it's it's like kind of weird how people half your age is trying to uh, have the same kind of level of nerd talk with uh you know what i mean because like um it's a one hand like i welcome it but at the same time i feel like i can't really talk to them the way I can talk to you or the other members of the podcast team. You know what I mean? Like, I can't just do a full <laughs> range of 30 words and all that shit. Like, I have to be, like, very PG about it. And that's to bring us full circle into this movie to where it's, like, it's one of those yep. movies to where an adult can look at it and if they're an OG Sonic fan, they'll love it. But it's more like for the new generation of fans, too, to where, okay, here's a movie series to where even the OGs can be like, hey, you know what? I actually endorse this movie. Go watch it. Mm-hmm. This is true. This is true. It's one of those ones that you like, I got to make it for modern, but I still want to pay homage to my roots, in a sense, you know. Still pay homage right. to my to my childhood, having all that. So, yeah. <clears throat> It is. This movie definitely is very much like that. Um, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, I will say, um, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the temple scene. I was super excited when we got to see the temple. When we got a chance to see this, and I was like, yo, it's the temple stage. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> We're running through a maze and trying to figure it like, like Sonic and Tails is running through, and Tails is like trying to direct about where to go. And then, like, fucking Knuckles is like, man, fuck this shit. And just runs through all the walls. Yeah. And I was like, yes. Because <laughs> I didn't think about it as a kid, you know, especially for us as kids. One of the biggest things we grew up on was always those little mazes. Like, you know, having those little puzzle mazes where you have to find your way out and shit. And then you have one of them kids that be like, hey, find your way through. And you just draw a straight line straight to the middle <laughs> or straight to the out of it. They're like, you can't do that. Just say, I can do what the fuck I want to do. I'm not gonna spend time going through all of this. Just run through the shit. Like forget all of that. <laughs> it was I don't know, to me that was like one of the funniest things into that. Of uh, Knuckles just running straight through. And of course this is right after we have that this is right also the moment that we had that second fight scene between Sonic and Knuckles. Again, very frustrated that Knuckles didn't just jump on top and just glide across. Just waiting on that. But didn't happen. So <laughs> my nitpick anyway I feel good. and then of course um, we want to be the oh, underwater oh. oh go ahead oh no no you go ahead um if i was just saying about the underwater part where finally you know the temple gets flooded and we get that whole underwater sequence where literally like you know we get this so <laughs> my wife and my my oldest daughter did not like 
Idris Elba as Knuckles. We thought we would. And then watching the movie was like, no, not really. <laughs> so the whole Knuckles is like, you have defeated me. He said, you claim my life. You can claim my life. And then, you know, so I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not a bad guy. He's like, what? And he's like, I'm not a bad guy. I'm not going to do that shit. And then, you know, Sonic goes through a little, goes through the drowning. And then I was slightly upset. We managed to get, we did get that music. If you, but you really have to listen to it. And that was the weird thing about it. You really got to listen in, but the music does change slightly. And you do start getting that. You do get that, like the Sonic Drowning music. You do get that. But it's, it's mm. very hidden into the music background. So if, if you're really not listening to it, you don't quite hear it. But it is there. It's just hidden. So I, I wanted it to be out there, bro. Like, Make this shit real. <laughs> Make this shit. Let us hear it. <laughs> Make our hearts ache. No! Sonic is about to drown! No! <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> And also when y'all get when y'all do talk about frontiers, definitely mention that too. But it actually did not put the drowning music when Sonic drowns in the water. But there is one particular enemy. So I'm not gonna spoil it, but there is one particular enemy that does try to defeat Sonic with water, and you do hear the music a little bit that way too. They do change it up out there also, but you that's the only time you get that homage reference. But if Sonic's just drowning in a river or something like that, it doesn't happen. But yeah, so in the movie, we do get that music a little bit. I was very excited to hear it. Also had my heart pumping like a motherfucker. I was like, oh, I hear it. Oh my God, Sonic, no. It wasn't as bad <laughs> as if I was just straight up hearing it, but still I heard it and I was like, oh my God, it's about to happen. And then, you know, Knuckles shows up and he's like, you can't swim, but I can. <laughs> Sonic runs across the water. <laughs> and then, okay, so we go back to the wedding scene. Sonic and Knuckles, so, you know, Sonic, until of course they already gotten away went to the um went to the island they ran across sonic ran across the water with his super speed and he's like you can't make it you can he runs across manages to um so robotnik gets the master emerald decides to create this fucking giant ass robot starts terrorizing the city like fucking godzilla no not even godzilla not even baby vegeta from gt <laughs> just rampaging nonsense just because it makes no sense but whatever uh you could say like the monster <laughs> of the week from power rangers true and uh, honestly when he first started making this shit me and my wife was like yo is he making the death egg yo he's making the death egg he's about to do this giant robot oh, okay never mind <laughs> <laughs> if you made the death egg bro oh my god <laughs> my nigga i would have been like yo <laughs> this is where it's at but no it's okay we got the giant final boss giant robot final boss from sonic from sonic um three from sonic and knuckles so it's okay we got the giant robot you know the classic that's cool we got that and then we get through this little pity patter booty scene of you know sonic's like oh i have to save my family and even though they asses should have just stayed behind like they were fucking told to do, but now they had to show up to give him a little extra oomph. He's like, oh, I got this Master Emerald, but it's not working, it's not working. And then his love for his family activates the Master Emerald. I'm not gonna lie to you, that was... I was sitting here like, wait, what? <laughs> Is it's love a Fast and Furious too? moment, uh, Kokigasu. Family. 
<laughs> Bruh. It's all about family. He said, what? What the hell? What the steak? No. It's about family. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, what the fuck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we finally get that. And then we get Supersonic. And my gosh. Best scene. Whole movie. Very end, of course. With it being the very end. Best scene of the whole movie. He turns supersonic and just does not do what supersonic does. <laughs> just realistically. Got a giant robot. Yeah. Like, I'm, gonna punch, I'm gonna punch you, stops with one hand. I'm gonna give you I'm, it's a epic Goku moment from fucking Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Frieza, I'm gonna give you one chance to let you live and <laughs> to say that you don't need to do this and stand down. No, I will not stand down and you know dumb shit. Oh no, you turn supersonic, he almost crushed your family. My first thing would have been, I'm gonna run through this fucking machine, snatch out Robotnik, and have the whole thing fall to pieces. Some shit. I don't know. <clears throat> Supersonic can take out the de- like if you actually play the games, if you're playing with just regular Sonic, you have to defeat the fucking giant de- the death egg robot. It takes like six hits. But if you actually went through the whole game and managed to get all of the chaos emeralds. And you and you got supersonic at the game, then you could run through that shit in one hit. You turn supersonic, my nigga. This is a one hit kill, one hit KO. No, we're gonna drag it out for dramatic effect. Okay, that's fine. I guess you know that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> just gonna run through that. It's not like you know the defect robot didn't just decimate both tails and knuckles at the same time. Also, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> And then, then we finally get the main portion of it. So he defeats the Death Egg robot. Um, the chaos that he winds up releasing the chaos. He winds up releasing the Master Emerald from himself. My other net, my other nitpick is the fact that the that the fucking Master Emerald is so fucking small. The Master Emerald is supposed to be ginormous. Yeah, as it's supposed to be huge, like <laughs> twice their size. It is the Master Emerald, bro. Like that shit is supposed to be huge as a motherfucker. But no, it's the size of a regular Chaos Emerald. Then it breaks apart, and then it breaks apart into the seven Chaos Emeralds that are all, which is even smaller. <laughs> yeah, like fucking diamonds that you can wear in a necklace. I'm like, what? Yeah, like in the games, <laughs> like uh, Chaos Emeralds is the size of the palm of your hand. It's like you'll have a hard time even holding it in one hand. Yeah, exactly. That's not even just the, the game. That's the game. That's all the shows. That's everything. So this is one of those ones. I'm like, why did you? shrink it cgi just make it the proper size <laughs> so we couldn't find a jewel that big it doesn't have to be a jewel that big make it out of fucking plastic put some glowing lights in that shit nigga like what the fuck <laughs> just why'd you make it so small i'm confused <laughs> doesn't make sense oh and did you like how in the end when they had that baseball game and they were all leaving and you see that final shot to where oh they left a master emerald in a cooler and Sonic was like oh well can't forget about this yeah I was like hold on master emerald broke apart into pieces and y'all put it back together I'm confused yeah it was like Knuckles like oh shit you uh, <laughs> you know because in Sonic Adventure 2 to where um, Knuckles whole thing and that well no not even the second one um he did in the first one too but in the second one it was knuckles and rouge 
but the point being is that Knuckles' whole thing and those games were to find the uh, shards of the Master Emerald and assemble together, and voila, it's like fully assembled. So I want to say that was still fairly uh, canonical because for some reason Knuckles can always find a way to like magically um, reassemble the shards uh, once they're all collected. <laughs> I mean, technically, they're supposed to just magnetize back together in a sense. Like, even though he put when he finds the pieces, they kind of just come together themselves in a sense. Like, it's a puzzle that puts itself together. You just got to find all yeah. shards of it. <laughs> I will say, Sonda Hedgehog is one of the ones that's literally a mix of Dragon Ball Z and Inuyasha. You know what I mean? Finding the shards. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> just saying. But yeah. <clears throat> Man, he's just like, he's like, oh, I got this. Puts it all together in his hand, crushes it. Mm. There we go. I just made a diamond again. Fuck, nigga, what the hell? Super strong ass hands. The fuck, bro? <laughs> <laughs> all right. But no, the stars into the movie, yes. Our critical review is, as a Sonic fan, 4.5 out of 5. There's a lot, a lot of homage references into it. Um, and we, we kind of breezed over the snowboarding scene, which is funny that we breezed over that. But that's the main selling point from fucking McDonald's, like the McDonald's toys that you that you got was Sonic and fucking Tails on the snowboard. I mean, it was but... all right. Like, I, I thought it was kind of cool. You know, like he would punch a robot, try to get a little bit of a shell so he can use that as a snowboard, you know, snow uh, down, you know, uh, board down the mountain, and then Knuckles blows like, okay, that's a good idea. Let me do that too. So he grab a little chunk of the robot and that snowboard and all that. It was a cool moment. It was just that I didn't have a whole lot to say on that other than that. It was just a cool little yeah. moment that they had. It, it just seemed cool. It's just like, hey, let's bring in some RX Sport, RSX Sports. Boom. Yeah, there we go. That's about it. It's like, okay. I don't know. I just I wanted I guess mentioning it because you know again that's the main selling point for the McDonald's toys. <laughs> like my kids have the McDonald's toys, and it's literally just them on fucking snowboards. <laughs> and I'm like this wasn't even the best scene in the movie. <laughs> you could just send regular Sonic and Tails and Knuckles. You didn't even have to do all that shit. Just saying, this wasn't the best scene in the movie. It was fun. Yes, was it funny? A little bit. Was it the best? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people. The cold gets to us, kid. The cold gets to us. So sorry. <laughs> but other than that, I don't think we really have too much else to say into that. Um, it was a great towards the beginning, as it was progressing on, it was getting kind of meh. And then we got to the end, you know, yeah, like you know, it finally gets that good homage. Hey, it's a temple scene, underwater death, per se. You know, the giant robot, supersonic shows up, and you're like, yeah. But other than that, it was a great kids movie. Kids would love it. OG Sonics fans, you would appreciate it. Would you absolutely love yeah. it? No. But 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 you appreciate it. It's an appreciable movie. Um so yeah. At best Sonic you can fan, say that it was harmless. Yeah, Sonic fan, four point five out of five. As a critic, three point five out of five. Uh definitely a lot of worthless characters, a lot of worthless story tropes that was really not needed to help progress the story it was just there just to kind of give the movie an hour and a half long feel but realistically i mean there's there's so much more you could have done to give it that hour and a half long feel like you could have done more you could have elaborated things a little bit more um hell a flashback sequence just go back further into the flashback sequence with the fucking the kidneys versus the owls oh owls yeah i want to talk about that 
What's that? <clears throat> uh, only that. Oh, uh, in the first movie, I knew that the kidnaps were involved, and I was thinking when I was watching the first movie a while back. I wonder how gonna be related to knuckles and then you kind of see that plays out in the second movie to where oh well it turns out that the owls and the echidnas were these uh rival guardian clans that were both trying to um guard the massive emerald but at some point they just felt like okay well uh we'll be better guardians of the master emerald than you guys so you should hand over the master emerald and the compass to us and i was like nah i don't think we will Exactly. Plus, on top of that, it's like they tried to hint onto that Sonic's powers are supposed to be somewhat from the Master Emerald in the movie, but in the canon, that's not it at all. <laughs> Sonic's powers is actually yeah. passed down in his lineage. Go figure. You know, yeah. it's, a fam- it's a family power. But um, yeah, other than that, I mean, that's that's all I got for the movie. Do you have anything else before we close it out? Uh. I also like that um, joke that made with uh, Rachel and I think it was either Rachel or Maddie to where they were joking about how uh, what they call themselves. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What do they call themselves? Because we know them, but uh, it was like you kind of forget the long version of their name uh, as soon as my mouse. Uh, <laughs> Guardian units of nations or a gun for sure. And then uh I think it was Rachel mainly that was looking at like, G really? <laughs> like I like how he's Yeah, like gun. Uh but she was basically saying like uh that was like a lame way to uh call yourself gun. And <laughs> other than that, that was like so there was like some genuinely funny moments but then it got a little cheesy at some points where it's like eh, okay y'all need to chill out with the cheese but uh, other than that I'm good alright alright well that's what we got that's our uh, nice little take on to this movie ourselves no again appreciate it thought it was pretty cool could have been better yes was Indeed. it bad no and you will hear more from us when we talk about Sonic Prime and Sonic Frontiers in later parts. But for now, we're going to leave it right there. You do take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. And if you'd like to continue with the part four of the Sonic Extreme Review, enjoy the music while we get ready to put on our next guest and talk about our next topic. <laughs> what's good everybody gotta go fast on this next episode of the zone podcast i'm jeff black extreme and joining me today is the fantasy club president kokugasu how you doing today sir man i'm doing pretty good right now while you going fast i'm hitting this chaos control right now so we can go ahead and try to get a controlled understanding about this series as a whole well, I say a series as a whole as the season as a whole, since, you know, it's just season one. Sir, uh, sir, sir, sir. It was cute when I did it, but you're overkilling it now. Oh, don't hate. I need you to calm down. Don't hate. You need to calm down. <laughs> don't hate. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. 
today's review is the second act of the Sonic Extreme review that we're doing on Sonic the Hedgehog. We are reviewing Sonic Prime Season 1. And without further ado, let's zone in on it. Kokugasu, how you feeling about this? Because personally, I was kind of hyped about it in the beginning when I heard... Like, you remember we were doing the Extreme Review, like, part 2 or 3? To where I was like, bro, remember when I was telling you that, hey, bro, it would make perfect sense if they make a comeback with a new show on Netflix and let that pop off, and then it's over. It's over. And then, next thing you know, Sonic Prime shows up. And then I'm like, oh, yo. It's like one of those prophecy things. Like I feel like a psychic right now. <laughs> but right now, now that it's been out for a good two weeks, how you feeling? Uh, I feel okay. I'm going to just say that. I feel, I feel a little okay. It was interesting to me when I, obviously, yeah, I was pretty hyped for it too. And I'm like, oh, no, we got a whole new series. And I'm like, hmm. Please don't be Sonic Boom. Please don't be Sonic Boom. Please don't be Sonic Boom. Is that what I kept saying in my head over and over again? <laughs> you know what's funny? The two robots that were tagging along with Eggman that was thinking like, oh, no, no, don't do this. Don't do this. Please. This ready and waiting, man. You just don't know. You just don't know. But I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, even what we talked about before seeing the previews itself. You know, you have Sonic jumping into different dimensions, different like timelines, you know, presumably or something like that. So it's like it seems like a pretty a multiverse. And you're like, oh, OK, mm-hmm. it, it was one of those ones that I was curious. I'm like, oh, OK, so we're going to be jumping into so many different infinite realities and not so much of a spoiler because they didn't actually say this in the season one. But this is my own speculation. I can go ahead and see is not an infinite number of multiverses that's going to happen it's a set control amount it, it is a controlled amount of not I, I could just go ahead and say this is shatterverse it's a control amount of different shatterverses and i have a reason for why it's controlled amount but for right now just as a generalization it's interesting mm-hmm. it's definitely for kids obviously but they do have yeah, like yeah, before, there's, there's some homage moments to you know sonic fans so you're like, okay, Indeed. I got that. <clears throat> so a- as an overall, I think it's pretty okay. I think I think it's pretty good. I'm gonna say that. I'll say it's good. I'll give it more than okay. I'll say it's good. That'd be a you know what? I want you to think about this. I want you to think about like this. What you just said makes perfect segue to where it's a you can treat it as a kid show. Sure, you can give it that all day, but the fact that it has OG references from the Sonic universe so that the longtime Sonic fans like you and I can pick up on like instantly that should be like a perfect bonding moment for any Sonic fans that in their late 20s 30s whatever um, age range and be like hey yo I can bond with my kid with Sonic the Hedgehog now like hey so watch this show I, I can endorse it like I'm gonna say five stars let me say spit it out there right now ah. same energy with the Sonic Hedgehog 2 movie if I were to say as a Sonic fan 
as a um, TV critic three because my main gripe is I feel like they could have at least fleshed out more characters well maybe if they're thinking long game like maybe add more characters if they get more seasons so the way they even set up the uh cliffhanger and, and we're going to talk about the uh how they ended this season too by the way um we won't go into detail but with the way they ended it though you would think yeah they're definitely trying to gun for at least a season two and i will let them have that because i actually want to see this play out but you would think if you're going to go with the long game bring in more characters like bring in some established characters that we like i mean hell you did for rouge and i like rouge not not gonna lie but i feel like if you're gonna bring it all the way back to green hill and have son i mean not sonic uh, shadow and rouge in that universe and big two and i'm thinking Mm, I feel like you could include like Vector, SPO, Charmy, all you know, all of them, uh, Omega, like it was a little bit more characters to work with, and um then I'd be like, Oh, I'm loving it. I'm I'm loving it now. But the way they were like, Okay, let's jump to different universe, different versions of Green Hill, and there's like the same characters, and I'm like Ah, I'm going to leave it alone as a Sonic fan. That's why I'm giving it a four. But as a TV critic, you would think with the it, the fact that they're even exploring multiverse, you would think they would be a little bit more ambitious. That's that's just my main gripe. I can I can I can definitely understand that. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Okay. Well, let's look further into it then. I mean, you got our generalization, mm-hmm. but let's go ahead and look further into it and see if, you know, possibly we may wind up changing our mind or our reviews on it from, you know, bouncing off each other. So let's see what happens on that. Yeah. So, starting off at the beginning. All right, so we got our first episode here. How did you like as far as like is is introduction? Okay, introduction. Essentially, what they were trying to do, where the typical okay, Eggman is up to something. So Sonic, Knuckles, Tails, Amy, and Rouge go out to um figure it out but sonic doesn't make it in time well he was the last one there and it was kind of more explained in episode two but essentially while the team were trying to uh stop eggman with whatever he's trying to do with the paradox prism that's when Sonic showed up at the last minute and they try to make all these establishing um, relationships, you know, like, hey, Tails, hey, Knuckles, hey, Amy, hey, Rouge. And then they each kept <laughs> ripping into him for being late. <laughs> but there was fair enough reason that's explained the episode, too. Yes. And yeah, well, once you get that. Yeah. And then... 
Sonic, he tried to do a spin dash against the against Eggman and end up shattering the uh, Paradox Prism, even though Tails and everybody else um, was trying to tell Sonic, no, don't do it. And honestly, I feel like the whole plot of at least as far as season one, I mean, of course, it's going to probably have rippling effects in the later seasons if picked up, that basically the whole plot kicked off because Sonic just didn't listen to his friends and also it's one of those things where as explored in either later in episode 1 or maybe like episode 2 or 3 it's the one with the palm tree uh, whenever the palm tree shows up you realize Sonic has been uh, undervaluing the bonds that he's been having with his friends it's almost like the show trying to allude that maybe Sonics has been taking his friends for granted and mm, it's like here's the funny thing like it's like they made it sound like okay with the Paradox Prism shattering. Now. Sonic. First of all. The first world he shows up in. You would think. What is this place? It's like all industrialized. And there's robots everywhere. Uh, everybody's like wearing like this. Gray. Or I don't know. It's like. It just looked a little bleak and dystopian. And you have the five. The chaos council that's what they called themselves and it was like five versions of eggman and that's the funny thing too the um the chaos council it just looks like okay there's eggman obviously right there and he's wearing a toupee i thought that was like real hair and i was like wow that's like amazing like he got real hair now in this long universe uh but not that's just a toupee and then the rest of them just look like eggman but different age gaps like baby Eggman uh, teenage Eggman um, I guessing mid 20s Eggman that have like a weed obsession now and then old Eggman that's it just Eggman but different age but um I found that very confusing in itself like yeah <laughs> I find it very confusing there's a reason for it but I'm gonna let you finish up real quick and then I'll give my little points in this episode for me yeah gotcha. um also damn I really wanna say and I'm trying to keep it contained to just episode one but <laughs> one thing I would definitely did like the number one thing it's our boy Nine the Fox <laughs> bro <Bruh. laughs> best fucking character well by this point not necessarily yet, but like promise you best fucking character whole series hands down no debate but continue <laughs> you notice how with um in this different universe this is a universe where sonic was never around to help tales you know traverse through life so instead of having Sonic to save him to be his hero and um, 
be his best friend Tails grew up being picked on ended up you know kind of reclusing uh, closing himself off to the private areas of the um, city he pretty much hardened himself got those robotic tails it's like bro can I also talk about how like dude is basically like Dr. Octopus but instead of going by tails he go by nine and I feel that's so appropriate especially when snap cube uh made a joke about tails looking like a uh nine tail fox naruto looking motherfucker and now tails literally look like a nine tail fox <laughs> but it's like his whole persona is like kind of hardened jaded by the world and he doesn't really trust anybody but it took a while for Sonic to try to uh, reason really it was more like um, 9 didn't really care for Sonic up until like okay uh, you somehow know that I used to be picked on but you kind of got this story um, mixed up but <clears throat> what else Ah! Oh! I don't know if it's revealed in this episode, but I also thought it was a interesting concept about Rusty Rose, to where essentially she became like the recurring antagonist of this series. I want to say because you would think the Chaos Council, yeah, but. Let's be honest, Rusty Rose has been doing most of the work. At least as far as traveling through the multiverse trying to find Sonic. But uh, what are your thoughts on episode one? Mm. I'm listening because I want to bounce onto this. Alright, so what I got for episode one. For one, I like how they reneged on themselves. You pay attention to this, they reneged on themselves very much onto the show. So... And th- this is not even a spoiler for like the rest of the episodes, but just realistically, you start seeing this aspect. Everyone's blaming Sonic. Sonic, you relate. Sonic, you don't focus. When you really pay attention, Sonic was focusing. He was trying to get there on time. He was delayed for another reason, which we'll get into later. But there was a reason that this man was delayed. That this boy was delayed. So he did try to be there. That was not his fault. But anyway, um, they reneged on themselves on that heavily because it was this whole idea. It's like, oh, you didn't make it in time. But for the whole beginning fight sequence, Sonic is literally dashing around, but he's stopping to talk to people constantly like, hey, Knuckles. Hey, what's going on? Sonic, focus. We're trying to do this. He goes to Amy. Hey, Amy. Hey, uh, Sonic, I knew you'd show up. Better late than never. But come on, we got to get on. We got to get on the ball with this. And like literally the only person that's like, constantly on Sonic's side is Tails. And that's the biggest thing about it. Like, the whole first episode was heavily... Well, we're going to get into this. Every episode heavily emphasizes how much every other character truly relied on Sonic. Instead of being able to, like, really focus for on themselves or what it is that they can do. And they heavily focused on how their reliance on Sonic. And so, the first episode is the biggest original emphasis for Tails 
this is where we get that full, first understanding um, of tales. You had mentioned the palm tree. The palm tree um, does make an appearance in the first episode, but it's not that we don't talk about it yet. That's not really right. You don't really get the emphasis of that. I think until like episode three, um, either three or four. But so we wound up getting this heavy emphasis of tales. Like everyone's like Sonic. Sonic's not gonna be. Sonic is not here. Where is he at? And Tails is the only one that's like he's gonna be here, guys. We can always rely on him. He's got this like constantly, constantly saying and defending Sonic, no matter how much everyone else is like, bro, where's he at? We're gonna have to figure this out. And he's like, no, he's gonna be here. Keep pushing. And so you finally get a chance to meet Nine, a Tails where Sonic was not there. And this Tails has no choice but to rely on himself he has no choice to rely on things that he can do is led him to be a completely secluded person is led him to literally be honestly they didn't really say it but it is you know how these little kid shows do they hinted in the fact that nine kills people <laughs> he was tired of being bullied and it was one of those moments that sometimes you can fight back but sometimes you fight them back to where they don't come back. And usually the most straightforward way of that is eliminating them all the way. So it, you get I mean, this. Tails had guns. <laughs> he had Tails guns. Had more than guns, bro. But yes, he did have guns. But he got more I than mean, guns. Each tail was a blade. So. <laughs> I mean, obviously he had way more gadgets. But all I'm saying is the mere fact that uh, I want to say with Tails. Uh, actually, no, no, no. Let me take that back because even in the original timeline, he, didn't he use a gun to help? Um, no, no, no. I'm thinking Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm thinking the movie. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, yo, like, um, but hey, what the fact remains, Tails keep that thing strapped. He he kicked he keep the wiki on him. <laughs> He, keep, he keeps that thing strapped him all the time. Like he's, he does. He, he's keep. He has his knowledge and intellect, and it always helps him. And you still see this in almost every other multiverse, uh, every other shatterverse. Can't say multiverse because it's not like infinite. It's, it's just shattered from just the crystal itself. Um, other thing about it, this is going to be my emphasis yeah, on this. Yeah, just call it the shatterverse. And so, at the end of episode one, we get to this point where. You know that's when uh, Sonic finally make, finally gets the first crystal, but then he touches it and he immediately gets sucked into it and it's gone. You know he pops up into a whole nother world. But what ends up happening at this point is what what I find very interesting is the fact that he mentions that there's only like he said there's only a piece of the crystal because he thought this was only one crystal. And this is where also the Eggman's got confusing to me too. You shattered the crystal, you popped up into a whole new world. And then what winds up happening is you see all these different Eggmans. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, Sonic was never there. So Eggman went into multiple, used the Shatter Crystal and went into multiple different timelines, found all these different versions of himself and brought them all together. And it's like, okay, God, that's what I'm thinking is happening on the first episode. Then you get the second episode and that's absolutely not the case. I was a little disappointed you know because you, you will hope that your story will be what they go with it's not what happens but it's somewhat okay but it's just you know the chaos council is just all these different eggmans and now i'm i don't know like am i are we looking at grandfather um father 
multiple sons or like a son, like two sons and an uncle. Cause you know, you have the one that's like, like you say, you think he has a weed addiction, but I don't know. <laughs> one no, is no, just no. like, uh, the big... oh, the grandpa. I didn't say weed addiction, but I'm just more like, um, more like dude that's like in his mid twenties. That guy, he's a weeb. Weeb. Oh, weeb. Just weed. <laughs> no, weeb. You know, like. Got you. And otaku who's taking it a little too far. Weeb. I don't know. I mean, technically he can back himself up, but that's another time. For, that's another. I mean, that's a different true, episode. True, but the fashion though. Really, true. De- de- true. He's playing it switch. I feel like honestly, I was like, how much Nintendo pay y'all to, to like add, have this on there? <laughs> I'm sitting can here I talk like about the on. names, by the way. Let's talk what about is? the names real quick. The ba- the baby's name is Doctor Babble. The yes. The weed name is Doctor Dunnit. No, 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 my bad. The weeb's name is Dr. Deep. See, that's why. You know, he's he's one of those fedora wearing. <laughs> Very much so, I guess. No, that's Dr. Deep, my bad. Dr. Dunnett was the uh, old man, my bad. Dr. Dunnett is the old man. Dr. Deep is the weeb. Dr. Don't is the teenager. And Eggman is. <clears throat> Get ready, brace yourself. Mr. Dr. Eggman. I never seen something weird like that ever since Venture Brothers when I was like, uh, Mrs. Dr. The Warner. I was like, what? what? Straight up, straight up on purpose. I really think that was on purpose on set just to be funny. So, yeah. <laughs> what the? That's, that's what it Whatever. is. Whatever. When you already be like, I call myself Doctor, but you're gonna call me Mister Doctor. What was it like? We even had uh, TFS. I like you know what it's both. You can call me Kami, Kami Super Kami Guru. He said no. The Super Super Kami Guru. <laughs> like just adding it on there, just like yeah, yeah. Address me as the title that I want. Make me feel special. <laughs> like really? Just over the top but again dr eggman has all eggman has always been extremely like self-conscious on himself like always so we still have no idea i honestly i really think this is him from different timelines that this is his growth phase because he gets frustrated with himself at various different ages so mm-hmm. i really think it is but i'm not sure i'm not sure they still haven't they haven't really explained how the chaos council came to be you just have these but Let's talk about Dr. Babble real quick, too. So Dr. Babble shows up and you wind up getting like he shows up in this little robot that has literally the fucking little baby toy onto it. And then he just hits himself, swirls around, swirls around, swirls around. Then it lands on one. And so it's like, oh, such a cute little. Oh, that's a weapon. Hold on. (laughs) It was like, wait a minute. This is a little dangerous. So he's fighting the fighting robot. Then he sees it's a baby. Are you serious? And no one understands the baby except the Chaos Council. And the baby is the most gruesome person out of everybody. He's the one that's like, no, we're gonna be the most horrible. Literally, he says, and then Mr. Doctor Eggman is like, are you? It, that's a little far. You don't think that's a bit much? Well, the baby has spoken. Uh-huh. Hold on. To be fair, let's just think about what this. Let's rewind. Kids, 
are the most savage motherfuckers on the right. planet. <laughs> you ain't got to explain that to me. But yes. <laughs> and so, but yeah, it's like just the I'm most like, savage. You don't have to cut so deep. Like, damn. <laughs> I mean, we're going to be reviewing Wednesday anyways, speaking of which. So I was like, shit. Like, man. But like, for real, though. Though, so we got so, so we got this like wide array of characters is introduced and we don't get a chance to really dive too much into um you know not even Rouge the Back because it's not Rouge the Back her name is Rebel so Rebel and then instead of Knuckles we got Nuck and I, I do I need to talk about Knuckles I need to mention this specifically so I don't know if they changed up the voice cool. actor uh, I, I I don't know if they changed the voice actor or whatever. I'm not entirely sure, but for the original voice Knuckles from the very beginning of the first episode, I fucking hated how he sounded. It was so fucking horrible. I was like, bruh, no, no. Like, I was in here like, I'm fine with everybody, but for some reason, I absolutely just, it, it did not sound like Knuckles. It just does not sound like him. It's like, please, no. Please, no. Like, don't let this be it. And then we get introduced to Nux, and it's a completely different type of voice. I don't know if it's the Hold same on. voice actor. Yep, yep, yep. Wait, wait. wait. I got it. I got you. I got you. It is. Uh, okay. The Knuckles and the original timeline was voiced by a guy named Adam Narada, and then all the other version of Knuckles was voiced by Vincent Tong. So okay. completely <clears throat> two different people. So happy that they did that because, <laughs> like, I promise, my God, bruh, I. It, it, no, it was horrible. It was so horrible. And then we get the nuts, and I'm like, oh, thank God they fixed the voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was wanting to. I was like, something's off about his voice in the um, first episode. But then you get to the rest of the episode, and it's like, okay, it's a little bearable now. It's almost like he's trying now. But then you realize, wait a minute, it was two different people. <laughs> yeah okay that, thank you I, I had to be sure because like I did not know I just knew it sounded horrible I was just not with it like I was not with it whatsoever I was like please no please change this voice actor right now or something like I'm so sorry I cannot back this up but no okay, in fact you, you know cl- what the original you know the original actor from Tales uh, Ashley Ball yeah she remained consistent throughout the whole thing so you don't have to worry about that so she definitely brought it her all when she did nine when she did sales tales and mangy even so i was like okay that's very good that's how you can tell it's like yeah that's how you can tell when like you know you're doing your thing they didn't replace you midway through an episode that's the craziest nah, thing about it, it didn't re- <laughs> through the she's episode. the only one by the way uh, hold on, let me see. Hold on, no, no, no. Also, um, Rouge uh, was consistent throughout the whole thing too, and Sonic. But then again, Sonic was, you know, there wasn't no any version of Sonic in a way. But uh, coincidentally, um, this one guy, Ian Hanlon, was voicing Shadow and Big. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, aside from Kazumi at uh, Evans voicing Rouge the Bat throughout the whole thing, uh, it looks like everyone else had well, only Knuckles, it seemed. Well, no, no, Amy and no, fuck, 
So yeah, <laughs> it was only knuckles. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? When you re- replace yeah, half the episode. <laughs> just imagine like imagine recording and then just being like, yo, um, I'm sorry, tell this tell this person to get up out of here. We messed up. We we picked the wrong person. <laughs> and uh, there's no offense to the voice actor, it's just it it does not fit. It absolutely does not fit whatsoever. Like it, it's just oh gosh, horrible. But moving forward, you know, I don't want to just stay lingering trashing the guy. But um <laughs> just hey. But Yeah, it's like just <sighs> But it, it was horrible. But um, so we wound up getting you know a little bit more about how a lot of different stuff is happening. And this is our introduction to everything. And was sad. And I will say this is the saddest thing is that this to me was the best episode, and it was the only episode that actually had a continual growing storyline. Because everything else, if you like, as we continue on into the further episodes. The story winds up being significantly short and there's no growth to it like whatsoever. See, hold and on. It's like, now you brought up a good point where this is what we were afraid of when we were talking about Sonic Booms, where it kind of feels like uh, it's not really going anywhere except when he actually touches a prism and it's like, okay, uh, different universe, uh, different circumstances, but it's almost like is really going through the motions throughout uh, the majority of the season but most of the plot most of what you need to know was contained in the first universe uh everything after that it was more like okay let's just explore the multiverse a little bit but then we're just gonna bleed back into that first universe where um the chaos council is ruling yeah, it's like that's the only real growth that you've seen so far out of every out of every one. Except, I would say maybe one other one you got a little bit of growth. But then let's be oh, honest, uh, that one. I was gonna say most like you probably think the jungle um, no. universe probably. Mm-hmm. No, not even that. That story can be wrapped not up. Even? That story was wrapped up very simply. I'm thinking the like the pirate world. And oh, the only yeah, reason that okay, that one makes sense. And the only reason that one winds up getting it is because we jump back to the Chaos Council again. You jump to the only also, actual interesting universe that you've made so far. Also, that moment where oh, uh, Rusty Rose noticed um, Black Rose. <laughs> that was gonna yeah. tell you too, like bro, like in the pirate universe, they named her Black Rose. I know, I know. <laughs> we're not going to talk about it. We are. We're not. <laughs> no, not, no, no. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it because why? Because we need to do some shameless plugging now. Black this Rose pictures, everyone. Follow them on Instagram. Do it. Do it. And Facebook. <laughs> I share yeah, a bunch Facebook. of I share a bunch of stuff, man. But I do try to be consistent. I'm about to get. I'm getting back into my art again. It's been taking a minute, but I'm getting there. But yeah, it's just I don't know. Like that was the only interesting. So we after that, after pretty much everything we've talked about, there really isn't much else into the story. Like we, okay, so Sonic touches the crystal, he gets transferred into another universe, and 
what gets interesting is when we go back to that universe, because at this point he goes straight to the next world, which is the jungle world. And that one is like, oh, you know, with this world without Sonic, that was very primitive. We didn't um, formulate things together. We didn't come together. And really, that one wasn't even, oh, because you didn't have Sonic. That was just because this particular version of Amy just didn't solve her anger problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Look, that, that's literally it. The whole story is is wrapped around, oh, you know, this one was Amy needing to really kind of like, and I say this one because this is actually two episodes for this particular part. That's That was the other thing about this the jungle part to me felt dragged out. It wasn't, it, oh, it was overly unneeded is what it felt like to me. And that's why I was like, what is going on here? Like, I like the story, I guess, but it didn't, it felt very unneeded. I'm not sure if that was just me, how I felt on that. Like, how did you feel about the jungle? So, Honestly. episodes. With the whole multiverse jumping, I would have felt a whole lot better about it if the events of what happened in those universes kind of bled into um, Sonic's decisions later or the events that happens later. Once again, that's really hinging on if this show gets more seasons, which I imagine to be so because I think it was like ranked five um, last time I checked. But... Uh, continuing my point with the jungle episode yeah on one hand I do feel for Amy to where they were the you know the primitives you know uh, what do they call themselves Prim Rouge uh, Gnarly Knuckles and Mangy um, Tails it was like the way they were um forging the fruit and all that it's almost like they just didn't give a damn about nature and as Amy uh, loving nature as much as she did it just kind of made her you know snap so I kind of get it but she did kind of went too far with it trying to um, attack them and all that shit Uh, and trying to um, you know force them to go above the trees and all that shit and I don't know. I guess the, the, as a the whole story in this one is solved by we should have just talked about it. Yeah. It's like it's one of those things where as a self-contained story, I'm like, it's not all that good. But I guess you can say I like how it kind of gave more characterization to Amy, where actually almost all those different universes gave more characterization to Amy, except the pirate ones, where just like Amy was more like, and I'm kind of there. But it was more like Knuckles the Dread um, show <laughs> by the time we got to the pirate world. But, um,. But otherwise, I just liked how they try to um, make Amy more of a character in this series because, you know, uh, if people only stuck to the video games, they would probably think, oh, you know, Amy's just this damsel in distress is always running after Sonic. But at least in this show, 
I it feels like she was her own person. You know, like she felt like a person that you actually would like. So I guess um, you can say that between the jungle world and the dystopian world, I just like how they gave a different size of Amy to where now I it feels like Amy as a character isn't all two-dimensional you know what I mean so in this aspect then is this called the Amy show or is it called Sonic Prime no (sighs) bruh (laughs) you know what I'm getting at point is I know I'm kind of focusing too hard on this but I just like how they Mm -hmm. gave Amy a little bit more characterization that's what I'm saying I'm 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 not trying to chew on that that's, that's what I'm saying. This is called Sonic Prime. That's the name of the show. And the person who gets the most flesh out is Amy and Tails. Oh, and that's it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's cool and all, but I'm confused. <laughs> I'm like, this is called it's Sonic and Friends. And I, I'm no, like, no, 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 not even that. Not even that. Here's the funny thing not only is Sonic at fault, but Shadow is the ironic hero of the stories where okay sonic fucked up gotta fix it but it wasn't even sonic all of sonic's fault really when you Not really pay attention to it yeah like i know like eggman <laughs> tricked them but then again it's oh, like even that who's the reason that sonic was late who was the reason we're going we're jumping ahead at this point now who is the, the sole person that caused sonic to be late Shadow. And then gets the nerve to say, Sonic, you should focus. And literally, how many times did look? We jump, we jumping on it now. We already jumping on it because this is the thing that really got this frustrated me. Shadow literally stops Sonic, goes and punches him in the face because he's like, "Yo, you caused some type of major disruption that I can't understand or explain. I am frustrated that you caused this major, that you caused this, and I'm gonna punch you about it because I foresaw a vision that you fucked shit up." So I'm just gonna punch you before you do before you break some shit. And now about it. Ben tries to talk to him afterwards, and Sonic tries to get away, and then Shadow stops him again. Now hold on. That's why I say he's the ironic hero. Because first of all, yes, he interfered with Sonic trying to um, stop Eggman from um, securing the Paradox Prism. Sure. But it's funny how even though you just out of nowhere thought, okay, I know we're jumping. But at this point, because we spent so much time on episode one and how impressed we were with the start of the series. Because yeah. honestly, you know, the rest of this um, show is like, um, it, it different is uni- same shit, different universe. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. The only so, again. Shatterverse that's interesting was the first one was the one that Eggman took the Eggman dystopia everything else just was it wasn't it wasn't a hit but continue so hear me out. yes so hear me out Shadow he ever since um the other incident to where okay there's this egg robot that Sonic was fighting and um Eggman was trying to goad um, Sonic into attacking him from a certain angle and that way it would create that shockwave that would eventually 
crack open the mountain to uh, reveal the paradox prism so that instance um that's when shadow detected it you know like kind of investigated a little bit and he was like okay this must this have this gotta have something to do with sonic all right i'm gonna go investigate keep in mind even in this show it kind of bounces around um back and forth between um past and present so that's why we have to explain it in this erratic way too because it was also bouncing around back and forth between the events so shadow after that first encounter with eggman not what happened in the opening like the uh, encounter before that now we get to the part to where okay Eggman's trying to take the uh, paradox prism and as soon as sonic was trying to speed over to stop on uh, eggman um shadow is confronting sonic because of what happened last time and i was like okay something's going on i know you have something to do with it and i'm gonna need you to stop right now and i was like but bro like you got it twisted. And I was like, I don't want to hear it. We're fighting. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, bro, what the hell, man? Like, <laughs> like there's no listening. We're not, we're, we're, we're not listening. I'm not listening to this. We're fighting right now because you did something. I don't know what it is. And my instinct is I'm going to beat the living shit out of you because of that. And you're like, dude, why? Why? <laughs> and you know what's oh, funny, too? because this all from talking. And it's funny, hmm. too, because, like, between Sonic and Shadow, you would think they're like the two main boys in the entire franchise at this point. Because let's be honest, like ever since Shadow got introduced, Shadow has been like the Vegeta to uh Sonic's Goku for like a hot minute. So it's almost like that's what I kind of think. On one hand, I like Shadow, but on the other hand, I don't like I don't know, maybe it's a personal gripe, but I, I guess you could say I used to not like how they're kind of loping Shadow into whatever plot line, even if it doesn't necessarily need him to be involved. It's like, you can have a Sonic uh, game or whatever without Shadow, and I won't even be mad at you about it, but the way you're trying to shoehorn in Shadow just because popular it's almost like now i feel like you're trying to cheapen shadows um presence cured yeah presence it's like now it feels a little watered down to where i'm just like eh, it don't feel special unless because you know shadow's the type of dude that doesn't really want to get involved unless he has to get involved that's why if you're going to have shadow in this show there's got to be a perfectly good reason why he's getting involved but obviously you don't necessarily see that unless there's more to it that once again gotta be explored in later seasons but then again it's almost like with season one i want to say it's not bad it definitely sets up a lot of good things that i'm hoping to see maybe fleshed out later but right now there's just a bunch of things to where i'm just like okay there's just some parts that just doesn't make sense or it kind of feels a little formulaic or it just kind of feels a little cheapened but pretty much in short we're lost bro we have no idea where the hell the story is really gonna go and it's yeah. one of, oh we have no idea where this is gonna go in an interesting way it's one of those like you are really hella confused so again it's not a bad show but it's one of those ones that let's be realistic we don't see that you you don't understand the direction that this is going to go 
and not in a good way. No, like in a hold way, on, literally. Hold on, quickly, guys. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I had a, another point I, I wanted to make. I Go feel ahead. like Sonic Promise have the same problem that's having uh, with the MCU in the Phase One, to where in Phase One they can only get away with so much, and I feel like that what they're trying to do is they're trying to establish a multiverse. And I was like, okay, um, we we want to make this a multiverse story, but depending on how popular this one season pop off because we don't want to get too ambitious on in one season let's work with what's safe and then maybe we can expand a little further in later seasons maybe like with um phase one it's like okay let's do iron man let's do captain america thor uh incredible hulk and then we do the avengers if the avengers do well okay then we can kind of expand a little bit more on the world building and all that shit kind of tie piece on these threads together to where it's like okay it didn't make sense in season one but now it makes sense later on okay okay now that's just a thing that's the number one gripe about this whole season right now is because the way it is set up it doesn't really know where it wants to go all that it cares about is do you like it enough to want a season two and the way they ended it it just got you thinking okay well now i kind of need a season two because you can't just end the season off just like that like it doesn't feel like uh, i mean ah. Uh, Ah, I kind of need season two now, and it's almost like it's almost obligatory. That's the thing. I kind of need it. I need it so I can make sense of this shit. Like I have, yeah, like I I just need it just to make sense of what where the show going. It's almost like I don't really need it in a satisfying way. Where it's like, okay, all the loose ends from some of these plot lines are tied up we can okay as long as all these different um plot lines are tied up we can focus on the main plot line on how we can get the paradox prism back together and all that shit a new development shows up to where okay it's gonna be still relevant to the main plot but as long as all these different plot lines are wrapped up that's okay at least we have one focus point to work on and then we can expand further in that later season but that's where we get to a point where it doesn't really know where it's going so we're not really anticipating season two in a satisfying way it's just more like that Chelsea meme from um big bang theory like i don't need sleep i need answers (laughs) yeah like i just need to figure out what the hell's going on like that's the thing i want to say that i'm very invested in the show but i can't necessarily say that in the most positive way like I'm literally just I'm just trying to figure out what the hell's about to happen like I'm really confused that's just the only thing now, now I going see to... why I give it a three because like yeah. story wise it's like <sighs> you got potential but, but you're still... hinging too much on the long game to make the first season a satisfying opening true 
and then like i said i also mentioned like every episode heavily focuses on a different form of friendship like first one was nine and tails like you know how much tails really trusted in sonic it's and this, you know tails did try to tell sonic look it's a trap it's a trap and sonic admitted himself to himself though not out loud he meant it to himself actually if it was a trap i don't think i would have even see how it would come on so he he literally admitted that like he said, eh, he said, how is it a trap? Actually, you know, it probably is because there's no way I would even be able to tell this. And then got roped into, you know, Dr. Eggman telling him, hey, yeah, come on. You bet you can't. You, you were about to run away. You blue hedgehog can't do nothing, can you? And then, you know, warps him into attacking him and stuff. So and then, you know, Tails is obviously pissed off. He's like, I tried to tell you and you didn't listen. Like, what the fuck? And so. It, it really changed up into that aspect of everyone saying like, oh, Sonic, you didn't appreciate stuff. You just didn't listen. And it's like, OK, but the re- original point about it is, is the fact that he was just being lazy as fuck. That was really what it was. He did show up on time in the fight, but he wound up like lollygagging instead of trying to defeat the robots that was attacking the crystal. Gave Eggman enough time to get in his big robot to try to pick up the Paradox Crystal himself. That was what Sonic fucked up at. And then Sonic was in mid spin dash, and it was like, no, wait, Sonic, stop in mid spin dash. You can't get the fuck out of a mid spin dash. That's not what fucking happens. <laughs> That's not what happens. Like, you run into a wall, and that's not it. Like, you hit your opponent, then you kind of get out. That's usually what happens. <laughs> just, it's almost just, like they're kind of expecting Sonic to have Ultra Instinct, but I'm sorry, but there's just some parallels to Dragon Ball Z that's just not apparent in the Sonic nice. universe. Yeah, so it's like, come on, like it's like everything. The whole every the whole series literally emphasizes it's Sonic's fault for this reason, and it's like, bruh, what the hell? Oh, that <laughs> brings me to another point, to where you you know how, and later um, in the Dragon Balls franchise, I'm sorry, but we're Dragon Ball nerds. We're gonna do this. It's like there's always gonna be parallels between Dragon Ball and Sonic. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> It's almost like the same issue to where essentially you can blame Goku for the events of Tournament of Power to where it's like, okay, technically Sonic uh, have to take some accountability for what's happening with the Shadowverse. But at the same time, (laughs) some stuff is bound to be inevitable. Plus, Plus on top of that, you know, season one ends where not even season one episode one ends where literally we get the best understanding of this where sonic has his mindset that oh eggman created this shatterverse and he's like no it wasn't eggman i'm the one that shattered the crystal so all of these universes are all my creation but that's the best fucking scenario because that means that literally you should be able to win in every single world that you go to like realistically mm. you should be able to win in every single world because you created it you are the prime reason for it, so you can be the one to solve it you're the key that's just what it is <clears throat> that should be the best ideal mindset into that and then that's not it that's not even the the real mindset whatsoever it's just oh you're the fault you're the cause of everything and everything's broken because of you and uh it's all your fault and i'm like come on bro it doesn't quite make sense but then also uh, mentioning in uh, as well into how we have the different shadow verses and stuff. Again, the first world is the only one that's the most interesting because everyone gets their own major change development. There's a crisis that has to be fixed, but this crisis is only solved 
in this particular um Mult Shatterverse because all the other ones is just like oh it's just a random adventure. Hey, you know we went to, <laughs> or went to the jungle world. What happens? Oh, we should have just talked it out. Oh, the Shadow Crystal does have some type of influential power. We just gotta get this Shadow Crystal away from people, and then people won't be influenced influenced by it. Okay, got you. I'm like, all right, that makes sense. All right, I got you. So we got the red crystal, we got the green crystal, and this is also back to my first point that I was making earlier on. There's a limited number in the Shatterverse. The Paradox Crystal had seven colors, just like the seven Chaos Emeralds. They did this on purpose. I promise you they did. This was not emphasized in the season one, but it's very obvious. Very obvious. Every single shadow, every single world he's visited has a different color of the shatter crystal, but there's only seven colors. <laughs> Hold on. So, what if he collects all seven paradox um, prism shards? Did he? Did he become paradox Sonic? <laughs> hey, hey t- listen, probably. <laughs> What? Watch the final battle from what season four, season five. I'm just go ahead and say that it might end the season two, it might end the season four or five. I'm gonna proclaim four or five. I'm hoping season two has much easier to follow storylines, better to follow storylines, but you know more influence. But I imagine literally everything taking place in the in between shatter, the um in between shatterverse. The one that Tails was able to discover and name himself. Sorry, not Tails. Nine was able to discover and name himself. The one that Shadow resides in the middle of. It's going to be a par- look. It's going to be a paradox Sonic, and it's going to be a paradox Shadow. Just be prepared for it. It's going to happen. Anyway, um, <laughs> just be ready for it. You already know it's going to happen. <laughs> but um, literally just imagine that final fight happening there but yeah i really think there's only going to be a limited number of worlds because they're the shadow crystal they showed it like several times only has certain number has like certain colors but then you notice that every color is present in the, in the world that does a different thing like the green crystal was the overgrown forest the red crystal was overrun by eggman and the whole world is red and black um what, what color was it was it the blue i think it was like a blue crystal that was the the pirate world so and now it's like either blue or indigo yeah i think it was i think it was like blue i don't remember which one i just know like each color is a various different thing and it's pretty obvious that each color represents the world like you're going to see whatever color is most predominant in that world that's the color of the shard so that's there the shard is there oh wait i don't think there's an indigo um Chaos Emerald. I think um, they replaced Indigo with um, a solid white, so it just looked like a diamond. And I was like, wow, it's like you have a literal diamond that as it. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, Moving look, on. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I'd look into that. But yeah. But yeah, so we wound up having that. Um, so we have all these like different options that's going to different worlds that's going to be there and stuff. Now, two biggest things into this that i really want to make my point and then i don't really have much of the points to make for this show because like i said everything was heavily emphasized in the first episode i mean second episode pretty much just ties in with the first world too you know we, we got to get a chance to to really dive into um rouge and knuckle well sorry rebel and nuck and nuts like thing where they watched their world be destroyed by the robotniks by the um chaos control council 
and just go ahead and try to destroy it. and they're just trying to rebel and everything it was a great story build that did not get expanded upon as much as it should have like you have an hour for every episode and you just brush breeze past this whole destruction stuff no like the rest is like some a lot of the dialogue was halfway boring a little bit no 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 i want you to really dive into this <laughs> like come on i want to see what the fuck happened between rebel and nux like like what did they do what did they fight like how did things go with between them like how did they survive this because they remember the green world they remember green hills when it was green and obviously like nine doesn't remember that nine when he described his story when he was getting picked on he was already in a city like you literally showed the little pixelated background he was already in a city so he doesn't remember green hill he doesn't remember being green whatsoever so for one well, uh-huh uh-huh well to be fair tails is much younger than it's- sonic and the gang um so it's like by the time um rouge and knuckles will um probably like n- remember green hill that's when okay they this um green hills was plowed there's now this big city and tails was born into a city uh and you know when he did that edgelord um speech when he was fighting sonic yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he was literally born into it exactly so that's what i'm saying like you just brush past like um rebel and nux like thing into this no like how did they survive like literally how the hell did they survive this long especially considering the fact that nux couldn't do a spin attack sonic had to show him how to do his damn spin attack and ever since then he's been using that thing left and right you know but i'm just saying like how did you survive so long because remember they're they're rebels they're 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 literally the the rebel alliance but until sonic got there they was like the only two like they had a home base but you didn't really see nobody else there it was just them two it was only after word got out that you know that they partnered up with nine and sonic and they were able to like break into the um to the facility and they stole crystal sorry and they stole the shard that's the only time that we wound up getting i would say like a little bit more but what am I trying to say? That we wound up getting like more about the Rebel Alliance actually growing. So for the most part of that story, there's only just them two. Wait, how did they survive? Like, I need to see that story. That would be great to me. Like, I need to see that. It doesn't have to be like filled with a bunch of death and stuff like that because it's still a kid show. I get that. But, you know, show, like, how did they get here? Just all of a sudden, oh, you flew over everything when the city was built and you just like, we're just going to get it back. And how did you save that palm tree? As far as we're concerned, every greenery has been destroyed except that palm tree. How did you save that palm tree? As far as we know, that palm tree only emphasizes the importance to Sonic and to his original friends. See, that's where we got to place our bets on. Are they going to explain that in later seasons? Or are they going to conclude the series, not give you an answer to that? Man, I honestly don't think they will. They've already brushed past it. I see no reason for them to have to go back into it. Like, I would love for them to, but I see no reason to have to do it because that's just going to be extra production money. I don't think it's going to happen. Ah, true, true. And you would think that would be the reasonable thing to do right it's like okay you already brushed past it so you might as well move on 
but you see we've seen crazy things before where a lot of times you will have shows where they would have recap episodes for no fucking reason so it's i'm gonna put it past them to be like okay you're over explaining something that we should have moved on from this is true this is true i wouldn't put it past them either i don't foresee it happening but it may it may seeing how production how everything has been going so far okay but then uh so what was my other thing? I only had one other point. I'm trying to remember what it was. The one of getting so much emphasis onto this palm tree as well. But um, okay, final, my only final thing that I have, and it's not even a gripe onto this, but this is, I'm pretty sure you'd agree onto this. So Rusty Road is a replacement for Metal Sonic. Go on. So specifically let's pay attention to how things go onto this obviously these doctors still believe the importance in the fact of having some type of metal type creature that was strong enough to be able to help whether you know defeat the rebel alliance and stuff like that or really just kind of keep things under control but they still had to modify in some form or fashion based on one of the original res- one of the residents so keeping that in mind specifically based on how literally how ruby rose's design very much is is aside from it being a metal sonic because they never had a sonic that they had to fight against but they still had the rebel alliance it wound up just being based on amy and i would presume what happened was because again that's another story expansion that they probably are saving so i'm I'm not going to get upset about this one because they're probably saving that story for another for another time or something like that. But I would presume that Rusty was originally Amy, was an actual um, Rose. I'm probably not even Amy, but just a regular Rose because obviously every every other Rose has a different name except Rose. Um, mm-hmm. And she wound up being one of the rebel people, you know, one of the rebels as well, and wound up being captured and they just turned her into a robot. Considering the fact that they, especially considering the fact that the baby was very comfortable trying to do something very similar to Sonic anyway. But I do think. Are you insinuating that they pulled a Winter Soldier on Amy Rose? They did, definitely. <laughs> but even worse than that, because if you look, remember, she opened up her chest and it was nothing but, you know, mechanics in the burden side. Amy's gone. There's there's no way to bring that one back. Probably not. They might. I don't know. Because literally, like Sonic had hopes. He had hopes. He's like, Amy, are you back? And then nine had to tell him, No, she's not. She's under. She's just under my control now. That's it. And so it wound up just being that case of accepting it. But then you start to question too when she meets, you know, Black Rose, and it's like, Hmm, is there possibly still some form of like the original person still in there somewhere possibly who knows but now here's my thing here's you would think i said my biggest gripe but no i feel like this one this one takes the cake what if at the conclusion of the series it'll be one of those things where okay all the paradox 
prism shards has been gathered um you have to fight the chaos council or whatever baddie that might just take the chaos council's place and then you know sonic and shadow and the others fight it they win they you know fix the paradox prism everything's back to normal um green hill is green hill again sonic learn well quote unquote learn his lesson where you know you know next time listen to your friends and don't be late blah 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 um don't forget to appreciate your friends blah 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 and back to normal and then you're just wondering wait a minute so with rusty rose and nine the fox and all that if you're just pretty much resetting everything back to normal and yeah sonic will remember everything that happened and he'll just uh, remember as as okay i need to appreciate my friends a little bit better it's almost like all those different plot lines just get swept under the rug and it's like so do do i should i, I don't i don't even know if i should even <sighs> was there even a it's point? like yeah it's like was there even a point to this ride <laughs> who knows who knows probably not it was probably just a story to begin with yeah it's like okay let's just do a sonic multiverse story and by the end of it it's all gonna wrap up be like and well yeah you know no real consequences at the end but sonic learned his lesson that's all that matters (laughs) i would not be surprised whatsoever to be honest with you (laughs) that's that's the thing it's like bro it's so you're telling me no rippling consequence no lasting consequences happening like I, I mean not try to be too much of a downer or anything but it's almost like it would just be more interesting if it felt like we just didn't um commit to multiple seasons just to end up to where okay at the end of it the, the takeaway is just listen to your friends appreciate your friends and that's about it and everything else is like just one bit it's like marvel's what if it's like what if um sonic went to a universe where uh eggman took over what if you went to a universe where um there's this jungle um uni- planet this pirate planet it's like a whole bit like aside from that dystopian um future Yo, it is the third act of the fourth part of the Sonic Extreme Review. And with me today is Playboy. How you doing today, sir? Doing good, man. How about yourself, bro? I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. (sighs) With this part, I'm going to essentially ask you how you've been feeling about Sonic the Movie 2, Sonic Prime the first season, and Sonic Frontiers. And without further ado, let's go ahead and zone in on that. Uh, for starters, the movie. Uh, how are you feeling about the movie? Well, you know, I feel very hyped for the sequel to the sequel, obviously. 
fan of Sonic. Uh, let's just put that out. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Sonic. Like the first Sonic game I probably played was Sonic Adventures on the Dreams. Mm. You know, so I grew up on Sonic right alongside the Mario. You know what I'm saying? He was kind of like a childhood friend to me. So when the movies came out, you know, it was kind of one of those things like you're not too old to see. I gotta see this. Like, like I'm expecting nothing but adults to be in here with their kids like putting them on the game so like one thing i just say the studio didn't fail to deliver you know the the uh the image and the abilities of sonic you know what i'm saying it's not like they didn't really like highlight what he can do you know what i'm saying as far as going supersonic uh even the move the spin dash you know the fight with knuckles that was i liked that Right, yeah. I was definitely feeling that fight because uh, I, even when I was watching the trailer, I was thinking, oh, bro, like, I'm going to love this fight because the way he, uh, Knuckles stopped the spin dash and uh, he was like, do I look like I need your power? <laughs> <laughs> that was epic, man. It went, honestly, it went a lot better than i thought it would the fight i'm not gonna lie to you just like i said i'm a big sonic fan and i remember mm-hmm. against sonic and i mean fighting against knuckles in the game he was a dick trying to you know what i'm saying beat him and like you're damn super fast it's like he's super strong and it's like that's like the even match but it's crazy because he's honestly as quick as sonic he just might not be fast but he's quick as sonic you know what i'm saying like he can move and hey, don't get me wrong knuckles can move with him so I was like, okay, that's a decent little fight. I liked that one, man. It went better than I thought it did. Um, I'm just ready to, like you say, I'm ready to see what's gonna come up. I hope he's being. I hope he's in, in, uh, in the third movie still. Yeah, obviously they don't put too much attention on Shadow or something. Yeah, and see, that's what I was talking about with Kokugatsu when I was doing his segment on the movie, to where I feel like what I'm afraid of is. Sonic 3 is going to fall for the trilogy curse. You know what I mean? It's where sometimes with trilogies where there was like Spider-Man 3 or you know sometimes like Fast and Furious like on how some people said that Tokyo Drift was like the worst one and funny enough it was the third movie and it's like it's always the third uh, movie that kind of ruins it for the whole thing like like what they did with um Star Wars where technically you could say that not only did the second and third movie kind of ruined it for the sequel trilogy but also um, the sequel trilogy itself kind of ruined the whole thing as far as Star Wars and that was like the third trilogy um if you want to say it like in um chronological order but yeah I guess three. That's what I'm kind of afraid of because, uh, hold on. Uh, not only, yeah, they're going to include Shadow, obviously, but some people are speculating that they're also going to try to um, shoehorn Metal Sonic into it. And I'm just like, see that right there? I'm just like, okay. Y'all probably going to be doing way too much at once. And also, like if they're gonna do Metal Sonic, they have to put in Amy because no way um, Sonic meets Amy without fighting Metal Sonic too. That's all the way back from Sonic CD to where 
um, Sonic met Amy when she was being pursued by Metal Sonic, or you know, like at least he was involved. So I'm thinking Metal Sonic would make a great antagonist for the third film, but to add Shadow this soon, I'm like, oh lord, where are they going with this? Well, now that you kind of gave me that idea, I could kind of perceive it. Like the only thing I could probably look at it as if they did put Metal Sonic in. Is how they did with uh Mecha Godzilla with the whole Godzilla versus King Kong. Like they put him at the end of the movie. Now both of these rivals, yeah. rivals have to team up to beat the bad guy now type shit. You know? Yeah, it's like y'all had it. Y'all had a good thing going up until you kind of messed it up at that third leg. That's that's a it's a. <laughs> That's the kind of thing, but mm. Mm. as far as the movie go, same thing I told with Kokugasu. As a Sonic fan, I would give the movie a 4.5, but as a film critic, I would say a 3.5 because, not gonna lie, the only thing I didn't like is how sometimes the cheesiness from the dialogue got a little too much. And like what Cookie got to now was saying, like I think <laughs> call me call us crazy, but I think the movie would have been better if the humans had less screen time on that one. Like uh, I don't mind some of the humans, like um old girl's um sister Rachel, uh the one that was getting married, like she was kind of funny at least, but. <laughs> Dude, like some people should have just stayed out of the movie. Like, um, Eggman's assistant Stone, like, bro, like, okay, first of all, how do you go from being like that quiet assistant that's kind of cool, even though your boss is being a dick, but you're just kind of rolling with it? And I was like, okay, you're, you're all right, I guess. But then he went from that to, uh, practically simping from his, for his boss because you know how, like, he, he was in that shop that he's in like i forgot what kind of shop it was but uh i think it was coffee shop i don't know but uh he was looking at a whole bunch of images where i wonder what my boss would look like in this costume and in this costume and he was all super enthusiastic and shit when uh eggman returned and all that and he was getting all jealous that knuckles was probably going to replace uh, him even though that wasn't even the case uh, Eggman was gonna use Knuckles to begin with so I'm just thinking like bro like why are you this thirsty for a dude that was being a total dick to you in the first movie <laughs> I don't get it you know, they like them toxic men vibes they like the bad boy vibes see uh, I understand that now but I still don't get it. I, I, I'm sorry. That's a good story. I don't know. I don't know, man. Was there anything else about the movie? Tails. I did like Tails' involvement in the movie. To where, okay, at least Sonic has a friend now. Uh, man, Tails looking up to Sonic just like in the canon. I did like that bit. So they did Tails good on that one. Um, 
the you know? wasn't especially you know you know what I'm saying because Sonic was kind of lonely in the first movie that was kind of like one of the like main ideas or the main concepts to it with him being his only friend was the human you know remember him right. like baseball, at the baseball field playing baseball by himself and just playing by himself Tom I was trying to think what's that man's name like Tom it's Tom <laughs> Yeah, okay, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying, Tom had him for a while, but, you know, Tom was kind of getting sick of him for a while because he was just destroying the house, doing all this extra stuff. So adding Tails was kind of like a nice touch, kind of like getting a pet for the pet, in a sense, for Tom, I guess, because Sonic was messing up that man house every now and then, so. <laughs> See, that's my thing, too, like, honestly, with my dog, like I feel like um, she has so much energy. I feel like maybe uh, I can kind of burn the energy off if I get another dog. But believe me, like it's not in the cars right now, but maybe in the future. But I feel that though. It's like sometimes um, having another pet for the pet uh, kind of helps even things out. Why like, you don't really have to um, concern yourself with um, I don't know it just kind of feels better to have like two dogs over one for some reason like it just feels right yeah no I get you I have like, to I don't, yeah yeah you see there like it just feels right it's like okay at least you have a playmate in case I don't feel like playing with you <laughs> you know what I mean well, that, they used to play all day when they first met each other. I'm like, all day, every day. Like, I don't even have to be around no more. Like, they really don't even care about me unless I got food. <laughs> <laughs> you see, they take care of themselves at that point. Yeah, I'm the pet. I'm just, they just, they just live here, man. I just, I'm just here to feed them or whatever. Give them rubs and every now and then. But like I said, the other one keep them very occupied. You know what I'm saying? They keep each other entertained. They play. No. Yeah, Jeff, I feel that. Okay. Ah, uh, nah, I'm good on the movie right now because uh, Kofi Gato and I we pretty much went to town on the movie on that segment. Uh Sonic Prime. How uh, you feeling about that joint? And listen, I even though I fell asleep, <laughs> well, that's what I do. I fall asleep a lot, but. I love the show, man. It's one of those things where I would not mind rewatching from episode one again. And I don't feel too much about a lot of shows like that. My only thing about the show is it's been a while since I've watched something that animated in 3D. Like at first it was giving off like Nick Jr. vibes for me in the beginning. Just look, it was like colorful, you know what I'm saying? And kind of kiddish, but as far as the dialogue goes and the action in it and the concept of it, it was really giving off that 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 OG Sonic feel still. So aside from me, you know what I'm saying, getting past the animation, I really enjoyed the show. You know, I really like instantly written went to recommending it to a couple of my friends. Like, hey man, y'all should start watching Sonic Prime. It's on Netflix. Like, it's a good show. It's been a while since I watched something like this. You know what I'm saying? I'm really like, like I like I like it. I really wish I'd been watched it when it first came out i didn't watch it until like uh well it wasn't that long ago since it came out i know i watched it but you know i just watched it like a week ago i binge watched the whole season thing a couple episodes but overall i really like the show man the cliffhanger at the end what they did with nine 
the whole Shatterverse, like, yeah, it's, it's making me want to go back and rewatch it because I feel like there's some Easter eggs in there or some foreshadowing going on. Something mm-hmm. that I'm hinting towards season two, and I just can't wait for season two. So that's what's making me want to watch season one again, just to get my own hypothesis, you know? Now, I like how you said that because, first of all, when you were saying that you were getting Nick Jr. vibes, Kokugatsu and I were talking on his Sonic Prime uh, segment how I was saying, bro, like, it's giving me Sonic Boom vibes. That's what that's what um Nate Jr. vibes really coming from because Sonic Boom was like the kitty watered down version of the Sonic uh, mythos to where it kind of felt like okay same shit different universe um, when you go to like the jungle universe and the pirate universe is like okay now at this point i'm just shifting around to different universes but it was really the dystopian one with the chaos council and uh renegade uh nux and um rouge fuck uh i've got what they uh, called her in that one um essentially at least with nine and all them at least there was like something going on with Rusty Rose and all that shit and it's like okay this universe is definitely gonna bleed into all the other universes eventually and that was proven in the pirate universe to where Rusty Rose showed up and it's like okay now um, the events of what's going on in the dystopian um, version is gonna bleed into all the other universes while they try to gather all the uh, pieces of the paradox prism and another thing that I like how you mentioned was when essentially a lot of things that happened in this season is hinging toward us trying to get a second season especially the way it ended like come on bro like how you gonna end the season like that like okay Sonic is in between universes again this time he can actually see Shadow and next thing you know Shadow is picking a fight with Sonic again over this is your fault Sonic and then it's like okay cut the black end the season go fuck yourself you better hope we get a season two <laughs> straight like that like what <laughs> That was crazy. Like, I went to play the episode back. Like, hold on, maybe they, hold on, they got to be more to it. I was like, that was wild, man. That was that was a crazy ending. But see, that's why I kind of do like it. It, it. it it makes you want more. But the thing is, from my from me just looking at that episode and the way it ended, just like you say, you know, Shadow Sonic finally being able to see Shadow. But remember, through the other Shadow verses when he was running. He would hit a certain speed when he was using the shadow of um, the emerald power or whatever he would get like yeah here shadow you know what i'm saying saying things to him like from the other side type jump but he couldn't he couldn't see him he would just hear him so this was like the first time you know shadow seeing him go through the shadow the shadow verse he stops him. he's like okay so at this point son is like okay well at, after all this been going on i've been seeing so many of my friends I don't know if this is the real Shadow or not. Like, I don't know who you might be, you know what I'm saying? So Shadow telling him, like, bro, like, there is no home because you not listening to uh, nobody. This is your fault. So 
when he rushed them, if you kind of like look at the last frame, it looks like mm-hmm. some kind of like uh not obliterate, but you know, shatter in a sense. How he used to do when he would go through the verses. So in my head, I'm thinking, did Shadow send him somewhere or something? Like I couldn't tell because I was watching, I was watching like the episode before the last. And it was kind of like giving a recap of Shadow's perspective from everything that happened up until the Shadow break. So it was kind of like he tried to interfere or in the middle of him using the Chaos Emerald, he got stuck in between. So I wonder if he can somehow manipulate in between or something. I don't know. I'm, I don't, I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure. Well, he- no, no. Hold on. Consider this. He did pick up a Chaos Emerald in like the second, like, yeah, like the second episode, and then he can use chaos control. So who knows? Maybe use chaos control to like blow him into another universe. That's up for speculation, but possible. Yeah, that was crazy, man. See, I think that's what they wanted for us to think, and that's crazy. And then like how they really, like you say, how they how they intertwine Rusty Rose into the pirate era, and then with her meeting the other. Amy, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, right now it's got me thinking: Are all is nine gonna end up meeting with Mange? Like, is he gonna see other versions of himself? Are these other? It's crazy a lot to think about now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, just like how I was telling Kokugasu and Kali Haikaishin about Wednesdays, where uh, its first season is kind of hinging on a second season happening. Same thing happened with Sonic Prime, to where they're setting up so many plot lines, to where they're kind of hoping that it picks up enough steam to justify a season two. Is where it's like um, the fans are going on one a season two to uh, have you explain some shit. And that's pretty much what they're going for. It's like, um, leave them wanting more, they say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did a good job with that one. <laughs> it could yeah. Be a... <laughs> yeah, good... like, they really... We really could have explored more on the dystopian world. Like, honestly, between... Let's talk about the Chaos Council just a little bit. How, like really Sonic didn't really fight the Chaos Council all that much or at least it kind of felt like okay he fought with the baby Dr. Babble he fought with um the weeaboo uh, Dr. Deep you know dude with um samurai um aesthetic that's why I call him weeaboo because uh I feel like he He's really digging the whole uh, Japanese culture for some reason now. Um, but my whole theory with the Chaos Council is that they're versions of Eggman from different universes. Um, because I like, bro, like no goddamn way. Because they all look exactly the same from Eggman, but like from different age groups. So I only imagine like, okay, what if Eggman used the Paradox Prism to find? versions of himself from different universes um like four um versions himself that's like compatible to his agenda for taking over the shadowverse so i feel like that's the four but coincidentally they're all different age groups so that's my theory but well, here's another thing 
just thought about. He's in none of the other eras except New York City. He's not in the other Shadow Versus. All his versions uh, are ones in in this one. You know what I'm saying? Is in this one area. Right, and that's just the whole thing. It's kind of like think of it like this: like uh, a bunch of um things did actually. Like whenever uh, multiverse is uh, in play, like in the MCU, to where yeah, like uh, a whole bunch of universes happen, but coincidentally, in like uh, Doctor Strange multiverse of madness, um, there's this one universe where oh, this is the only universe where the Illuminati is uh, exist in that one. Um, th- oh, this in this one universe, this is the only universe where America Chavez exists. And who else did this? Uh, Dragon Ball Super to where in all these different universes you find like okay this one universe where it just so happens that uh, a guy like Broly could exist in universe 7 or a universe where uh, instead of Goku and Vegeta being the last surviving members of the universe in the same universe, you know what I mean? Uh, it's just two girls and a dude, uh, Kaba, Kale, and Kalifa. So yeah, it's like one of those things where it just so happens that they're just all in this one universe. But I feel like that was that could have been intentional. Like hell, like shit. We played Sonic Frontiers. I feel like it's very well possible to where you just go to a different dimension and you just collaborate with someone who happened to be from another dimension and y'all just pick this one dimension to be your home uh, while you collude with each other you know what I mean right right yeah so I don't put it past them now that is a good thought though because you know Sonic, Sonic Frontiers do implement you know that type of concept of the inner dimension type stuff you know because that's kind of where the game takes place in another world in another dimension and sonic is trying to save his friends on these different islands and get them you know to the side of the world he's on and it's like in the process it's swapping him to the other side you know right i mean is i i like where they're going with this whole multiverse thing like i'm, I'm really i'm really i'm really hoping to see how most of this stuff play out you know like i'm liking what the direction the movie is going and then sonic prime and then with the dlcs coming for sonic frontiers it just it's like the year of the sonic right now man yeah indeed (laughs) speaking of which uh did you have anything else on sonic prime before we touch on sonic frontiers a little bit oh Not too much. I just want to say, you know, um, I'm stoked for it. I'm, I'm glad that the show came out as an update to the franchise. Uh, I'm ready to see some more of it. And nine times out of ten, I'm going to probably go back and start from see episode one and watch again and try to see if there's any, you know, Easter eggs or any other hints towards the next season that I could probably find. But other than that, it's a great show for me. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, Sonic Frontiers, and I'm gonna be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't finish Sonic Frontiers. In fact, uh, sadly, I'm only on the second island, uh, mainly because I had a whole bunch of things going on in the background. Didn't 
really get to play Sonic Frontiers as soon as I hope, but I did get around to actually play a little bit. So this is simply going to be my first impression. Uh, Playboy, if you want to uh, let people know about the story, uh, feel free to. Spoiler warning, by the way. Um, personally, I don't mind. I'm going to play it anyways. But to be fair, I'm going to do a solo segment later on in 2023 um, on Sonic Frontiers to let y'all know, okay, I experienced the full story of Sonic Frontiers. And now, okay, here's my full feelings on the whole thing now here's my impression on the game so far i'm fucking loving it bro like dude like the combat system to where okay it's getting a little rpg like but i like it because it's like it gives sonic um techniques that you thought you would never see him do like the fucking cyclube um the energy ball volley thing that he does um the wild rush the phantom rush all that other shit i was like hey yo like can you imagine if all that shit was in previous games like that would have been fucking dope but like hey Sonic Frontiers definitely brought Sonic back as far as video games is concerned because uh not gonna lie like I don't even know when it was but let's just say that I haven't really enjoyed a Sonic game since like Shadow the Hedgehog um that was like back in like 2006 that's a sad thing to say like after that like oh shit wasn't it yep Sonic the Hedgehog on Xbox 360. Yep, same year. <sighs> it's it's, it's yeah. crazy we brought up Shadow the Hedgehog because um, you know, with him being both cliffhangers towards you know, at the end of Sonic 2 and at the end of Sonic Prime, it made me go back and look at you know the trailer of Shadow the Hedgehog, and I was watching it yesterday, and then looking at the trailer, I was like, you know what? This was a very violent game. Like I kind of understood. <laughs> did not want me playing this. Like at the time, it was okay for me. But now looking at it, I was like, this game was very edgy. Like it was very edgy. I like it. Don't get me wrong. But it was just like, dude, Shadow is just like that badass antihero we all need. Like we didn't even know. Like I fought with Shadow, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm really loving what they're doing with him in the prom. I'm ready to see what they bring as far as, you know, his introduction and just everything they're going to... I'm really stoked to see what they're going to do with him in a movie, to be honest, because it looks like they're going to introduce him the way he's he is, you know, because he was made in the lab. This wasn't introduced nowhere in the games up until, like, a long, long time ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, this was a long time ago when he was introduced how he was made. And to be honest, how I got it, there was multiple shadows. You know what I'm saying? It, it was just this one specific that I guess kind of like broke the will of Eggman trying to, you know, do whatever he was trying to do type. So I was going over Shadow the Hedgehog yesterday and I was like, you know, this is one of those games that I hope they really bring back, man. Like, or even if they didn't like give Shadow, you know, maybe his own little, uh, his own little off-brand season of something, you know, like a Shadow the Hedgehog show, maybe. It might be a little corny or edgy, like, you know but I, w- I wouldn't mind. 
you know what's funny about that? Uh, not only was I'm hoping for Shadow the Hedgehog on TV series, because think about it this, my dude. Uh, even though I kind of regret not talking about it with Kogiyasu when I got the chance, I'm going to message him about it uh, in a bit. But my dude, like Knuckles, he's getting his own show. And <laughs> Kokugatsu and I were talking about how, yeah, it's going to be on Paramount Plus, I believe. How we were talking about how, yo, like after Sonic Boom, they got to put justice on Knuckles' name because they made him look like a dumbass, like a dumb brute um, in Sonic Boom. And I'm just like, nah, bro, like Knuckles was never stupid. Like, sure, he got tricked by Eggman, but that's just the thing. Uh, he was tricked by a dude that he didn't know uh, was under the assumption that Eggman had good intentions. But no, but it was like he was just genuinely tricked. But Knuckles was never stupid, though. So I'm hoping with this TV show, it will bring uh, some justice to Knuckles to where it's like he's not that uh, two dimensional like they try to do him in Sonic Boom. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Oh, man. I didn't know they tried to dumb a boy down like that. Yeah, they did. Like, see, that's why I was afraid of when you were talking about Sonic Prime, how it looked like that Nick Jr. vibe. Because, I was like, bro, like, when you said that, oh, God, that's real funny you said that because. Um, when they include those two robots that you're going to see in Sonic Boom that was also in Sonic Prime uh, hanging out with Eggman before all the events happened, that's what I was afraid of. I was like, oh no, please don't tell me y'all going to water this shit down because y'all got this shit on Netflix. Keep in, keep in mind with Netflix, as far as censorship, you can almost do whatever the fuck you want. Like I've seen shows anime shows like Devil Man Cry Baby and Cyberpunk Edge Runners where I seen people fucking like you can do whatever you want on Netflix so I don't see why you can go all the way with Sonic Prime especially when you were um, Playboy you were just talking about Shadow the Hedgehog being super violent with all the guns and shit you could have gone all the way with this show and there's nothing really stopping you if you're trying to go on for like a season 2 or season 3 give Shadow like this whole side plot to where he's going around uh, murking people <laughs> on the side <laughs> while Sonic's trying to repair everything I say because you gotta understand because I seen in the comments somewhere when I was looking up you know, some uh, some clips just overshadowed with Sonic in general and uh, you know people were just talking about Prime and how is how it ties with the uh, franchise just Sonic in general so they were saying okay Shadow is already angry you know because they were trying to figure out or just basically wonder at what point will Prime take place because it's like okay you know back with Shadow the Hedgehog he uh he was trying to keep this promise to Maria of making the world, you know what I'm saying, a peaceful place, this, that, and the third. So it's kinda like how can he make the world a peaceful place now that Sonic shattered everything? So it's kinda like he can't keep his promise. If that's even the same, if that's even the case that they're the same, you know thing. But if that is, that would just only make Shadow even matter at Sonic, which you can't really blame him because Sonic even though he's the hero, he's like still young, so he still messed things up. He don't listen until the last minute. But he fits his problems. Like, if he fuck it up, he will go out of his way all day, all night to fix. You know what I'm saying? Look at, like, take Prime, for example. Uh, Sonic Frontiers. Like, he's doing whatever it takes to save his friends, to save his home. He's not letting nothing stop him. So, you know, 
even with Shadow trying to be able to get Shadow have his own purpose and his own mission. Like Shadow's not a villain. So that's what I hope prime audiences don't like get and like, you know what I'm saying? Get from the show like, okay, yes, Eggman is bad, but okay, then you also got Shadow who's just trying to be whatever he's trying to do. Like he's like the anti-hero type shit. So you know, I do hope they don't, you know make him out to be as a bad guy because i don't think shadow's a bad guy man i think he's i say he's in the same boat as knuckles honestly yeah see here's my thing first of all when you're saying that sonic was young uh people forget that canically speaking sonic is only 15 years old yeah tell canically speaking tells is what eight like, nine maybe younger eight years old yeah so it's like it's kind of understandable in fact um people were wondering oh yeah well sonic has amy uh knuckles has rouge and tails all by himself well duh he's like eight nine years old he don't need to be worrying about business right now he's busy with his tech leave him alone he in school what kids should be doing <laughs> i like the tail and i like i know i love nine i know we on frontier right now but i just want to say i love nine dude love <laughs> But hey yo Frontiers man This is one of the first games In a while ever since Ghost of Tsushima Where you're just looking at this map Well the first of five maps You're looking at all this shit And I'm just like oh my god This game's really forcing me to be a completionist Right now Yeah, Because you see all these challenges You gotta beep yourself up As far as ring capacity Speed capacity Strength defense like you gotta get all these vault keys chaos emeralds these memory tokens by all these different um robots where the fuck they are um giving me fucking kingdom hearts dark souls vibes going on depending on who you're fighting um like my dude like they have no fucking business going this far with it and on top of that the DLC to where they're talking about okay somewhere along the road you're going to be able to play at the other characters and I'm like wait hold the fuck on that was a, that's, that was almost a given at first but now that I'm playing this game I'm thinking wait a minute with the skill tree and all the other shit like so what's the plan as far as okay if I'm playing at different characters um, do I have to build up their skill tree too and what kind of techniques are we running with, with these characters because keep in mind it's Tails, Knuckles and Amy so that's got to be like totally different uh, abilities that they're going to have to use to journey across the island and what the fuck are we going to be even doing after the main story has been completed I got questions <laughs> I didn't think about that like that like yeah the characters will have special ability they always had like and now that Sonic got all these different combat moves that we never like you say never thought we'd see like it is that that, that that just leaves you know what I'm saying like the endless possibilities of what Knuckles and Tails might be able to do even Amy like because like I said earlier like they're just as quick as Sonic like even playing the earlier games we know that they could keep up with Sonic when they hit those rails when they hit those speed boosts when they get those rings they could oh. fast with them 
call back to the movie to where you notice how with tails like when as soon as he was trying to pinpoint Sonic's location you notice how he was zooming real fast on flying yeah it's like uh he was he's not that slow it's just that sonic just happens to be the fastest but they can move pretty fast too yeah. even in prime he said look spin dash just spin dash so you try and that was another yeah, thing he- um, that's one of the highlight about as far as the game and the show goes. They they highlighted a, uh that little spin dash thing when he was when he threw them at the robots. That comes from Sonic Heroes, man. Yeah, man. That comes from Sonic like, Heroes. I like that, bro. Like between um, actually between all three of them, they've been doing a really good job trying to bridge the whole universe together because with Sonic the movie there was a bunch of uh, callback references to Green Hill and all that uh, like even that reference to where okay Knuckles was getting tricked by Eggman and Sonic and Knuckles and that was included in the movie so I was like okay good callback and then in Sonic Prime of course um, most of the references is going to be like for Green Hill and whatnot. But then again, it's been a while since I saw Big the Cat make any uh, appearances or anything. So I was like, okay, I like how they trying to include him too. I'm hoping they include other people, like say, for instance, uh, Vector, SBO, Charmy, um, maybe even Crane, Omega, Omega, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, who you say? I said Crane, Amy's friend. Oh um, yeah, Crane, yeah. With the, uh, with the child yeah jeez yeah bro like see <sighs> so much potential like see that's the main thing with prime it's like you really could like depending on how ambitious they going with it like you really could um pull out all the stops and like add a whole bunch of crazy shit to it like i was telling that with cookie guys like uh when it comes to the multiverse it's almost like um there's almost no limits when it comes to what they can uh insert into it like they pretty much did it with the mcu to where okay now that we're playing with the multiverse let's add universes where it's like okay we have the live action universes but the animated universes might bleed into that too so it's like you might see some shit like that to where you see some of these um, alternate storylines with like Shadow the Hedgehog or the Sonic Adventure storyline. Bro, bro, I'm going to be honest with you. There's two villains. Well, not even two villains, but more like two, maybe three characters that I wish they would just bring back just one time, just for the one time. Chaos emerald from um that sonic battle uh, game from on um, game boy and gamma from sonic adventure one if they did that i would be so happy is that i was the, like bro like i can't remember is that the blue liquid monster thing you had to fight yeah okay see now real quick since we're on frontiers yeah that is gonna be the game like that's in the game somewhere what? Those those the cocoa oh. things? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I noticed how in some of the memories where the cocoa they have these uh avatars and it looks like yeah, I noticed that too. And I was like, okay, that's a kind of good callback, but 
uh, I was wondering like I mean you can spoil it for me if you want to but I was wondering if if chaos is somehow linked to that the chaos to the uh with the Coco and the, uh well I haven't seen well no not in the game it, as far as getting a chaos emerald it's kind of like repetitive what you do within the stages that's why in the right. group chat I'm saying like there's a lot story to it especially within the dialogue because unless you go and talk to each character within that island because every time you talk to them they'll kind of give like they'll give more story to what's going on you see what I'm saying so like mm-hmm. that help you be a completionist because the more you talk to them through around the map you will unlock more of what's going on in the main story versus just watching the cutscene because some right. things I didn't know until I'm until I talked to Tails or Knuckles in a certain part of the map. You know what I'm saying? For like for example, um I was doing I think the third island after Tails is you'll be you'll be helping Knuckles escape uh, or get free or whatever and you're doing oh. some missions. Um I know that's not no offense, but uh, I know that's not accurate because, like I said, I just got to the second um, island, the um, desert island, and that's where I meet Knuckles. So I can only imagine Tails probably gonna be third. Oh, um, okay, okay. I got it backwards then. Yeah, yeah. Tails. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I do got it backwards. Knuckles is in the desert, and fucking uh, Tails is okay. Yeah, yeah. Tails is after that. I don't know why I thought. Yeah, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. <laughs> it's the last person. But then there's another island yeah. where you save nobody. It's just like it's just like a free open island where you just go and do like some small shit real quick. And the last island you just the last island is like the last boss, and you actually go around running through talking to Sage type shit, you know. So you 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 kind of side with her at the end. It's not like you side with her, but as the story goes on, she kind of like. It's like she's trying to save her world or like some type of something happened back in the old days. So that's why it's, it's, it's really important to talk to the characters because it'll like give you uh, it'll give you pieces of the story of what happened with the Coco and all the ancients and what happened to their land. So I'm not I, I talk to everybody. So what I got from it is. Okay, so Eggman is looking at Sage as his daughter. You know what I'm saying? Because he's he's trying to... He's obviously still trying to destroy Sonic. But mm-hmm. it's like a, there's like another force, you know what I'm saying, that could destroy the whole world and basically destroy everybody there. Sonic is on some... Like, okay, I got to save my friends. But she's like okay i'm running these simulations there's no way you can save your friends and get out of here like they're in like this world that's full of data and she's kind of like intertwined with the world that they're in or the universe that they're in so it's like that's why she keeps saying she's running simulations and no matter what he do up until like i think she want to say when he get with tails she kind of start to believe him a little bit because she keeps seeing a fight the more he help his friends and get them out what's keeping them inside will go to him so tails is helping him figure this out he's like sonic like what's keeping us in is like it's keep going to you but he's like, okay but y'all are getting out i don't care about that as long as y'all get out and sage is looking at it she's like no matter what he go through he's trying to help his friends so she's like maybe there is a way so she tried to convince Eggman, like look we can all get out of here 
if you side with him. So Eggman funny. He funny as fuck. He he, <laughs> he uh he uh, he agrees, but he don't agree. He don't verbally agree. He just make it seem like he's not. He, he just on some Eggman shit. Like he do it, but he just on, he's on some Eggman shit about it. So he kind of cooperate. <laughs> Uh, I'm not gonna spoil a big spoiler for you, but Sage, you know what I'm saying? They do team up and Sage do save the world at the end. Um uh, but at the same time, man, like uh as far as talking to Knuckles, when it comes to Sonic and Knuckles dialogue goes back to um their friendship and how the area, the island that they're on resembles to what uh basically what the Coco are doing was kind of similar to what Knuckles was doing. That's what I got from Knuck, uh, Knuckles and Sonic Dialogue. They're protecting right. something, somebody. That's what Knuckles was doing. He was like, okay, the way that their area is set up is the same way his home was set up to protect the emeralds. You know what I'm saying? Like, their home yeah. is by the emeralds. Yeah, because I know even with the, um, the interaction with Amy to where how Starfall Island is set up to where unlike most places where the Chaos Emeralds they're mysterious you we still don't know everything we know about I mean we, we still don't know everything about the Chaos Emeralds so they could be off in multiple universes and people can use whatever them for whatever and in this universe this dimension instead of using their power they just keep them contained and that's kind of like a funny things where uh unlike the other universes where they would just manipulate that sort of thing they just want to keep it like locked up and shit and that's pretty much the same thing with knuckles and the echidna clan try to do hell back to the movie to where the whole war between the owls and the echidnas all to protect the master emerald that was holding the seven chaos emeralds which was really funny because i didn't like the size of the master emerald in the show especially the chaos emeralds because bro like when we was playing the games we're used to these things being like massive motherfuckers like the master emerald was big enough to be the size of your car the chaos emeralds was as big as your hand but in the movie it was like okay the mass emerald was probably like the size of a football and then if that breaks then the emeralds will be like okay that's kind of normal size for emeralds but it just seems so unimpressive compared to what we're used to you know what i mean right right yeah yeah so with frontiers I like it or I don't know what I don't know what to tell you because I just like fucking around with the different challenges um fighting the different bro like I don't know what it is but like for once it gave me Spider-Man vibes that's what it is because you know playing Spider-Man on the PlayStation where and uh, you could say um Batman too but especially with Spider-Man where it's like you just fall in love with the combat of it all to where it's like it just actually make you want to like fight some of those um mobs that's running around because you just want to see yourself um, pop up with all these different techniques and bro let me also tell you this the portals to where you see all these uh throwback stages to where sonic run through and all that when i say high speed i mean 
I was like zooming through some of these stages. Like I was going so fast, it was like, bro, like you need to slow down. Like you might fall off. And I was like, oh, I don't care, man. Like we all <laughs> we all make mistakes in the heat of passion, Jimbo. <laughs> bro, I was zooming for real. <laughs> We'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, they did so fast. That's that's one thing I did like that they implemented. They didn't just make it like open world. They added that, okay, the classic running through the stage, you know, the loop de loose, the the little bouncy pass he jump off of, the quick reaction to the stage. That that's you know, I'm glad they put that in there because if they would have forgotten that part. And it would have been like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> ah. Was there anything else about Sonic Frontiers that I liked? Well, I guess you could say one thing I didn't like is the lack of NPCs. But oh, one more thing. Before the game even came out. I read articles. No, Shadow is not going to be in Sonic Frontiers. And on one hand, you would think, oh, well, that sucks. But on the other hand, this is going to be probably like a head-ass opinion. But I don't like the idea of having Shadow shoehorn into every Sonic project because I don't want him to be cheapened to a point to where Shadow is one of those type of dudes to where he shouldn't be involved unless he needs to be involved like i know he's a cool character but don't just fit him in the story just because oh yeah shadow is a fan favorite in the sonic franchise no uh if that was the same logic you should have been using silver with that uh logic by the way bring silver the hedgehog back into the fold man like if anything from that sonic 2006 video game like i would at least appreciate you bring um silver back into the fold a little bit more hell you're talking about shattering the universes like mine as well but that's just my uh thing but on the other hand can you imagine how broken sonic frontiers would be if you were had shadow as a playable character in that dlc and you're just like, oh shit. Like, not only would you have chaos control, but a whole bunch of other techniques that you probably already seen in the video game Shadow the Hedgehog. So, how much further can they go with that? He would be OP because he could stop time. So, all the enemies he's fighting would just stand there while he pound their ass to death. <laughs> yeah. So. I kind of see why with this game I see why they had to do that because it would be almost like you just made the player too OP to where honestly why play as any of the other characters when you can play as Shadow the whole time yeah I feel you on that I really couldn't see Shadow in Sonic Frontiers because then it would just turn to Shadow Frontier. <laughs> Sonic would be off my screen the minute they make Shadow a DLC character. Like, I would literally (laughs) right past his ass. 
I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm a big fan of Sonic, but like that's what I'm saying. Like Shadow is just like he's like that Itachi. He's like if it wasn't for Sonic, he would probably be like the main character. He could have his own. Well, he got his own game, but like you know, he could have his own show. He got his own story, his own lore that's interesting in itself. All the characters do. Knuckles, Tails, you know what I'm saying? Silver. They all got their own uh lore that's very interesting within itself. Even Team Chaotic, like you said, I've, I've been wanting to see more of Espio and them boys since they uh since I've seen them on Sonic Sonic Heroes. That was my favorite. Mm. You know, so I was not I'm right there with you, man. When my seeing them more, them guys, they especially with like with with what they did, they what what did they do? They had a job doing something. I forgot. What uh, they, they were like bounty hunters, I think. They were it was like Cowboy Bebop. Funny enough, you were telling me about you were just now starting Cowboy Bebop. Uh, think of them in that um uh, same aspect to where they're just a bunch of bounty hunters. Yeah, I like them. Even their cutscenes, like I like their, I like their synergy as a team. You got that one serious character, you know what I'm saying? Espio, he's just the old edgy, like, okay, we're gonna get this done. And then you got, you got the Bumblebee. I forgot his name. Uh, uh Charmy. Charmy, my boy, you got Charmy. He's like the youngest, you know, but he's not. I wouldn't. I don't know, man. Him and Tails, I think they'll get along real nice if they met. I think they would get along. Mm-hmm. Real- like they both kind of give me similar vibes. I just feel like Bumblebee is not as like timid as Tails is, but I think they get along nice. Now the alligator guy, Victor. Victor, I say he probably added the most comic comic relief to the group. Him and Charmy, I like Victor. Man. I like yeah. that. Oh, that was my favorite team. It's like honestly, they kind of balance each other out pretty well. Because yeah, like Vector was the leader. He was the muscle too. Uh, he kind of took the calls and it's like I want to say, how can I put this? Uh, I want to say they're not exactly even bounty hunters, but more like uh, hired hands. You know, it's like they do odd jobs and shit. It's like I won't say like oh they just go out assassinating people. Because I would understand that if it was just Espio, like I can kind of see him as an assassin. But I would say that there were more like um, people, a team that did like odd jobs uh, while they do their own thing on the side too. But yeah, I see though them as a team that balance each other out. Where uh, Charmy gets on Vector's nerves. And they get at it while SBO be like the voice of reason every now and then. But he's also being like um, real chill, just hanging out, um, not even that bothered by their uh, arguing until uh, it gets to a point where, okay, now it's time to inter- intervene. <laughs> so, yeah, it just makes sense. Like, Okay, if you already have Big and Amy in the show, then might as well have Cream too because they were Team Rose and Sonic um, Heroes. So, like, bring Cream into the mix and that would be great for Sonic uh, Prime. Now, Sonic Frontiers, was there anything else I want to add on that one? 
Nah, I'm good. Oh, uh, I do like how one more thing. I do like how with this formulate thing they have going on. Okay, gather all the chaos emeralds before you fight the Titan or in I think in most cases like you get six emeralds and then you solve a puzzle or whatever else to uh, meet the Titan and then you get the chaos you get the final chaos emerald from the Titan and then you have that whole final battle with the Titan um, before you go to the next island or whatever and I guess you could say I like how for once there's not just that one time you play as supersonic or whatever character that has like all seven chaos emeralds like there's gonna be more than one chance for you to be supersonic so I guess I like that bit yeah yeah no, I get you but uh wait were you had anything else before we close this out um yeah, no, I was just going to say, as far as the game goes, that was kind of the pattern. Like, you would go around, you fight these titans, well, you would fight these monsters in the, in the island, get their gear, use the, to unlock the portals, use the portals to get keys. <laughs> that's, that's what... Get the keys to get the emeralds, and then you um, solve a puzzle to fight a titan, and you also get these tokens to get these side stories. I was like... Bro, <laughs> it's, 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 it's quite the grind. I give it that. I give it that. But aside from that pattern and the repetitiveness of the stage, the puzzles, the puzzles did keep me on edge. You know what I'm saying? They do kind of change up as you find them around. Like, they all aren't the same. They might change a little bit. But the boss battles, man, listen, I haven't had that much fun in a boss battle in so long since Elden Ring, maybe. Oh, it's real funny too how that one game of the uh, year um not too long ago. So, uh, I'm de- if they do game of the year edition for Elden Ring, I'm definitely picking that up and probably gonna do a review then. Uh, I should have did a review um earlier in 2022, but uh, I don't know why other things going on. But it did get like Elden Ring. Uh, Kingdom Hearts type vibes uh, especially the combat system uh, I want to say because uh, I would say Spider-Man like as far as like the skill tree and it's like these different techniques that got you like really enjoying the combat but I think style wise it kind of edged more towards um, Kingdom Hearts because sometimes when depending on uh, what the opponent did like in the the first titan is like okay he's about to slash at you all right press l1 r1 at the same time you dodge and you do a grand slam on him and then oh man <laughs> lord like that's what i'm saying like i haven't enjoyed a sonic game like this in a while i like, see they were kind of talking shit about Sonic Forces, how that was kind of shit in a lot of games in like the past, I want to say 10 years. But <sighs> Sonic Frontiers, what can I say, man? It really brought the game franchise back from the brink. 
Yes. Uh, I might play the Sonic Racing game. Like, I don't hear anybody talking about that. But then again, I haven't really played that yet. I might give it a try. But Sonic Frontiers, man, it's honestly make me give the rest of the game another chance. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say, man, you you really enjoy it, especially as far as like if you really want to, you know, what I'm saying, try to tie in the universes because it all seemed canon and like tie in together to some to to an extent with the movie and with Sonic Prime. Like, there's a lot of you know, what I'm saying, like references to old games, like even back to the Dreamcast and the Game Boy. Like, if you just been following Sonic in general you will see a lot of similarities and references and like you say callbacks to a lot of other games and shows you know what i'm saying so it kind of like okay maybe you could probably even find like a hint or an or a foreshadow or maybe you know sense maybe type of idea to the next movie or season two something like that maybe because like they all kind of got some type of similarity maybe we'll see some of these moves in the show because to be honest I've seen him do the Cyclope one time in the Sonic Prime. Like I've seen him do like a, he did it. Uh, you know, he did it in Sonic Two. He did it in the movie when he went Sonic. Mm. When he went Super Sonic, he took off the top of Doctor Eggman's robot head with the Cyclope. I think he did it in Prime. I know he did do a Sonic Heroes move in that show at least twice he did the team spin dash when he like threw each other but the, the thing in the show i mean in the game it was the muscle mm-hmm. would throw the other two characters but in prime it was sonic teaching them the throw so instead of it being knuckles throwing sonic and tails sonic was like okay here's how y'all spin dash so as soon as i see him do that i'm like okay that was supposed to be knuckles but i see what you're doing you're showing them how to do it type shit okay um and then it was another time where they all three, all three of them with the dashing around. That's at the end of Sonic Heroes. The last boss you fight, the only way he would take damage is unless you did like a team attack. And that was it, literally their team attack. All three of them would do the spin dash. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, I see what you did there. And I'm liking it. <laughs> I'm liking it. I'm liking it, Sega. <laughs> So, I mean, the game, the show, the movie, like, just tying it all together, like, I, I, I'm I, loving it, man. Like, McDonald's, I'm ready to see some more. And also, uh, can also loop it back for you a little bit. Uh, how, how can I put this? I like how, keep in mind, if we're talking about Knuckles and Sonic Adventure 1, the first time you meet Knuckles, um once you play as sonic and whatnot you fight him and sonic is like um the eggman trick you again and that's just kind of funny thing to where yes um sonic uh excuse me (laughs) sonic he was going to be as knuckles in the movie and essentially we know that um eggman tricking and all that but it kind of makes you wonder that with sonic prime how okay what if we get back into this scenario to where okay eggman tricked um knuckles again and sonic trying to you know i had i was going somewhere with this Ah, shit. 
No, I do. I see because I did think about that. Like I did think about that whole thing because in the movie that was the case. Eggman trick knuckles, but then if it's like okay, how do you apply both of these together when in the prime it's a different scenario? Like Eggman ain't really tricking them out. It's kind of like it's kind of like in Green Hills Prime. It's like it took after that. It's, it's kind of like okay, everybody know what Eggman is. And Knuckles and Tails and Amy, they're all on Green Hill with Rogue. You know what I'm saying? But now that everything is shattered and everything is all over the place and Eggman, five different Eggmans is in one era, but he's not in the other eras. But like in the first episode, Tails say that this was all planned from Eggman in the beginning. Like Sonic was used as a generator, a power tool. Like it was a trap. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So York City... New York City is what Eggman was playing. Like this was his plan the whole time. But what about these other shadow verses where he don't exist in, like where he's not? So it's kind of like, right? It's a mind fuck already. I've been drinking, so I'm, it's, it's bad enough. The more I talk about it, it's like, damn, I'm, I'm kind of like stumped now. Like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Because this had okay, the Green Hills in Sonic Prime had to happen after all of the whole Eggman tricking Knuckles. But then you got mm-hmm. you got Shadow in place. So when so that's the thing, you have Shadow and Knuckles in the same area in the same time. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh man, it's a lot of shit to think about. Yeah, and, and it makes it really makes you think why did Shadow and Rouge had to be there anyway if it's like Green Hills? Like keep in mind that uh Sonic and the team didn't meet Shadow and Rouge until like they were nowhere near Green Hills when that happened. Like in fact I think they were pretty much chilling at Station Square as far as the um, video games go and as far as Sonic X that um 2000 show that was on uh four kids or whatever like even then like shadow came from another world to earth and pretty much met shadow and rouge there so the fact that y'all went back to green hills but this time y'all had shadow and rouge there coincidentally just really got you thinking they're really trying to pull the old generation the adventure generation and the new generation of the sonic games and mythos all into one and with it all being shattered that's why i'm saying like it's like multiverse of madness all over again to where uh any scenario could have played out hell even with nine the fox to where they even said so to where there this was the universe where sonic was never there for tales so tails just kept getting picked on until he drove himself into seclusion built his robot arms and all the other shit so it could play out the same way to where and then another universe eggman trick knuckles to do his betting and all the other shit is <laughs> I'm gonna watch it again because you kind of just yeah yeah tail nine well let me not tails 
Nine did say that. Like, I don't remember you being there. I remember that happening, but you weren't there. Like, you know what I'm saying? He said that. Even he said that. He said, I remember them guys bullying me, but you weren't there to stop that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I built these tails. That's why I built these extra tails. You know what I'm saying? Boom, boom, boom. And, oh, oh, yeah. You want, you, want me, you want me to blow your mind a little bit more? All right. Get this. Uh, cook you guys and I, we were talking. And we were hinting at it even in the uh, Facebook group, by the way. How with Rusty Bros, you notice how she's mostly mechanical. And especially that eye got me thinking Metal Sonic. Because remember, in Sonic CD, uh, Amy Rose uh, always had was introduced as soon as Metal Sonic became a thing. But they kind of broke that rule in uh, Sonic X. But my whole point being is that in a universe to where Sonic never existed, instead of creating a robot version of Sonic for Eggman to go up against, he just pretty much used this girl as a cyborg to um, pretty much replace what Metal Sonic could have been. That makes the Odyssey see, not, not see. He's doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> because look, bro, hold on. Because you gotta think. Like you was like you was already on point when you was introducing, like that's how you know Metal Sonic was chasing Amy. Now you got this metal Amy. Fucking Man, I feel like they gonna bring some more characters from the show. It, it only makes sense. There's no way you can do Sonic Prime the way you're doing it, and you're not gonna introduce the other character. You gotta bring Cream, man. I feel like this is something they got to do. I feel like they're obligated at this point. You can't put <laughs> Shadow and Rouge in Green Hill. Shadow is what was he chasing Sonic for anyway? I can't remember. Yeah. No, nah, because um, before the the Paradise Prism thing, Eggman had to trick um, Sonic into goading him, you know, in that robot thing. And then uh, Sonic's interference, uh, his mistake was creating that crevice that uh, caused the Paradise Prism to reveal itself. And Shadow was like, oh shit, something happened. It must have something to do with Sonic. I need to go investigate. <sighs> what the? That was crazy. Like, like what, what, what? Shadow just don't like. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. Like, I love Sonic, but it's like I, I never mind. I'm not even mad at Shadow. I'm, I'm not even mad. I just somebody has to be on Sonic ass. Somebody, somebody. Gotta, <laughs> that's what I feel like Shadow was there for. Amy, but no, like, hold on. You know how you notice how every time something has something to do with Sonic, Shadow just said Sonic. But the funny thing is, um, the way he said it though, it almost made me feel like I'm getting Maria vibes all over again. You know how like he liked to say her name like a lot of times, just out of nowhere, just Maria. I was like, I, the same cadence too. It was like almost the same cadence. I was like, bro, <laughs> like you can't tell me this was on, this was by accident. Like, no, this is on purpose. You are pulling people from different Sonic storylines into one universe, and then you're making a whole multiverse out of that story. Some shit needs to play out. I need to see the other shoe drop. 
<laughs> but that's why I'm saying that's why I was so hyped when I was doing part two or part three of the Sonic Extreme review to where I was telling Coco Gasu, hey yo, if they do a Sonic uh, new Sonic TV series, they need to put it on Netflix because they can go all out on the Netflix series, and here we are. That was a good touch, man. The game, the movie, and the show. Like, they all complement each other well. Even if they didn't, it kind of just... The franchise... Even if the even if the show, the movie, and the game themselves didn't have so many similarities as individuals to the franchise, they all complement the Sonic franchise. You know what I'm saying? It just kind of like... The fact that they all came out in this one year. They all came out this year. And they kind of like, like I said, they kind of complement each other to an extent. And we know there is more to come. So it's kind of like, man, listen, I'm going to watch this shit again because I know there's something in it I'm missing. And I'm, there's something in this shit. I feel like, I feel like, I don't know, man. It, it, there's just so much to this. I have like this in so long I feel like a conspiracy theorist trying to figure stuff out now because welcome to the zone podcast playboy <laughs> that's wild man listen I, I, I love it I just love what they're doing with this like this is this is this is amazing man I'm a big Sonic fan I grew up I'm 27 years old I I've like I've been playing games literally as far back as I can remember my very first memory that I can remember is seeing Mario Kart on the TV and then after that I had Sonic on the Game Boy Advance I grew up with both of them guys so I love Sonic man like they did not Netflix not fail with Prime Sega did not fail with Frontiers and then they did not fail with 2 they even though the cliffhanger does have me anxious I'm loving it. Like it's just wanting me wanting more and it's gonna keep me when they come and deliver, they just better deliver. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I feel that bro. And it's funny how you mentioned uh your first memory because my first memory was watching my older brother playing Super Mario Brothers while I had the son of the hedgehog toys from like McDonald's or some shit. And I was like, I feel you. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, now the whole Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games and all that stuff, like I love it, man. Cause them two, like they really, they really like, you know what I'm saying? If if you grew up by yourself, especially those with your childhood friends, so you never really grew up alone. As long as you got games and animes and stuff like that, you never really grew up alone. Cause you know they grew up with us. I was just looking at kids. It's Go like for- I want to say it's like. You know how we know the kings of comedy, right? Uh, Steve Harvey, uh, Bernie Mac, and all them. Like, Mario and Sonic, they're like the kings of video games, to be honest with you, because we grew up on these guys, like, for real. Yeah. Like, they've been here the whole time. Like, literally. Yeah. And then Mario, oh man, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring that up, but we'll just save that for the next part. Yeah, like, the Super Mario Brothers movie coming out in 2023, you know there's gotta be a Super Mario Extreme Review coming up in conjunction to that. Yes, sir. It's gotta be. It gotta be. But, you know what, Playboy, I do appreciate your time. I'm gonna go ahead and let you go, but 
uh, after this, hopefully we might get a little word from Suki Hobbs on her take on the movie, the show, and the video game. And after that, maybe somewhere in 2023, I'll do a solo segment on Sonic Frontiers after I complete the story myself and give my full take on that. But until next year, <laughs> yeah, I had to be cute with it. Until next year, you stay frosty, my friends. Great things are coming. And enjoy the music while we try to get uh, Suki Hops on. But if not, you just take it easy. Mm-mm-mm. The fireworks are crackling outside. I got a nice drink on in my hand. And I'm ready to close out this part of the Sonic Extreme review. This is Act 4 with Suki Hops. Suki, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Good, good, good. Uh, so, Suki, between Tokugatsu and Playboy, I pretty much talked about Sonic Prime, Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie 2, and Sonic Frontiers with them to a point to where we're pretty much going to get your perspective on the three and just close out this whole part starting with the movie uh what are your thoughts on the movie um i thought it was pretty fun it pretty much was sonic sonic and knuckles or sonic the hedgehog three but the old classic version where knuckles was first introduced in a nutshell but right. how they introduced um, Tails and Sonic's origin story was a little bit different. Like they put they put a little bit of Sonic in Sonic um, the Hedgehog two. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, instead of you know Sonic saving him or whatever, just like Tails is in the satellite or some shit and just spying on Sonic, and then he just happens to come in in the nick of time, just so he can help Sonic. Um, defeat Robotnik once again right. Right. but my thing is I'm going to be hyped for Sonic, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 3 because of the fact of the snippet of them basically trying to introduce um, Shadow the Hedgehog mm. but my thing is since Jim Carrey retired is yeah Jim Carrey retired yeah, so that's one thing I forgot gonna, to mention in earlier parts, but yeah. Yeah, I wonder who's going to take the mantle, mantle of Dr. Robotnik. Because they can't just kill off the character because he's a staple to Sonic. Right. So what they probably might do is CGI him or something. Because they're not going to find anybody as good as Jim Carrey to pull off Dr. Eggman. Mm. So... They could try, but it wouldn't be the same. Right. Because Jim Carrey has the exaggerated um feel of what Dr. Eggman had in the in the games and comics. So I don't know if somebody could captivate the over exaggeration um tactics that Jim Carrey did for Dr. Eggman that fit so well. So you have that 
I like the uh, the main character, like you know, the guy Tom. They gave them him and Sonic as fatherly and son bond, which was interesting because Sonic is more of a loner in the games and the comics. Mm-hmm. But here, I guess they softened up Sonic a bit for the general audience. <laughs> yeah, At least in my opinion, <laughs> huh? No, nah, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. So you have that. The main, the Tom's, I think, is it Tom's wife's sister? Who was yeah, there? Rachel. Yeah, Rachel was the goat. Yeah. Why <laughs> her not liking Tom? Because I, to be real with you, because of the fact that how bitchy they made her in part one. I didn't really necessarily like her at first because she was it just like she was just being a dickhead to him just because. Right. And in this one is where it shines the most because despite her not knowing what the fuck is going on, she actually helped him not only stop the government from doing what they gotta do and foiling Sonic and, and others' plans, but also she did play a part in helping Sonic and Tails escape so they can go do the final battle with with Dr. Robotnik. So she did play a part. It's like it's like almost as if if you didn't like her in the first movie, she's gonna grow on you by the second movie. Yeah. Especially just like, yo, all she wanted to do was find love. Yeah. And in a way she did, but it started off as like a under like an undercover mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So of course she's gonna be pissed. <laughs> the way she shot at that cake. Yo. The way she came up like a boss ass bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like Randy. Randy. And now, he's just like, damn, what a woman. <laughs> like he was throwing off now, guard. See, like, he actually fell in love. <laughs> now see, that's my thing. Like, on one hand, as a Sonic fan, um, I can gloss by it. But as a film critic, even though I don't like to claim that title exactly, I almost couldn't stand the cheesiness of the lines. Like, it was almost like, bro, like did we like step back into like what the early 90s with this dialogue but then again i was like oh all right hold on hold on. this is sonic we're talking about at least they're being consistent to the era that they were born in so i'm like okay that's the part where i'm like as a sonic fan i can gloss over it but if you're like brand new to the sonic franchise some of this dialogue is like bro like did we like step back like 20 years (laughs) as far as writing (laughs) but no 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 Um, that was just one of my main nitpicks but it was more like a conflicting nitpick like when I gave my review I gave it like a 4.5 as a Sonic fan and as a critic I gave it a 3.5 because it's like okay let's pretend I'm not a Sonic fan if I wasn't a Sonic fan 3.5 it was still good just Ah, y'all was kind of losing me with this dialogue and um I didn't think it was it, bad I just glossed over it and just like eh, yeah. whatever it's Sonic being Sonic and it's just like to be honest with you the way they they created this film it's like you literally have to know about 
the Sonic games in order to get a full understanding like how this is about. Yes, they right. changed a little bit of the origin story just a little bit because this is pretty much but, the Sonic cinematic, cinematic universe of the characters. Yeah. But And it's not the games or the comics version of Sonic because those two is completely different. Now see, um, that's acceptable because sometimes some deviation from the source material works if it depending on the format that you're using it so when i see things where like say for instance the mcu to where okay they're trying to adapt a lot of storylines from the comics not all of them going to be translated very easily like not word for word frame from frame it's not going to always be like that but as long as it makes sense in a movie format then i can't be i can't be too mad at it Um, exactly but the thing is the only thing i do like is the fact that they expanded the lore of knuckles the Echidna. because knuckles they did touch upon his origin story a bit in sonic adventure where they explain like the whole thing with the echidna race mm-hmm. however they didn't really necessarily explain how the chaos emeralds were created etc where the movie kind of touched upon that and how his risk race became extinct well in a way they kind of like, did uh, in sonic adventure where well, I'm sorry, you know uh, the echidnas became greedy i'm sorry where the echidnas became greedy and to the point where chaos came in as like a manifestation of the of the master emerald's anger and then pre- completely washed away the um the race but they didn't explain how knuckles came about with that one because how it originally happened in the sonic adventure series this came this took place years This took back years. Sorry about that. This took nah, this took place years before Knuckles was even created or thought mm. of. So I was curious as to how Knuckles, being the only member of his tribe, was able to like coexist when the Kindles was wiped out a long time ago. So yeah, it was just like an open-ended book, whereas this one gave us a little bit of closure to what really happened to the Echidnas in the cinematic universe sort of way. Yeah, see, that's kind of the thing. That's why another thing that I like, to where at least in a movie format, you have the breathing room to add an origin story to it. And the fact that, okay, if you're going to be uh, pulling from the source material then yeah like answering some questions that we had about maybe the comics or the games or other tv shows and whatnot uh to have that little bit of information and for it to be canon i'm just like okay yeah see that's why you can kind of appreciate some um live action adaptation of things because it as long as it adds on to the whole lore in a positive way in a way that makes sense now you mentioned chaos we're going to put a pin on that later but i have one final question for you as far as the movie uh you did mention about shadow coming in on the third film uh you said that you were 
hyped about it and believe me i'm trying to be hyped about it too but i'm also trying to manage my expectations because of this reason here the trilogy curse i talked to kokugasu and playboy biter and previously you know with spider-man 3 and some of the other um sequel you know trilogy um series where it's have like that third film is always like the worst one and i enjoyed spider-man 3 despite the uh the last minute add-on for venom because venom back in that in those times was a popular character within the spider-man series he still is but because of the fact that the creator of that film wasn't familiarized with venom but he was more into both characters like vulture and other stuff where the spider-man and the uh the older comics Mm -hmm. and not the newer versions where you have venom and a few other new characters that came in during the dark age of comics so i understand why fans were upset and especially that was like the that was like the final film with Tommy Maguire due to contract due to the whole issues with contracts I think and also Sony and um, no was it Sony that produced Tommy Maguire or it was like a completely different um, uh, I believe it was Sony because yeah. Sony had the right to Spider Man yeah they had disagreements with the um, the film director of that. Um, of the Tobey Maguire of the Tobey Maguire version, they had their differences, so it was clash and the um, creative differences, because Sony wanted to add it to add characters that they think would appeal to people, it, but the creator wanted to take uh, Spider-Man in ways that he was familiar with. Mm-hmm. With the vulture and a few other characters, so he was a fan of the, of the Spider-Man comics, but how he wanted to do things and how Sony wanted to do things was completely different. And you That's know, just with, how creative, with studios, exactly. You know, with creative differences happen, thus the project falls apart. I mean, um, I know you weren't on for Death of DCEU, but we did talk about what went down with Henry Cavill, and that's like a a fresh example of what happens when someone who actually do the homework, someone who's actually passionate about a project is butting heads with the studio that wants to make these changes that doesn't make the whole project very flattering. It's almost like they're trying to push an agenda versus uh, sticking to the source material and actually trying to uh, put out something that is a true love letter to the fans. So it just really shows how exactly, and it's just like Disney has in no shape or form. They understand this, despite them being greedy hogs themselves. They at least understand when it comes to the Marvel, to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, to let the creatives do their thing, do their research, so they can actually bring their characters to life on the big screen. Mm-hmm. So Disney knows when it comes to when it comes to movies and stuff like that to leave the creators be. So that way they can have a really good project. Yeah. They may have had some flops here and there in like in the 90s 
with Hercules and a few others, even though Hercules was a good film, like now these days, because it's considered a classic. But back in those times when it was came, when it came out with Hercules and Pocahontas, they didn't do really well in the box office compared to other movies like Lion King, um, Little Mermaid, and a few others. Yeah, it's kind of wild when you think about it, like how some films you would think would be like box office smashes, but nah, they kind of underperformed at first. But you have to once again, you gotta let let it grow on you, and then okay, it's alright. Exactly. But in this case, I believe because of the fact that the creative team knows what they're doing with the film mm-hmm. so far, and they have yet to disappoint. I don't think the uh, this film will suffer as much. It just may suffer because of the fact that Jim Carrey is no longer in the picture. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying with the trilogy curse, where it's like, that's already a bad sign right there. And on top of that, my main thing is, as much as I would like Shadow to be in the movies, I would have said, okay, push that to like, a fourth movie and let the third movie be uh, an adaptation to Sonic CD to where Sonic meets Amy but at the same time he also has to fight Metal Sonic and then bring in Shadow because what you're trying to do I think I thought that 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 was going to be the case but it was just like no we doing this because I'm guessing they're trying to appeal to the millennials and zoomers that grew up on <laughs> Shadow and Silver and not Metal Sonic. <laughs> I'm just like, bro, like it would have made so much more sense canically to where it's like, okay, bring in Metal Sonic first because he was like a major antagonist to Sonic before Shadow. And that's why I'm saying like, um, they kind of... That's just my main thing. Uh, I'm going to talk about Shadow more, um, more so when we get later on, because believe me, we're going to have to end up talking about Shadow and like all three of these parts, anyways. But my thing is, Shadow is a key player in these. That's no, no, hold on. That's just my thing, though. He is a key player, and I like Shadow. Um, But that's just my own thing. Like, just like I told. Kokugasu and Playboy, I just really wish they don't treat Shadow like, oh, um, he just like a cheap uh, cash grab to where, oh, we got a new Sonic project. Time to bring out Shadow again. And I was like, you know, sometimes a Sonic story doesn't necessarily need Shadow. Like, I feel like Shadow's the type of dude to where his character works best when his character has agency to the story. So in other words, you have to be very selective about how you use Shadow. And we're going to talk about that in Sonic Prime too, especially Sonic Prime. But all I'm saying is, like, you got to respect Shadow's character to where he don't just run around and do shit just for the hell of it. So don't just insert him in any project just because he's a popular character. Like, give him some agency at least. Yeah, which honestly, speaking of Sonic Prime... Honestly, in uh, Sonic Forces, Shadow originally kicked off the whole storyline of Sonic Forces, and they just threw him in DLC. And I'm just like, what's the point of doing that when he met the main baddie? Right He was actually the reason why the main baddie the way he was. (laughs) So it's just like, it made no sense. 
in that instance, Shadow should have been one of the key players in that game instead of Classic Sonic. That's why it kind of threw me off when you have um, when they created Sonic Mania and stuff like that because of the fact that they kept shoving Classic Sonic in our faces. I honestly didn't care for all the other retro games that they were coming out with the classic sonic because he's actually at this point he's no longer classic sonic if he's just popping in modern games well willy-nilly because according to sonic forces he's a sonic from a different dimension so he's not even what? classic anymore what? lord yeah so it's like is he really classic sonic or he's just a sonic from a different dimension or a retro Sonic, as you will. How are you gonna retcon Shadow's origin story like that? Like, okay, it's see, it's bad enough to where okay, they made it at very first. They made it sound okay. Dr. Robotnik created Shadow. All right, I'm cool with that. Especially after the whole Metal Sonic thing. I mean, I in a like, way, he did. It was no, more of um, Dr. Robotnik, Gerald Dr. Robotnik. So yeah. it's still a Robotnik that created him. Okay, he's a uh, grandfather. Uh, no, 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 not his grandfather. His father, because Maria is um, Gerald's granddaughter. So Gerald is Robotnik's father. Okay, got it, got it. I, I almost got confused a little bit, but mm-hmm. okay, okay. My thing is, okay, he inherited Shadow in a way from his yeah. father, and yeah. if that was the case. If they just left it alone right there, I would have accepted it. But no, they went I further think he's into it. It wasn't his father, it was his grandfather. I think that's what he said. Really? Yeah. It was his grandfather? Okay. His father or his grandfather, one of those. But it's still, he inherited Shadow. Okay. He didn't create him. <laughs> so I'm just sticking with grandfather. Fuck it. Um, but here's the whole thing it changes up when you played Shadow the Hedgehog game where oh not only did Gerald Robotnik help develop um Shadow he's also like half uh alien from the uh whatever they call themselves you know Black Doom and that alien race from another planet all that shit and it's like trying to complicate Shadow's origin story even more and now you're telling me oh he was a sonic um variant from another dimension like bro see this is exactly what i was no, talking no. about he's not a sonic variant classic sonic was a variant but supposedly no from another dimension okay okay my bad i thought you were talking about shadow being a uh sonic okay i'll probably be Shadow's so pissed off story never change it's just that they add a little bit of spice in his game with with Black Doom, which I have to point out, Black Doom is one of the worst Sonic villains I have ever seen. Agreed. <laughs> Not only the whole concept of him is kind of racist by referring to the black aliens and shit, because it's just like, why they gotta be black? They could have just been any other character. They could have been any other color in the in the Crayola box. No, why see, that's the main black? thing. Like they were so lazy to call what to call these aliens. It's like, oh, the black aliens, the um, black blah blah blah, blah and black all of this. And I was like, okay, um, I would have felt a lot better if y'all gave them a name. Like it's almost like um, Frieza, uh, Frieza's race. It's like, bro, like. It's been a while. Like, y'all didn't think of giving them, like, a race? Like, nope. a name? Freezer's his own race. 
So Frieza is uh is uh Frieza. <laughs> I guess. Like I'm but, I'm calling those uh I'm calling the frost lizards from uh that's the canical thing when I do the uh, Dragon Ball stream reviews. They're frost lizards because they're all named after icy things and they look like lizards. I'm calling them frost lizards. It it works. Yeah. But the thing is the reason why I call Black is like his name is lazy, just as you said. And not only yeah. that, he try throughout the whole story when when uh when you don't side with him, it's just like they're supposed to put it in a way to where Shadow's supposed to choose what he wants to do because it was a choice game with Shadow before you get to the final conclusion of the story, which wraps up everything. But during that though time frame when you create when you playing through alternate stories or whatever. When you don't join his side, Black Doom sounds like a disappointed parent that caught his kid coming home from me late late at night from a party. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Or a disappointed wife that caught their husband coming in the middle of the night is like, where you been? <laughs> why why won't you do why won't you do this for the black tribe? And it's just like Shadow's like, bitch, please. <laughs> it's like, what is gonna do where I would? I don't even know who you are. I got amnesia. like but when you do join his side i don't know to me he does this thing where similar to what the government to what um i don't want to say similar to what dr robot did after he found out about marie's death and they locked him up for insanity that he altered his um his data to pretty much go against the government black doom in a way was trying to coerce them into hating humans because oh look what these humans did to you and 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 your family they killed maria in front of you for crying out loud but the thing was despite maria getting killed off she always told shadow to not only be happy but instead of using your the gift that you were given for evil do it to help society that's how Shadow became a part of the um, the government, working side by side with Rouge, because Rouge is also working with the government. We're gonna put a pin on Rouge too. Yeah, definitely. Ah, uh, yeah, with Shadow. Mm. Even in that game, the, the way they trying to give you all these different play-by-plays on how Shadow's path was, where it's like, oh, Shadow was programmed to go against his masters, and oh, uh, apparently Shadow like is may might be an android, you know, like all those different clones of him, and it's like it might not even be the real Shadow. It's or we might be fucking around with like a really good-looking clone of him or android of him, and it's like, oh my god, y'all are overcomplicating a dude that was. <sighs> they try to make him super edgy. And there's some people that believe, like, yeah, he's an edgy character. It's like, in a way, yes and no. So, my man had pretty much witnessed his family or whatever fall apart in front of his eyes. Then the government decide, I'm going to put this bitch to sleep and lock him up. Because we don't know who that, what the hell he's capable of. Especially the fact that Gerald Robotnik could have altered his coding to pretty much do a mass genocide on us. 
So we don't want to risk him um, turning on us, but we can use him as like a weapon when we need him. So let's lock, let's just freeze him and put him in ice and hot and hide him in, and hide him in in a hidden government facility where nobody could find him. Too bad they don't yeah. know who Doctor Eggman is. He can just <laughs> hack into anything and just find it on his own, which he did. <laughs> it's like. The first movie did a very good job at explaining how Dr. Robot and it technically doesn't exist. It's like he just, his records, his birth certificates and all that shit just got wiped clean from government records. So it's like he just, uh, he's basically living off the grid, essentially. And I guess that's for the best. But that's kind of ironic for a dude that is so grandiose with his schemes and his robotics to where you see his fucking face like every like whenever he has like a fortress or the fucking arc, you know, when he uh, was operating in the moon and the fucking laser looking like his fucking face. And I was like, for a dude that wants like his whole identity untraceable he is making himself very obvious when it comes to some of his doomsday devices and all that shit it's almost like hey i'm right here come get me yeah Yeah, but the thing is dr eggman is that dude that where he yes he can pick himself the grip but at the same time he is he's an egotistical um genius and the game's and especially the comics. The comics, boy. If the way the games portray Eggman now these days as an idiot that just makes inventions that happen to flop. Whew. Dr. Eggman is like on another level in the comics. As you know, yes, he still has his egotistical personality still intact. And he may fail because obviously because of the fact that he's a, he's a villain. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. just have to fail in order for the hero to succeed. Even though at one IDW comic, the arc where pretty much Dr. Eggman created a fucking zombie apocalypse to where he had no choice. Because he did win against, against the heroes, believe it or not. It's just that the whatever... Um, um, specimen or whatever um, sample that he created and people that watch the IDW comics please let me know what it is because I completely forgot about it but I did read this art it was a sample that went wrong pretty much robotified everybody mm-hmm. all of his friends so- most of Sonic's friends and not all of them became, became zombies and it was just Sonic that had to save the day with the power to chaos of it and it and how it, how it affected everybody is like you have to get touched by it because it's pretty much a virus that turns people into to zombified robots. So in a way, Eggman did win, but it's just that because of the fact he didn't fully test out the uh, the sample. If he was to touch it, or if the robots were to turn against him and touch him he would have been zombified as well yeah so in a way he did win at some point so you know he is fucking a menace <laughs> yeah you know what on that note let's just go ahead and get into our next topic sonic prime 
another plot line to where did he win? We'll find out for sure. Uh, so Sonic Prime essentially uh, Sonic kind of got tricked into helping Eggman uh, discover the Paradox Prism and then because apparently Sonic has a hard time listening to his friends he end up inadvertently shattering the Paradox Prism uh, creating the Shatterverse and he had to go to these different um variants of universes whether it was the dystopian universe where Eggman wins he has the whole chaos council that conveniently look like him but from different age gaps I have a whole theory about how maybe they're uh, Eggman from different universes that got pulled together to form this council kind of like Kane the Conqueror but we'll see how that plays out um then you have the, the usual gang like Tails like my favorite variant so far is Nine because oh man he is a hardened badass in the dystopian Hell world yeah. yeah and he's what pretty much what Tails could have been if he never met Sonic it's, and exactly like when you see that episode when you meet it's like it, that's exactly how it played out it's like what if he never met Sonic there's your result right there but my thing is when it came to the Shadowverse to the Shadowverses, it displayed what could have happened if Sonic never exists. Remember, in all these Shadowverses, oh. because Sonic technically created the Shadowverse. Listen, listen. In a way. Listen. You also brought up another point. A point that I talked to Kokugasu and uh Playboy about Rusty Rose. Notice how Rusty Rose is uh, a cyborg, mostly mechanical. Notice how with her design, she almost looked like Metal Sonic. So, if you think canically speaking, uh, Sonic CD was supposed to be about Sonic meeting Amy, but being but Amy's being pursued by Metal Sonic. What if because Sonic never met Amy, there was no need to make Metal Sonic, but instead let's kidnap this girl and force her to become our cyborg assistant. Yes, but I also thought of Gamma as well because you remember the birdie thing that she has in her chest. Right. That was how Gamma then had had, it, had the birds. Each bird was like pretty much was their functionality to right. help them function and move around. So when Gamma malfunctioned, aka he just he just um in a way Amy corrupted his his um his code into making him have self more self-awareness and he noticed wait a minute i need to free these birds that's inside of us so he killed each he killed off each and every all of his siblings and then when it came to the final battle between him and his brother when he defeats his brother he goes hmm that's it i saved all the birds but wait a minute there's one left and he looks at himself and he's like oh shit that's right and that's how he self-destructed because <laughs> he had a bird inside of him too because <laughs> it's like you're going to get rid of all of them you might as well get rid of yourself as well yeah and people like the character so much that's how omega came about yes <laughs> yes like i i keep telling people in the sonic stream review i loved gamma story like that the fact that i wish they kind of brought gamma back just one more time not even like 
resurrect him and like okay he's now part of the gang but no just more like just put a animated or a live action adaptation in a way they did brought him back as son in sonic battle but that's like a yeah side. true i know but ah, that's like one of those games that's like underrated and just flew under the radar in my opinion to where i'm like it needs he needs like a silver screen appearance and then people will know yeah but be ready to have a box of tissues next to you <laughs> if you go to you know <laughs> where grandma was ever coming to the sonic cinematic universe the scu <laughs> i was like i'll be ready i was like oh get ready to cry <laughs> because gamma's one of those robots where it's like damn he's like he gives me android 16 vibes that's the main thing yeah like he's a it's like a a robot that has more humanity than humans. God damn. I, hold on. Let me pour me a drink. Hold on. <laughs> and speaking of which, speaking of Amy, Amy is considered one of the most passionate characters. Oh, and Sonic you definitely series. see that. And between yeah. Sonic Prime and Sonic Frontiers, you definitely see that. Right. And it's funny because of the fact that she's a compassionate character that pretty much brings all the characters together she's more like a cheerleader that helps the other characters push forward how she was the one that stopped silver from killing sonic she stopped shadow from it's instead of like you know shadow being in his feelings about like what i was supposed to do i thought i was supposed to do this and she was like yo shadow get it get it together if maria wants you to be happy and help this and help us actually succeed in this battle you would think AOC. it was Rouge because of the fact that Rouge was the one that was ha- hanging around with him to say the, the whole entire time, but no, it was Amy. <laughs> hey yo, check this out. I feel like Amy is one of those characters where she's never re- she's I don't really count her as a damsel in distress, no matter how many times she get kidnapped. In fact, I Not dare really. say, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hear me out. I dare say she's only a damsel in distress when the plot calls for it. But otherwise, her and that hammer, I was like, yeah, I think Amy can do damage on her own. It's just more like the plot demands that, oh, Sonic needs to save Amy just to move the plot along. Okay, whatever. But we know realistically Amy can hold her own. It's just that the plot 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 kind of forces her to be like, okay, there need to be a moment where Amy's kidnapped, Sonic need to save her, kind of force this relationship that they have to where, you know, Amy's in love with Sonic and Sonic got to act like, oh, uh, mm, care. love? What is that? Is that a fruit or something? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, bruh, you dealt but with no, freaking like, Sally, Sonic uh, Sally Acorn and shit like that. Like, bruh, you know what love is. You just want to be a playboy and just like, you know, I don't want to get tied down. And it's right. um, comic Sonic create created that pit that would pair mostly Amy because Amy and Sonic together because personality wise they are very much compatible compared to Sally Acorn and Sonic. Right. Fight me on that. <laughs> no, but I'm hold on. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's like you know, you 
you know Sonic's character is like he has super speed so I feel like that kind of bleeds into his personality it's like he's more about the fast life it's like he don't want to get tied down or slowed down and that includes women <laughs> apparently <laughs> I was like well damn Sonic that's how you feel but no like with Amy like she's way more and I don't like how with Sonic Adventure it kind of made her look like she was this lovesick puppy for Sonic but I was like in later adaptation you see way more characterization to where it's like Amy's not that two dimensional like that it's like Amy has more personality than that she's not just um that girl that just likes Sonic for some reason even though he's been a total dick to her like let's be honest like he's been a dick to his friends a lot that's why I kind of like the recent adaptations where sometimes you gotta realize that even though Sonic um like has loyalty to his friends and all that sometimes he is kind of a dick towards them like and you kind of see that in Sonic Prime and, yeah of course he was uh, the yeah. reason why the Shatterverse happened but yeah. the thing is, the reason why Amy is, is like that, that she is, has an attachment, a certain attachment to Sonic that others don't, which is actually, yeah, she has feelings for him, was because of the fact originally she was supposed to be, she was actually created to be Sonic's girlfriend in the first place. Not Sally Acorn, not these other bitches that, that they created to be with him, and definitely not, not freaking Elise from Sonic 06. No, no, no. Amy was specifically <laughs> designed to be compatible with Sonic. Take why Sonic, even though he doesn't want to be tied down, he still he still does have respect for Amy as a compatible partner in crime. <laughs> but however, and especially now that the IDW, the the I yeah, the IDW comics is putting more of not just Sonic and Tails doing all these badass adventures and shit. They got Amy, Amy tagging along with her hammer too. And Knuckles pops in here and there whenever he's oh, taking a break from the Master Emerald. You know it'd be bad. It'd be like, hey, Amy, we could be friends with benefits. I can see that because in a way, there's some creators that made Sonic in a relationship with Amy, but their marriage or whatever is in a DL because he doesn't want other other word to get out about his relationship because I don't know he doesn't want his family whatever to be threatened but his actuality is Sonic, you know, not trying to make his relationship public size. Yeah. <laughs> so I think like, that being a thing. She's not my girlfriend, but she is my girlfriend. Publicly, she's not. But in actuality, we are together. And if I say otherwise, this bitch has a hammer that's the, I have my name on it. So oh, that one meme <laughs> to where okay, she had the hammer and she was so mad she popped the hammer part off and replaced it with a mace. <laughs> yeah. But back to the point where I was gonna say about Amy. Yeah. Other than the fact that she's a compassionate character, but and all the shadow verses without Sonic, she pretty much becomes a cold-hearted person that's out for herself. Like you had the other verse where you had Rusty Rose, you had the other pirates one where pretty much she was tagging along with with Rouge in the game, but in actuality she was just there. Um, you also had the um, jungle, the jungle one. Where pretty much she kicked out Rouge and the others because of the fact that she was trying to protect the uh, the plants from dying. But in actuality, she just created a forest 
an uncontrollable forest with no sunlight and you know plants need sunlight to live if they don't have sunlight guess what it dies so in a way she thought she was protecting the the, the um the plants but in actuality she was killing it but she was so hell-bent on saving it that she lost sight of what on what was the purpose of the plants in the first place which they needed it to survive and she thought that Rouge and the others was trying to harm the plants but in actuality they was and they were wrong too because they were just taking and taking and taking and without ever giving giving anything back like contributing to anything and she was she saw that and she was like fuck that if y'all not gonna contribute to anything get the fuck out of my my um my lawn <laughs> pretty much hold on Suki I got a question for you now I got I got the same question Coco guys who asked me in the uh, second act uh, is this Sonic Prime or is this more like Tails and Amy Prime because it just seems like out of all the characters Tails and Amy are getting the most characterization out of the uh, bunch whereas like this time around I would say Knuckles and Rouge are the ones that's like just there just to be there yes I mean yes and no at the same time because Rouge and Knuckles I mean except in the dystopian world it's like okay they got a little bit more shine there but after that it's like okay no 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 let me take that back again uh Knuckles of Dread okay there's a little story behind that but then again Mm -hmm. I just felt like he became more greedy and lustful and just wanted things for himself whereas Rouge started a whole fucking rebel army what with um knuckles created in sonic forces which i thought that was out of character because of the fact that knuckles is a loner that doesn't really care about anything if it doesn't affect the master emerald so i'm just like and sonic forces failed to explain why knuckles became the commander of sonic forces i mean the the forces team in general Whereas Rouge had a purpose and she was holding the team down. So, and it made more sense because Rouge has more of the street smarts, whereas Knuckles really doesn't. He's a loner, thus him not being socially aware of his surroundings to the point where he gets manipulated by Eggman multiple times. I'm saying it's, it's the wrong type of leader to have Sonic Forces. See, <laughs> you need somebody a little bit more savvy. And what like, I was telling with Kokugatsu and, and Playboy is that <laughs> I don't think Knuckles was ever stupid. It's just that he just being susceptible to being tricked. He's gullible. Uh, yeah, he just kind of And goes. to me, when Sonic Forces made Knuckles the commander, I think that was a little bit off-putting because if you have a gullible person running running the team is not the fact that he's stupid but the fact he can get his team into into sticky situations and lord and behold you hear later on the story that there's some people that died during the fight and it's just like knuckles you running this team (laughs) what is going on buddy (laughs) whereas rouge because of the fact that she's more street smart she has more street smarts and she's more clever than knuckles it's more fitting that she would lead the rebels Whereas Knuckles was more the the bronze of the operation, whereas he's a muscle. Gotcha. Yeah, that would make more sense than that. Yeah, Sonic Prime actually fixed that. So it's like, thank you, Sonic Prime, for that. Yeah. But the reason why Tails and Amy played a significant role in each of these 
these universes is because of the fact that Sonic made an impact on them the most. Mm. That's why Amy became cold-hearted and selfish and selfish and Tails became more of a loner in his own regard because if he never met Sonic, there's no purpose of him wanting to be friends with people because he has his smarts and his he has his wits and stuff like that so he can make gadgets to get himself out of any situation. Whereas you have Amy because of the fact that she doesn't have Sonic to like tag along with and stuff like that or have somebody to admire she just does her own thing and it's not so that's why they play a play a part whereas Knuckles and Rouge yes Sonic did play a major role in their lives too but not as impactful compared to Son- to Tails and Amy that's yeah. why in all the other universes they were good like they didn't need Sonic like <laughs> 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 got one that started a revolution and he was a fuck and the other one was the king of the fucking pirates it handled me Sonic <laughs> <laughs> all right all right uh one last question on sonic prime uh let's go ahead and circle back to the whole shadow thing and i'm going to talk about shadow a little bit more later but let's talk about shadow and sonic prime now how this dude okay let me get this straight so back when Eggman was just looking for the Paradox Prism and Sonic got tricked into uh, creating this crevice that revealed the Paradox Prism and Shadow noticed this and I was like oh god this must have something to do with Sonic so when Sonic and the team was going to investigate uh, the team thought Sonic was going to beat them there but in actuality Sonic got intercepted by Shadow and Shadow was like, I know you're up to something. <laughs> and then Sonic was like, okay, Shadow, like I, I can't do this right now. Uh, I gotta go handle something. So Sonic went on his way. Uh, then the whole Paradox Prism got shattered. And before that happened, Shadow was like right there um, seeing it happen. And then he was like, okay, Chaos Control. And then keep in mind, he did pick up um, Chaos Emerald before the whole thing went down so that's how he was able to do it uh then next thing you know shadow was in between the shadow birds trying to guide sonic to a degree and then next thing you know at the series finale well not series finale season finale that last part when sonic was uh in between dimensions again but this time he was fighting shadow again and the shadow was like it's all your fault and that's why i'm like see this is my thing i like shadow and rouge but the mere fact that they were in green hills to where once again they're trying to mesh the uh old school uh nostalgia with the new meta to where I don't think Shadow and Rouge ever lived in Green Hills before. Like, I'm definitely not Shadow, but Rouge? I doubt that. I don't know. I might have to look into that. So that's why I'm just saying, like... No, not really. It's because of the fact that uh, Green Hills is now associated with Sonic, where it's become more of a staple. That's why they're making Green Hills more of a thing. 
Yeah. And due to the fact that, yes, Rouge and um, Shadow originally did not come from Green Hills. However, because of the fact that they added more Sonic characters into the lore, it pretty much they're just characters. You could just put them in any scenario. As long as they personalize intact, it's whatever. It's fair game. Mm. However, Shadow, Shadow pretty much knew what Sonic was up to before yeah. Sonic even did anything. And it's because of the fact that Shadow, again, I don't, I don't know if they're going to integrate this into the uh, Sonic Prime, but Shadow works for the government to where his job is to freaking much, pretty much do some governmental spying if any case if any shit pops off. He may be a loner that does his own thing, but Shadow is more clever than Sonic in a way. They make him seem like he's he's this emo type of character, but in actuality, he's more getting shit done than Sonic ever Now, hold on. I like how you said that because the fact that with Shadow working for the government and all that shit, I'm thinking if Team Sonic is like the Avengers, I guess you can say, I want to say it would make more sense for Team Shadow, you know, Shadow, Rouge, Omega, maybe a few more other people uh they would be like the thunderbolts in this situation to where yes. you only call on them for uh specific objectives and all that shit you don't just throw them in just anywhere they gotta like i said they gotta have agency and with rouge in the dystopian universe okay she did definitely have agency there but I'm just saying in general, it's like, don't just be throwing characters in just because, oh, they're popular. Uh, because, bro, like, look, I've seen the fan art. I've seen the fan art. I know oh, how much y'all like Shadow. I know, I know how much y'all like Rouge. I get it, but come on. I feel as though like, Rouge doesn't seem more fan servicey the way she was interpreted when she first came out because of the jugs. They actually took the shit out so she no longer has cleavage to, you know, distract people. They actually show more of Rouge's personality, which I love in, per- in Sonic Prime, to be honest with you, because Rouge is not just a pretty face. She actually knows how to get a- to maneuver her way around in situations. It showed and when they showed a dystopian universe where Amy took over and the other one where Amy pretty much went rogue and kicked everybody out in the jungle where she was the one that's holding them down but the issue is they couldn't they couldn't they could there was no match for Amy and Birdie which was a big ass giant bird in that universe so Sonic was was the one that was that was helping them out through those situations however during the time when Sonic wasn't around Rouge, in a way, made sure that her team was good mm-hmm. by at least finding some ways for them to maneuver around to get whatever resources they need before getting back into the base. So Rouge led two teams <laughs> and was successful at it. <laughs> <laughs> whereas, no, whereas, uh, you know, Sonic Forces could learn a lot from that. To say, FYI. <laughs> but anyways, um, Shadow, in this case, yes, they threw him in for his fan service. But in a way, if Shadow didn't interfere with the whole prison, with the whole, if Shadow did interfere with the prison thing, honestly, there would be no Sonic Prime. 
Because Shadow would have stopped Eggman in his tracks and called it a day. But that's if he felt like it. But in this case, because of the fact that, in fact, it um, affected the entire universe, yeah, that shit would have been a one-done thing. That's why they don't really let Shadow interfere with stuff. Because Sonic is going to drag it out, where Shadow is just like, no, we need to get this done right then and there. It's, it's like pretty much like Trunks and Goku, for example. Future Trunks and Goku. Yeah. Future Trunks, if you played Kakarot, especially the DLC to where you play as Future Trunks and you're limited to a certain amount of things because in that universe, it's supposed to be like a survival-based universe to where all the characters, them, all the main characters dead, including Goku. So you pretty much have to play as Trunks to... Um, survive in that case mm. Trunks after the Android arc they put him in the Boo Saga and pretty much all the shit that happened with all the the different variations of Boo and stuff like that that happened during the Peace Era with Goku and them mm. and T- Trunks' timeline Boo didn't even get a chance to hatch <laughs> he freaking killed Boo before he had a chance to even pop out of the egg and he beat the boars and freaking Bobby's ass <laughs> Supreme Kai died which and Super's, in Super's case because of the fact that Supreme Kai is attached to um, the god of destruction Beerus Beerus is also dead yeah that's why Beerus when they brought back um the future trunk art for the Goku Black one. Beerus was pissed off at freaking um at at uh, Supreme Kai because of the fact that he put himself in the line, and because of the fact that Beerus was asleep during that time frame, he would have died in his sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Trunks during that time of that time was sharpening his skills. To pretty much whatever there was a threat that happening he was the quick let me get this shit done before it escalates whereas Goku would drag it out because of the fact that he wants a good fight now flip that and put that same scenario with, Chat, with Shadow and Sonic I Sonic like how you actually- did this because the main thing I like to do with the Sonic Extreme review with Kokugasu is compare the parallels between Dragon Ball and Sonic the Hedgehog and I didn't even have to prompt that honestly mm-hmm. in a way Sonic did gain some inspiration from the Dragon Ball series hence why you got Super Sonic and also you have Silver well, which Silver is pretty much a Hedgehog version of Future Trunks well, that's the thing. When I did the first part of the Sonic Extreme review, I did it like this. I gave them a pop quiz. What came first, Super Saiyan or Super Sonic? Technically, on a conceptual level, Super Sonic came first. But design-wise, Super Saiyan came a year after the Super Sonic concept uh, was had surfaced. And then it was in 1993. Okay, keep in mind, 1991, Super Sonic was coined. 1992, Super Saiyan was finished um, design-wise. 1993, that's when Super Sonic was finalized as the uh, design. So it's more like the chicken and the egg kind of thing. Like, what really came first in that situation? Mm, actually, Dragon Ball, along with the Dragon Ball Z concept in Japan, came out first. So. Mm that's why 
<laughs> it's like Sa- Sega in a way took some inspiration from Dragon Ball and then it translated in the 1990s series just saying okay uh, that's why it's a, it's a good um, comparison to where just like Sonic would drag stuff out with his cocky arrogant personality whereas Shadow despite him also being cocky and arrogant at least he knows how to get shit done and wouldn't let shit drag out. He's like, okay, we got this threat, time to kill it, go about your business. If Shadow would have been in the loop, again, Sonic Prime would not be a thing. That's why they kept Shadow in the dark. And pretty much Sonic being arrogant, thinking like, oh, so Shadow just wants to fight me just because he feels as though he's superior to me, even though we're equal in, in beats. But in actuality, Shadow was just trying to stop him the whole entire time from creating the um, the parallel universes. But that did not work out well. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, I was trying to think. Was there something else? But I pretty much covered everything in all the previous parts and up to now. So, um, uh, I guess if nothing else. Let's go ahead and transition over to Sonic Frontiers. But as a good segue, let me just say that on one hand, it's almost a shame that, okay, you know about the DLC coming for um, Sonic Frontiers where they're trying to add Tails, Knuckles, and Amy as playable characters. Uh, they made a article I think long before Sonic Frontiers was launched to confirm that no Shadow's not going to be in the game and on one hand you would think okay kind of disappointed but after playing the game I can almost understand why because like we just discussed in Sonic Prime do you know how busted that would be to have Shadow's abilities um, with that combat system that um, Sonic Frontiers have I was like Yo, like playing Sonic Frontiers would be nothing playing as Shadow. So I kind of understand why they did that, though. But what's your feelings on that? What do you mean? Like Shadow not being part of the game. Like, do you think it would would that be a it good makes, move or yeah? It makes more sense. Well, mm, so- Shadow had no purpose in Sonic Frontiers. So if he were to be added, he would just be like a, a a character clone of Sonic because of the speed mechanics and stuff like that. Right. Same as he was with Sonic Forces. He was just uh he was just a clone to Sonic with the speed mechanics and stuff like that. After you beat certain levels, you could play Shadow. He's like not only you play the DLC, but if you had like the add-on for Shadow, after you beat each level you can replay them as Shadow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but see. Oh, mm-hmm. I was just going to add on saying that. See, at least with Tails, Knuckles, and Amy, they're the way they are built to where they add something that's like a different style aside from Sonic. So it's like almost like you can definitely tell that it's going to be like a different and creative uh way of using their techniques and building up their skill tree if they have their own skill tree um 
but with Shadow, it would be like, yeah, it would be kind of like a Sonic clone, but except he might have time control abilities, and that'll make it like a little bit more broken and like not as challenging anymore. So that's why they nerfed him down to be just a just a Shadow, just a Sonic clone, because his abilities, especially when they showcase in, in his own game, he had he had Chaos Blast, he had Chaos Spear. Yeah. He had a list of abilities that was chaos related that made him a superior Sonic. Yeah. But I wished in Sonic 06 when he took off the his rings, because his rings was pretty much enhancers. Well not enhancers, but when he takes them off, it pretty much unleashes his full power. I wish inhibitors, they more Yes, they're inhibitors. I wish to explore more of what those rings do because when he took them off and he was just pretty much using his full power, I wish they expanded on that a little bit more because hey, Shadow is a mysterious character. Right. Shadow is a mysterious character. So there's still a lot of stuff that we don't know about him. And because of the stuff, the fact that he doesn't have a lot of screen time compared to the other characters, because of the fact that he's always to himself, it gives us more time to actually explore to get to know the characters but unfortunately due to sega as of right now i'm still struggling and making multiple characters playable because the person that originally worked on the adventure series dipped out and he had the assets and the coding for all the characters to be playable in their own way and when he did yeah. <laughs> he, oh, so you're saying that he's the one that walked out with the lightning in the bottle. Yep. <laughs> it's like him making a ca- making food for everybody, but after everybody had their dishes or whatever, whatever still left over, he just took it with him. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna get a doggy bag and just head out now. Not even. He took the whole fucking tray and dipped. so sega was like what the fuck and it was just left with all this stuff and with nothing to you know build up off of so they so all the boost mechanics and stuff is sega completely started from scratch Mm -hmm. because again the original guy had the momentum mechanics and stuff like that down pat but now that he's no longer with the team they have to figure out how to push out another sonic game about it that's why they was exploring different playstyles and stuff like that with Sonic Heroes and a few other games. Just to find a perfect blend. And and boost mechanics is good. But Sonic Frontiers in a way did explore what Sonic could be in future titles. Which is a perfect mix of boost mechanics and momentum mechanics. Right. And just put them together. Which is what fans have been screaming at them to do. <laughs> See, that's the thing. When I played Sonic Frontiers, I was like, "Bro, this feels like um back. It's almost like how can I put this? It's like the ending of Ratatouille. You know that one guy uh where it's like that one critic guy to where he eat the food and it was like he was getting a blast from the past, like he was a kid again, like for a brief yeah. moment. That's what I felt like playing Sonic Frontier to where it's like it was like playing the old school like not even just the old school games like uh Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, on like uh Sega Genesis or whatnot. 
not just those but sonic adventure 2 it was almost like a very good blend of all the games it was like sonic frontiers was like almost a good hybrid of all the different games that we played because they had like 2d uh, maps they had 3d maps obviously and it was like they were trying to incorporate so much into one thing to where it's almost like old school meets new school and you're kind of digging it and it's like it was like a perfectly good blend too it's like almost like they're going back to formula but they improving the formula at the same time so that's why i would say that with sonic frontiers like you're definitely going into the right direction now like sonic forces that was definitely a stumble a, a very noticeable stumble but with sonic frontiers okay um good recovery like let's learn from this and hit the ground running Exactly, and then people were complaining about how the get the game mechanics were choppy and all that stuff. And it's just like, bruh, this is their first time actually putting Sonic in a legit open world. The other games, they just have them in hub worlds, going from point A to point B. Whereas this one gave you full range to actually run around at Sonic now, while on. doing the other levels. Now hold on, Suki, hold on. Like, here's my thing. If you're complaining about the lack of open world back when you were playing Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, I don't want to hear you complain about Sonic Frontiers. Like, in fair, in all fairness, they, that was a massive improvement compared to Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. So, if you were bitching about not enough open world in this game, and then now, like, what? 20 years later, you're done talking about, oh, well, I don't think Sonic was meant to be an open world game. What the fuck? Yeah, some fans could be really picky, but it's just like at the end of the day, I see that as Sega going in the right direction. I would like to see what they do with the DLC that's coming out, where they made Sage along with the main the main three um, cast with Amy, I mean Amy, Knuckles, and Tails being playable as well. I want to see what they do with them, and they're supposed to be adding more story to it. So I am curious to see how this goes and if it goes well in terms of like the DLC. Hopefully in the future they can actually make it more main story worthy to where more characters can be playable other than just Sonic speeding through levels or Shadow if you got a DLC pack. Right. But in terms of like story, it was extremely short, which obviously Sonic games are short. Yeah. What you're doing. However, if you're a completionist, like, oh, you're gonna be there for a minute. Mm-hmm. Because of how they made the the levels, how they made the mini games, the mini games and all the other stuff is easy. But it's mainly the levels of how they designed it and how you have to do stuff under a minute, along with collecting stuff and all that other shit. Like uh I was telling Playboy it was like, bro listen you gotta <laughs> you gotta fight these enemies in order to collect these gears so that way you can go into these portals and get these vault keys so that way you can get these chaos emeralds so you can solve this puzzle so you can no. defeat this titan and go to another map and repeat that whole shit i'm gonna again. stop you right there you really don't have to go through all that <laughs> you really think about it you know all you got to do is find out where the the hidden um, big levels is. 
and literally farm the hell out of that. Okay. And just you just speed through everything. Okay. You you could go through some bo- bosses or whatever, but really all you gotta do is find the big areas, which I was doing. That's how I was able to just break through the game within a few within a few days. <laughs> was big funny despite thing, him being a side character, he is the goat in this one. <laughs> it's a funny thing too. It's like I could have been finished the game. It's just you know between work schedule and all that. It's like no, that's ah, another thing. Ah, yeah, it's understandable. Yeah, it's like it's just do I have enough time to play? That's just the main thing. Um, but I only imagine like it's gonna take what. 24 maybe 30 hours total just to be the story and then like if i'm not trying to be a completionist i'll be done by um the end of the week but mm, you know things happen and you know i got other reviews to get prepared for so that's why i'm kind of taking my time but hey like i said in act three i'm going to do a solo segment on sonic frontiers uh it will be like a separate um episode so you'll get my up to speed feelings on Sign of Frontiers like I'm still experiencing the game right now so oh, you won't so get I shouldn't up. spoil anything <laughs> no no I don't care I, I really don't care if you spoil anything I don't care it's just more like uh you'll get my raw feelings on the whole frontier because i might have a whole different tangent about Sonic frontiers once i'm finished but by all means if you want to talk about the story go ahead yeah the story itself is pretty decent especially mm-hmm. when you especially the character sage which sage to me feels more like bell for the idw comics Mm-hmm. but a darker version of her because how in the, in the idw comics eggman did have a daughter named bell but it was during the time frame of after the zombie apocalypse happened and sonic and friends saved the day or saved saved the world and um from metal from uh dr eggman's schemes or whatever including metal sonic eggman had amnesia and became the tinker which he was create where he moved to like uh, off the grid town where everybody was friendly and and how to do and then during that time frame he created a robot daughter that's pretty much sage in a nutshell (laughs) however sage is created a little bit differently and she was created not only to hate to hate sonic like like you know it's like you one. know but also she was like more of a dog daughter figure but they made her more anime s compared to bill as bell was more like uh uh how do, it's like sir i think it's scotland or some other people where they dress like a certain way and stuff like that and she was more of like a friendly sort of like we're on bad whereas sage was the opposite bruh like okay that explains why Sage had a odd level of fondness towards Eggman when I first saw their like their first interaction with each other. It was like, oh well, my prime objective is to keep you safe. And I was like, wait, why? And I was like, oh, you know what? That would make a lot of sense now. Yeah, that's um Eggman's robotic daughter. Okay. <laughs> oh, ooh. yo, like. I don't know if it was you I'll, I'll be really happy if it was you but 
this is what I was talking about with like uh, kind of like Big O to agree. I mean, I know Roger Smith wasn't Dorothy's creator, but you know the story behind Dorothy, uh, where she was created by this dude, and there was a whole story behind that and all that shit. And I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I like that kind of thing. I don't know why. I just do. Yeah, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna review Big O definitely. Like it's it's coming. Just all Big O. I haven't watched much. It's, it's like I did, but just like I vaguely remember it. I don't know if they still have it on. I don't have. I don't know if they have it on Crunchyroll or whatever. But I could binge watch it to see what's up with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna go more into depth with the for the frontier story because I do want you to experience it. However. Okay. Sonic is Sonic and Friends is trapped in a cybernetic world, and Sonic pretty much has to go in and help his friends get out of cybernetic limbo. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah you know what? Just for that, because Playboy gave me the same courtesy. It was like, oh, hey, hey man, like if you didn't finish the on um, game, then I'm not going to spoil anything. I was like, you know what? All right, all right, I'm going to finish the story and see what y'all talking about. I'm going to get there. <laughs> Like I did spoil the connection between Eggman and Sage. Again, but... don't care. Like it's all good. Like I, I just figured like they got to be like some sort of connection. Like really, what really spoiled it for me was when I saw fan art of Eggman and Sage together, and I was like, they got to be like some sort of connection to where why they would just be like chilling together. So I was like, okay, um, what kind of what what kind of deal they got between each other? Like, is it, is it like a partnership or whatever and then when you say that i was like oh they're going deep with this one okay yeah and i think they're taking some parts because the creator for the writer for the idw comics is also making the game mm. for it. he did write the write the write the uh the plot for the game so there's gonna be some hints towards the comics that's gonna bleed into the games Especially now he's gonna be writing and writing uh lore for future games. Oh yeah. That reminds me. You remember when I said we we're gonna put a pin on uh, chaos? You like how in some of these side stories to where you see the Coco and they have like these avatar forms that look just like fucking chaos. Oh yeah. Because Chaos is a really decent character. He didn't really say much, but he did leave a mark to where he pretty much was the origin story of the Master Emerald. And how the Master Emerald came a lot. So so it made sense that they'll have Chaos. See, and that's my thing. The the fact that if you're going to include the Master Emerald, that's why I was so disappointed by Sonic 2 almost. That's why I kind of gave it a 3.5. Like, I didn't say anything to Koki Guys or Playboy, but that's honestly like the low-key gripe that I had to where if you're going to include the Master Emerald, at least include Chaos 2 because that whole storyline in Sonic Adventure 1, I felt like that was like the best way to include Chaos if you're going to do the Master Emerald and collecting all the Chaos Emeralds and blah 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 but uh, not only are did you gloss past that storyline but also you're going straight into shadow so i'm like yep it's not happening damn it it's not yeah, happening. Which, Shit. <laughs> which pretty much chaos is pretty much the omega shenron not um mega shenron i think yeah from um, omega GT. Yeah. no no gt shenron 
where the the the, the dragon balls became negative mm-hmm. and they also, they also you have all these other dragons including the major baddie that was like the seventh dragon yeah yeah chaos is pretty much that but different <laughs> he didn't yeah. talk he didn't talk the only thing was is that each time he was fed an emerald he got more and more powerful to the point where he became unstable and eggman had another choice but had sonic come in to save the day hey yo can i throw another dragon ball reference at you sure. uh, you like how in sonic adventure one how dr robotnik called chaos a god of destruction <laughs> and that was happening before super was a thing <laughs> yes that's what i'm saying like the see here's the thing even if you say that okay super saiyan became came before super sonic um that's what i'm saying it's like it's almost like you know that they kind of looking at each other's um working and it's like i like what you did there it's like i like what you did there too <laughs> pretty fucking much they was pretty much taking notes from each other yeah and it was like it's all good because we just take notes from each other and we both gong it like, and it's good about it, it, you know? Yeah. That's the whole point of creativity. You see what yeah. you like, and you just take that thing and just make it your own. Exactly. Or how you do it, you making it completely different. You're not making it completely different, you just put your own spin to no. it. No, no, no. Honda, like, if you've seen Honda-kun, the anime, like, that, to- that told me on uh, one thing, like, it said it the best, to where there was this dude that was trying to imitate Honda because, you know, Honda being a uh, popular calligrapher. Honda told the uh, imposter if you're going to copy off the original be better so in other words mm-hmm. like just like how with star wars how star wars was inspired by kurosawa films and george lucas was like hey yo i got an idea let's pretty much put some of that and just put my own spin on it and then look how successful it got on star wars well i know there's some criticism with star wars now i know i get it but how it yeah, started. but the thing is, it's overshadowed by the uh, the the Disney Plus series that that it has. Yeah, yeah. So, it's still pretty good in its own way, even though yes. Mandalorian is my favorite. And I'm not yes. even a mega fan of the Star Wars series. I used Same to collect here, the merch. Like, I used I'm to collect the merch growing up, but I never really understood the lore with Star Wars. Star Wars. So the Mandalorian is my first taste of it. To be honest with you. <laughs> I, I don't blame you because honestly it's like I honestly didn't even really watch the movies until like way late like in my 20s uh like I want to say early 20s uh where I was like okay no 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 let me take that back mid 20s because I was like okay the movies had been pretty much spoiled for me so I don't feel like really watching the movies but then you had things like Rogue One and Solo coming out and I was like you know what fine I'm gonna watch the movies before episode 7, 8, and 9 come out and then it's almost like I kind of fell in love with the spirit of things like I understand I love the concept of Star Wars but the execution especially after uh, Force Awakens, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker I'm like okay now I feel like I jumped into this franchise way too late to where if I jumped in before all this happened, I might have felt the same way as these Star Wars fans out here right now. But 
I was like one of those outsiders looking in and I was like okay let me see what they're talking about <laughs> but yeah uh, aside from all that shit my point being yeah like when you see something you like you wanna kind of replicate it but put your own signature on it so it's like right. say for instance you like playing D&D you know like when you're a dungeon master you keep weaving all these stories eventually it's gonna translate into becoming a writer to create your own stories because almost like being a writer and being a dungeon master is almost the same thing almost like because the way it feels is like okay you're pretty much weaving the story whether you're improvising it or you have it predetermined so it's like same thing with writing it's where you could have an idea of where you're doing or you can just be typing whatever that's on your mind and just let it like free flow and all that shit so that's why I'm saying like sometimes it's okay to admit that some of the works that you did was inspired by something else but at least put your signature on it so it looks like okay at least you kind of made it your own thing like right. I understand sometimes you want to take like a like the MCU for instance <sighs> a lot of people are griping about how a lot of stuff wasn't uh, faithful to the source material hell that's a lot of things when you think about it but it's like okay on one hand it's understandable that you want to make it as faithful to the source material to appease the fans but at the same time i guess i can't gripe too hard about it because at least they're trying to put their own signature on it but as long as the execution kind of justifies it you know what i mean so sometimes it works sometimes it don't but ultimately I can't appreciate how if you're gonna take something you like and make it your own mm-hmm. yeah well yeah Sonic Frontiers is a fun is a fun game yeah. definitely continue playing the game more because you're gonna like it despite the mini spoilers that I put in but story wise it's decent it does it does what it needs to do and especially I like the bosses in the game and how you know and especially when you go to upgrades oof. also if you want to get oh, through the story quickly the if you want to get through the story more quickly yeah big is your friend <laughs> big is yes. your friend I'm just letting yes. you know that right now <laughs> alright alright uh, was there anything else about Sonic for two time to talk Huh? Other Funny. than yeah, it, because again, I would like to add that despite big being because I could say this big despite being more of a cameo after Sonic Adventure mm-hmm. and being like more on Team Rose and Team Cream side because he's more of this fluffy big guy that's friends with Amy and Cream. Right. However, in this one. You're gonna love him. <laughs> You're gonna love him. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, give Big some justice because I know he's like that fluffy, 
big lovable cat that's like all he wants to do is just fish with his uh, pet frog froggy but I'm like okay big is someone that definitely deserves a little bit more agency in the franchise and if you're saying that okay you gonna, I'm gonna love big alright I'm gonna see I'm gonna see for myself yep Oh, uh, Big also being involved in Sonic Prime. I like that. Right. Yeah, he had also like a cameo appearance as well. He didn't really do much significant to me, but he was just there. Yeah. Like, he's just like, hi, Sonic. Uh, <laughs> and then he's like with the other people. He's just like, he just wanted to loaf. He just wanted to live a normal life. Whereas yeah. all the other dystopian like uh, worlds that he was in. He was just there. It was either he was trying to get out of trouble or he was just paired up with Rouge and the others with their shenanigans. See, <laughs> that's my thing. I feel like Big is the perfect comic relief. He's the comic relief, but without really trying to be the comic relief, it's more like he's not even being forced into the story, but he is around. So it's almost like, okay, there's some lightheartedness because Big's there. So, okay, I kind of expect it to be like a little funny uh, to some degree, not too serious. So, yeah, I can expect a little chuckle here and there. Yeah. Yeah, especially with the, hey, Sonic, each time you see <laughs> Hey, Sonic. Each time he keeps running back and forth. <laughs> Sonic would come back and like, oh, hey, Big, how's it going? It's like, no, I'm just hanging out with Froggy. Like it's funny because it's almost like I can't I can kinda sound like big when I want to. Froggy (laughs) Even though it's Sonic Adventure 2, I like the way they did like the dancing animation or whatever. Either they did dance it's like certain games they had cameo periods of Biggie was doing a dancing animation. He does in Sonic Adventure 1. Or they just have him just standing there. Either fishing, <laughs> God knows what, where, or he's just there. Just staring at you with his, with his pupils, just staring into your soul. <laughs> but other than that, Big is a good character. He does, he's not a part of the main plot. However, when you do find him, again, you're going to appreciate Big a little bit more. <laughs> it's like he's like... And endearing. <sighs> he's just endearing. That's how I can put it. It's like he's a lovable ope. There it is. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty much how you could summarize it. Yeah. Uh, was there anything else about Frontiers Prime or the movie that I want to talk about? Uh, okay. Random, but one last thing, I swear to God. And I know I talked to Koki Gatsu and Playboy about this too, but I swear to God, this was like the most unnatural thing in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Eggman's assistant, Stone. The fact that love Eggman. Him. Huh? <laughs> I love him. He's now, my favorite on. character. <laughs> now hold on. My whole thing with the, with Stone. The fact that this dude was acting so thirsty for his boss, like looking at oh what i wonder what my boss will look like in this outfit and he like stone on his own i guess i can't hate but i almost find it weird like i kind of do find it weird that 
he seemed so enthusiastic to work with Eggman, even though in the first movie, Eggman was a total dick to him. Yeah, I mean, he's a minion. And what does minions do? They take the shit from their bosses and they continue showing devoted loyalty despite, you know, (sighs) them being ain't shit. But I think, honestly, in my opinion, and this is the ya- this is the Yowie girl coming out of me oh that Lord. really likes Yowie content. I think he was smashing Eggman on the low. That's why he's been so enthusiastic, willing to make no, him no, 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 no. Shit. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. for that. Um, um, Fujoshi. Like I know a friend that's like a Fujoshi too. Yeah, I am a Fujoshi. Fujoshi. <laughs> Mine popped out immediately when I see Stone. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, Eggman is smashing him on the low and and Eggman is treating him more like uh, friends with benefits on the so DL Eggman, sort of thing. Stone. Gotcha. Yep. That's why he's so enthusiastic <laughs> to make him coffee to the point where when him and Stone separated in two, he kept making faces with Eggman on it. <laughs> Including his mustache. Just saying. Just saying. Hold on, I'm trying to think of this one song. Um, it's on the tip of my tongue. Hold on. Uh, for a for a moment like this, some people wait a lifetime. For a moment like this. That was his view. That was him. The moment he saw Eggman come back in, it was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to think, what was that song again? What was that Kelly Clarkson song that I like? Oh <laughs> uh, wait. But uh, yeah, it was like, I I guess, mm, I guess. But um, Suki, was there anything else you want to discuss about the movie? The Sonic Prime or Sonic Frontiers. Yeah. I pretty much covered everything because it's like I like the movie. I like the the SCU because of how they explore the characters in their own way to make a more general audience fl- um, friendly. Mm-hmm. And also when it came to Sonic Prime, it showed Sonic how to appreciate his friends more. Otherwise, you know, the um the shadow universes will show him what happened if you know if he's not around and that you know he needs his friends just as much as they need him and the fact that nobody remembered him because you know he's in a different universe so they can they're entirely completely different people they they just have faces similar to people that he's familiar with gotcha. but it showed sonic how much he needs his friends just like they need him so it's like a a balance and it's completely and i like the way it's completely different from the games to where they don't treat it as like oh they're just as cheerleaders while sonic is going doing some badass missions or whatever No, no 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 the games need to incorporate more that you know as a team it's not just sonic Sonic time, or as in GT, GT's case, Goku time. Yeah. Without his friends, Sonic is pretty much just Sonic. He's nothing without his friends. But at the same time, his friends 
it do need Sonic in a way because without Sonic turning supersonic or anything like that, just as dystopian worlds has shown, things could get pretty pretty chaotic, especially the one where the Eggman's took over. Mm. Which I gotta say, the baby <laughs> is a fucking menace. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's yo, like you don't know what he's saying, boy. It's like, even the other Eggmans were like, damn, like, I know I'm evil, but shit. Exactly. That baby was just popping off throughout the whole series. <laughs> I don't want to piss off that guy. <laughs> and the thing is, Sonic wasn't trying to fight him because he's just like, you're a baby. I don't I don't want to give you hands. But it's just like... You better just... take me seriously. <laughs> exactly. And Sonic was like, all right, you want these hands? Come get it. He's like, ba- babies can get it too. <laughs> these hands are ready to eat for everyone. <laughs> Pretty much. But there's that. And then Sonic Frontiers... I do definitely do you want you do want you to enjoy the game. But when that DLC come out, I cannot wait to see what they do with the other characters because it's the first time since Heroes, since Avengers, yeah. since the Avengers series that we had oh yeah, and and since Sonic 06 that we had multiple different playable characters. They may be DLC, but who knows what could be in store for the Sonic titles in the near future. Yeah. But, yeah. Whether we just gonna have just Sonic going off to do adventures, or we're gonna have Sonic and friends doing multiple missions to stop Eggman. Who knows? Yeah. Like, see, that's that's kind of funny thing. It's like lately, some folks have been dreading the idea of how oh, all these games requiring DLC later on. It's like why? Well, I want to buy the game now when it's like practically incomplete. When I'm just like, ah, I kind of get that, but on the other hand, I'm just like, ah, I'm not gonna gripe too much about DLC. It's like it is what it is. Like sometimes, um, they need to get the game out there, and if it's not truly complete, then I'm just like, I, I kind of get it because crunch time and the demands of the studios once again to where oh well at from the creative team like we wanted to work on a little longer but uh the studio is like oh you only got this amount of time to meet your deadline to get it out there so or they're not gonna get any funding yeah (laughs) it's like i kind of get it it's like okay you gotta put out what you got so i'm kind of glad they um, were at least able to finish like the main storyline and add a whole bunch of shit yeah there's like maybe um some glitches and errors but and at this point it just kind of comes with the territory nowadays where it's like uh i think i'm not going to be surprised if any game comes with its glitches and bugs but whatever um yeah DLC is becoming more the norm, especially yeah. DLC. Yes, is taking more money. However, because of the fact that they're adding more stuff, it's just like they're just taking inspiration from MMOs. To where MMOs, despite it having also microtransactions and battle passes, they also do add-ons to make the game more playable. 
the thing with studios is yes they're trying to get a quick buck but also the main thing that they value more is being um is more playtime right because playtime especially the amount of hours you put in because back in the days they used to have complete games and you could just beat the game going about your business and mainly the main the more play value the more playtime you have was more the arcade games gotcha whereas dlc it makes players want to play the game a little bit more and it gives the de- the game dev team enough time to to have enough funding to create another project so right. in a way you do you are helping these, these companies or these game these game devs create other projects by supporting the dlc or whatever whether you hate it love it whatever but it see, helps them create more content and see that's why i can't really hate um shilling out a little bit of money towards overwatch 2 because it really depends on what i'm buying like see <coughs> excuse me it's one thing if it's like i'm just throwing money at them for like cosmetic items that doesn't really make the whole gameplay that much enjoyable however with the battle pass like hey at least by buying the battle pass which is only ten dollars at least i get to play as this character that most people wouldn't be able to play until like what level 45 55 in the battle pass so i'm just saying like okay for ten dollars that doesn't feel like a bad trade-off i get to play as a pretty good cool character ramatra like uh, as a character like and as a champion i just like ramatra like i'm getting used to him i'm getting pretty good but also as a character he's just compelling it's like he's a villain you can't hate that's that's why i like uh, that's that's one trope i love in storytelling a villain you can't hate because like yes he's the bad guy but is he really a bad guy though (laughs) right (laughs) yeah i love that trope i love it like it gets you every time because hey like with killmonger and magneto and other people it's like hey pour me a drink i need to think about this (laughs) Mm. but on that note i'm done um suki i believe we're done um with your point so we're just gonna go ahead and wrap it up because you know like i said in the beginning fireworks are crackling let's go ahead and enjoy the last little bit of time that we have before 2023 comes out so i do wish the lazy gentlemen listening to this episode a very happy new year best of luck to you on 2023 thank you for listening to the episode to the end and remember we got a lot of things coming a lot of cool things coming so stay frosty and stay tuned in happy new year indeed (laughs) we'll see you next year (laughs) happy new year's everyone